there ever be again a podcast quite like this? One that brought us together and started its own forum list. Where the hosts are all our friends. All the stories told by Jen. Will it drive Ryan round the bend? Part of it we clean. Where the story never ends. And welcome back to the holiday edition of Potterfig Weekly. There's definitely something in our eggnog. In tonight's episode, I offer you a look of what happens when I have bad cheese over the holiday season. I cancel Christmas over underwear. The Puffwa after party. Apparently, I'm the fun one. I swear, I wasn't drunk. At least, I think I wasn't. A special holiday episode of the Pwncast of Rock, and my very own tribute to Lady Chi, that just may find its way to the second circuit court of appeals. Oi, matey, I be shipping Kaza Funda. And I got caught breaking and entering. Welcome to the swing and big band sounds of WPFW Radio. We now go live to the Potterfic Weekly Ballroom. <laughs> How the Cheese Stole Poufoua, a parody of How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. Written by Dan, Julia, and Cody. Voices by Dan, Kismet, and Mike. Everyone down in Poufoua liked the podcast a lot, but the Chi, who hosted Potterfeet Weekly, did not. The Chi hated Poufoua in the whole Christmas season. Please don't ask why, no one quite knows the reason. It could have been the argument she'd just had with Ryan. It could have been she thought she was the only one trying, but I think that the most likely reason of all might have been that her heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, her heart or the night, she sat there on Christmas Eve, hating the sight. Staring at her computer with a thin, snarky glare at all the Poofwa users dwelling in their common rooms there, for she knew every Poofwanian was holding fast to the fact that tonight they'd hear the Christmas podcast. They're awaiting it now, she snarled with a sneer. Tonight's Christmas Eve. It's practically here. Then she growled with her fingers on the keyboard mindlessly drumming. I must find a way to stop this podcast from coming. For tonight, she knew, all the Poofwanian girls and the boys would pounce on the podcast like on a bunch of new toys. And then, oh the joy, oh the joy, 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 joy. That's the one thing she didn't want, the joy, 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 joy. And then all the Poofwanians listening to the podcast would post. And they'd post. And they'd post. And they'd post, 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 post. They'd go on the forum and help the podcast the most. In her current condition, it would kill Chi, almost. And then they'd do something she liked least of all. Everyone down in Poofwa, the tall and the small, would spend Christmas Eve together, Christmas bells ring. They'd listen to the podcast, and with it, start singing. And they'd sing. And they'd sing. And they'd sing, 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 sing. And the more that she thought of this whole podcast sing, the more that she thought. I must stop this whole thing. Last year I barely withstood it somehow. I must stop this year's from coming. But how? Then she got an idea. 
an awful idea. The chi got a wonderful, awful idea. I know just what I'll do. The chi laughed in her throat, and she made a quick pilgrim hat and a coat, and she chuckled and shortled a big black belt iron. With this coat and this hat, I'll look just like old Ryan. You're mean one, Lady Chi. You wear those grumpy pants. You don't care what people say. You just go off on your pants, Lady Chi. <laughs> You're a stick of dynamite, just waiting to blow. Someone has bad grammar, you roast them alive whole, Lady Chi. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. All I need is a phoenix. The Chi looked around, but since this is real life, there was none to be found. Did that stop Sneaky Chi? No, the Chi simply said. If phoenixes don't exist... I'll make one instead. So atop Ravenclaw Tower, she stole away bad, and she gathered up feathers to the lemur to add. Then she loaded some bags and some old empty sacks, and brushed up on her jokes to make some wisecracks. Then the chief started down, down the tower's long stairs, towards the common rooms where users sat unawares. All the fires were lit, friendly voices filled the air. All Poofwinians were without a care. When she came to the first little door in the hall, Ponecast is stop number one, the Chi did recall. And she slunk in the room, with empty bags none could see. She muttered greetings to the podcasters, faking Hufflepuff glee. It hurt her even to fake. But if Ryan could do it, then so could the Chi. She sweated and strained as she spoke in deep voice, but she fooled the Ponecasters and inwardly rejoiced. Then she eyed Julia's menorah, candles all in a row. The menorah, she grinned, is the first thing to go. Then she slithered and slunk, not making a scene. The ponecasters didn't notice as the room she did clean. Laptops and microphones, iPods, CDs from Oliver, Lena, Remus, and Peeved. And she stuffed them in bags. Then the chi, very sly, tiptoed back out the door and waved the three a goodbye. You're a vile one, Lady Chi. You have minions under your ear. You have all the tender sweetness of a motion sick hippogriff, Lady Chi. Given the choice between the two of you, I'd take the motion sick hippogriff. Nauseate me, Lady She. When you talk of Dan Radcliffe, you really want to meet him. He'd violate him only if, Lady She. You're a three decker sauerkraut and two stool sandwich with arsenic sauce. Then she ran to old Hufflepuff, eyeing the cats that lived in the kitchens and ate all the gnats. Careful not to be clawed, the chi bent way down low, 
and whipped out some catnip she had stored for the show. As the cats gathered round, she snared each fast and hard. And now, grinned the chi, I will capture Bernard. And the chi grabbed the good, and then she went down to a very different part of the PFW town. Into the dungeons, the rocks, and the dark, a place well accustomed to satire and snark. But as she tiptoed into the Slytherin's lair, she heard a loud squawk. It was quite a bad scare. She had heard stories, but she hadn't foreseen two loud, angry penguins, all decked out in green. But that old she, she knew she had no time to lag, so quick as a blink, she stuffed both in her bag. She then set her eyes on the prize of the room, a glorious robe with an emerald green plume. But as she stepped closer, a voice rang out clear. I heard our pets crying. What are you doing here? She turned straight around, and to her surprise, there stood a drowsy Mike, confusion filling his eyes. Ryan, why are our penguins stuck way down there? And why on earth do you have so much hair? She had to think quick. Now what should she say? She couldn't afford to be caught, not today. Oh, Mike, please don't worry, she said with a smile. I'm just giving them some fresh air for a while. Oh, he said with a slight yawn. Well, Ryan, I'll see you on Christmas dawn. As soon as the Slytherin was out of her sight, she grabbed the robe and her bag and ran into the night. She ran back to the website to finish her blot. Have a Merry Christmas? I know you will not. You're right, Lady She. You're the queen of brave and claw. You wield the snarky attitude your housemates are in awe, Lady Chi. Your biggest pet peeve is when someone uses words to make themselves look intelligent, like vociferous or luminosa microscopic silicobokinuconiosis, and when they put them in fix. Foul one, Lady Chi. You put on quite a show. Your soul is full of gunk. You're always telling people no, Lady Chi. The three words that most always come out of your mouth are, and I quote, No, no, no. Then off to the Gryffindor Tower she stole, with her brilliant mind on the next phase of her goal. She crept through the portrait hole, quiet as can be. She spotted the prize and danced in Jubilee. There on the armchairs sat two spider monkeys, each of them looking incredibly funky. Gred and Forge, said the Chi, get into this bag. Don't make me wrap you in this Gryffindor flag. The monkeys escaped, and she swore to herself. Damn it, those things are worse than house elves. The Chi was not pleased, no she wasn't at all, so she stole everything in that room, big and small. The squashy armchairs, the red and gold banners, were shoved into Chi's bags in a very hasty manner. She took all their homework and assorted junk. She even stole Nate's infamous Griffin Funk. That ought to do it, she said with a smile, then left to go pick on someone else for a while. At quarter to dusk, she arrived back at the tower to finish her burglary and then take a quick shower. Needing a phoenix no more, she stuffed bad into her sack, 
the weight sunk her just once, until she threw the bag onto her back. She took all the games in the claw's memes just to boot. She snared Kez's koala with a piece of dried fruit. The sun it was setting as the users settled down to eagerly await the Christmas podcast's splashdown. But just as they clicked on that old profile link, something bad happened that made them all think that there must have been a mistake of some kind. Their access to the podcast was declined. The users leaned forward, their behinds firmly seated, as they incredulously read, CPU quota exceeded. Poor PFW, she was grinchously humming. They're finding out now that no podcast is coming. They're going there now. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the Poofwa users will all Skype. Boo-hoo! That's a message, grinned the Chi, that I simply must read. So she booted up her computer to finish the deed. But lo, as her status displayed her online, she beheld a sight that stopped her recline. Poofwanians weren't sad. In fact, they were merry. It couldn't be so. But it was merry. Very. She stared at the screen, and the Chi's ego grew small. As she read people's statuses, Merry Christmas to all, the dwellers of Pufwa messaged each other, with wishes of love they held for one another. She hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And Chi, her eyes hurting from the Skype window's glow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without lemurs. It came without cats. It came without websites. It just came in chats. And she puzzled a while, till her puzzler was sore. Then that she thought of something she hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, she thought, doesn't come from decor. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, Skype's screen did pop up, and Ryan himself came in to mop up. A concealed ninja hug did Huggles deliver. Lost in emotions, all she did was shiver. And what happens next? Well, in Pufa, they say, that the Chi's small, small heart grew three sizes that day. And the minute her heart didn't feel quite so tight, she ran with her sack toward that common room light. And she brought back the sight, she restored the podcast, and she, she herself, began that Christmas broadcast. <laughs> And welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan. This is P.S. I'm Keza. Mike. And I'm Tina. Happy Festivus, everybody. Because, you know, usually for the Christmas episode or the holiday episode or the Hanukkah episode, I just tried to say Hanukkah with like a weird type of like roll of the tongue and I almost spit it. I would like to apologize to our Jewish listeners, including Mike over here, who I have much to say about in a moment. So usually we try and do the wonderful, isn't this great? It's the holidays and let's hug and drink eggnog episode. And everyone knows that the holidays can be somewhat of a stressful time, you know. So let's just be realistic with everyone. We're having one of those days over here at Perfect Weekly where we're on the front lawn and we're screaming at each other in our bathrobes and the cops come and they're dragging us apart and, like, Keza's trying to grab me by the hair. And sometimes we're family and sometimes families have off days. So we're recording this episode on a very off day. And we have decided that in place of our usual Christmas spirit, this will be the episode (laughs) where we tell it like it is. 
but in doing so, we actually reaffirm the fact that we actually do all like each other. And in the Harry Potter fandom, that ain't bad. What is Christmas? King's old fairy tales day. Old star kings line up in a row. What is Christmas? Could someone tell me that? What is Christmas? Surely I don't know. And everywhere these lights. Who needs another night? Could this whole thing be planned? I do not understand this Christmas trees with colored lights underneath they still are only trees. Do you think that one day perhaps they might find that Christmas is kind of a disease? Every year it's waiting for me, waiting for me every year. It constantly defies facing strangers. They're before me, they're before me, spreading hope and cheer mixing with happiness, fraternal bliss, Another Christmas lies! And there's one more thing that I have discovered that I would not like you to know! The reason for Christmas I now realize is an excuse to tolerate snow! Snow! I don't even like the sound of it. Anyway, where was I? Uh, oh yes. What is Christmas? Candles everywhere. A fire hazard any other day. Children like them, no one seems to care. All for Christmas. Every year in Christmas here and every year it's waiting for me. Why can't Christmas disappear? Never saw me. Every year I get my hopes up that it will somehow to sleep. But every year I wake find that once again it not is Christmas. So, Tina, because you have to leave first. Tina, how was your day? Oh, it was just lovely. Tina, how was your day, really? Okay, so we have a winter storm warning in effect in the New England area. And it took me an hour and a half to get home from work. And it was hot in the car but cold outside. And then I got home and I ate bad frozen pizza. And my husband was trying to put the lights on the tree so we could decorate the tree tonight. And then he gave me a glass of wine to wash down the bad frozen pizza. And I looked at where he put the Christmas tree, and he put it in a very bad, bad place. But I just looked at him and said, hmm, great. And so he gave me the the man look, like, what? 
what, what, in one of those. So anyway, he ended up moving the tree to the place I wanted it. Everyone else hates it there. We decorated the tree. My girls were little pills. I wanted to shoot them. And I asked Ryan if it was not appropriate to shoot my children while we were decorating the tree. Ladies and, then- and gentlemen, <laughs> please let me introduce the head of Hufflepuff House on the Polarific Weekly Forum. She is the head tree hugger. Outgoing, yes, but she is still, as I record this, the head tree hugger. (laughs) Yeah, so they were fighting like siblings do the whole night, and then everything we asked them to do was like a chore, and I told them that I was going to return all their gifts because they didn't deserve nothing. Yeah, so Ryan invited me onto the podcast because he said I'd bring the spirit of the season to the evening. How's that working? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's find someone who's an uplifting day. Keza. How was your day? <laughs> well, I kind of have been living on no sleep because I'm trying to make a piece of awesome and win for this very podcast, and hopefully you shall hear it in its finished and final state. So I haven't had any sleep for the past, you know, six weeks, and I came onto the forum to find it had blown up in my absence, and I got very upset and was very distressed. I picked up a pool noodle and began beating people with it, and then... I actually logged off Skype, which I never do. So I don't want to talk to anybody. Then I cried, and then we all hugged and made up, and it's fantastic. I just have to say, for those of you listening to this, I say the Potter Freak Weekly Forum is like a family, and it is. We're a very small community, very tight-knit. We all know each other. We all post to each other every day. It's And, and one of the things I even want to say in this podcast, you know, as we look back at the year, you know, everyone has problems, and everyone has, you know, parts of their life that are stressful, and one of the great things about the internet is you can find like-minded people that you never would have met otherwise. Like, I'm, like, come on, please, Kezi, you're on the other end of the world. Come on, come on. But you, you form these deep friendships with people, and, and the forum is just really a great place for me to, you know, vent that portion of my life, because when I'm there, work doesn't matter, home doesn't matter, it's, you know, all the people... I interact with there are, are more or less separate from my home life, and it's it's just a it's it's just such a fabulous place. There's nowhere on the internet like Perfect Weekly, and like with all families, we we do have our squabbles, and unfortunately, it all happened right before the holiday episode. But uh, it's just. If you're looking for a place like that, please, potterfickweekly.com slash forum. No, it's not. What the hell is it? It's potterfickforum.com. Potterfickforum.com. We're, we're stable now, so you, you've got a few months before we go down that one road. Prum, 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 pum, pum, prum, prum, prum. Rum bum bum rum they don't rum
usually always I I walked in late because I was out Christmas shopping and then I come to my computer and I say Ryan honey I'm home and he says Christmas is canceled (laughs) (laughs) I actually I actually said bombug Christmas is canceled. And the running joke was... I had a mascot for a while. (laughs) The the running joke was, I was just watching the Claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie earlier tonight, and Danielle is trying to get me in the Christmas spirit. I'm literally yelling bah humbug at her as she is hanging little snowflakes in our little Gryffindor common room that we have over here in the corner of my house. It really does. I wish you could see me right now. I feel like I'm in the Gryffindor common room. And we're watching the thing, and at the end of the claymation film, Santa Claus is forced to cancel Christmas because of inclement weather. I look at Danielle, I'm like, this this is amazing. I just actually canceled Christmas not more than ten minutes ago. So I felt very bad so that Santa reinstated Christmas because he found the spotlight. So I reinstated Christmas as well. Ryan found his spotlight. Merry Christmas from Melinda Leo and her three sons, Connor, Quinn, and Colin. This is our version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Ready, guys? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, reindeer, had a very shiny nose, like a light bulb. And if you ever saw it, saw it, you would even say it glows, like a flashlight. And love the other reindeer, reindeer. Used to laugh and call him names like Pinocchio. They never let poor Rudolph, Rudolph join in any reindeer games like Monopoly. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say in his underwear, Rudolph. 
shout it out with glee. Yippee! Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Reindeer. You'll go down in history like Columbus. Good job, guys. Can you say Merry Christmas to Poofwa? Merry Christmas to Poofwa. Tell him Hufflepuff rocks. Hufflepuff rocks. Ravenclaw rocks more. Merry Christmas. My Christmas tree looks like the Gryffindor common room. It's decorated in red and gold. Pardon? I'm so in awe of all these people that have Christmas trees. Oh, I thought you meant Australians. Christmas Christians do. I knew plenty of Christians growing up, but no one ever had a Christmas tree. None of my I had Christian friends. I don't know one person who doesn't have a Christmas tree ever. They all did stockings instead. Well, you probably did stockings as well. Yeah. You gotta have the tree though. You really knew people who didn't have Christmas trees? Yeah, I think maybe it's a city. Thing. Like it doesn't fit Are you the sure they're something. not Jewish too, or something? But else? I, I had Christian friends. It's not like I, I grew up in like you know like a yeshiva or something. You know, I, I, most of my friends were Christian, and you know, and they would they would decorate for Christmas. Like they but, would have, well, like, you're you know, living in the city. In the city, maybe they they didn't get a big something. tree because they had an apartment. But yeah. you can get little table trees. I used to have a little tree, table tree. I, I am not allowed to have a little table tree. Now, if you could see where I am right now, I'm at, Danielle and I have a little den in the corner of my house. And she has decorated the walls completely with very long, flowing red and gold drapes that completely cover the windows. We have a very, on the couch, which I'm laying on right now, um, she has it decorated in a very thick um, red blanket. So... Really, I feel like I'm in the Gryffindor common room right now. And if you've ever seen the movie Prancer, you'll remember the little girl in that movie was obsessed with Christmas. She listened to Christmas music all year round. Danielle puts this girl to shame. She's obsessed with Christmas. And we set up the Christmas tree in our room right now, and every square inch of this tree is covered in Hallmark keepsake ornaments. So I have the ornaments from Noble Collection of all four of the Hogwarts houses. I have all the Peanuts ones. I have, like, 14 different Grinches looking at me right now. I have the Star Trek ships. And, like, literally, I feel like I am in the zone where I am right now. Like, I'm one of those people that, like, my idea of decorating my cube at work is to put, like, a sticker on it. Like, Danielle Wait. is the real deal, so I'm feeling very festive at the moment. Can I ask you a question, Ryan? Isn't sure. it, isn't Christmas like the 25th, though? Like, isn't it still two weeks away? Like, I know when yeah. this episode comes out, it's the next day, but when we're recording now, it's still like two weeks away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but you did, yeah. uh, you, you, remember. you, yeah, you. I'm just thinking, like, you're watching, like, Christmas movies and, like, you know. Also, Advent starts four weeks prior to Christmas, so you, yeah, the best it really part starts. About Christmas it's is the whole the season. Yeah. What's Advent? Yeah. If you don't mind oh, me asking. Well, it's kind of... We, we need a key for this. It's, it's, it's the days before Christmas when you get to open back. the little doors in the box and take out a chocolate. Yeah. No. That is one way to do that, Advent. There's a religious... That's an Advent calendar, dear. Yeah, it's a religious aspect, but we don't... I know, I, I forget the real thing. Yeah. Historically, the primary sanctuary color of Advent is purple. This is the color of penitence and fasting. Did you just uh, wiki Advent? No, Ryan, I am. I know this. Don't you know how well-versed I am in Catholic doctrine? Purple well, I is never blue. asked. Or... In Catholic churches, the purple of Advent is also the color of suffering used during Lent and Holy Week. This points to an important connection between Jesus' birth and death. The nativity, the incarnation, cannot be separated from the crucifixion. The purpose of Jesus' Are you reading this off a teleprompter right now? What is going on? <laughs> you doubt me, right? Doubter, doubter. The purpose of Jesus' coming... What just happened? 
Word made flesh and dwelling among us is to reveal God and his grace to the world through Jesus' life and teaching, but also through his suffering, death, and resurrection. To reflect this emphasis, originally Advent was a time of penitence and fasting, much as this, this thing is repeating itself. This was badly edited. I told you she was reading something. I feel like we're giving unfair time to the Christians. Light one candle for the Maccabee children. Give thanks that their light didn't die. Light one candle for the pain they endured when their right to exist was denied. Light one candle for the terrible sacrifices justice and freedom demand. And light one candle for the wisdom to... No, God, this is so bad I can't even continue. Guys, Pofua, I'm trying to sing. I really did. As you can just see what happened, I tried to sing. But you have to understand about me right now is that I just got back from the Boston Yule Ball. It was awesome. I had a wonderful time, but my voice is shot to hell. So I'm terribly sorry that you don't get to hear me sing this year. Um, instead, you're just going to have to hear me say that I love you, Fofua. You have changed my life in many, many ways. And... um I don't even know where I would be or what I would do without you. So, happy Hanukkah, Pufwa, happy Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, whatever. Uh, anything else that I have forgotten, uh, I hope that you will enjoy it. And uh, here's hoping that next year will be even more awesome than this one. Keep rocking and poning, guys. Mike, do you, is there anything so you we'll, would like we'll to just, add? We'll just insert the word Catholic there. For Keza. I want to ask before she leaves. Okay, okay, uh, fire. Can I ask you some questions, Keza? I was really curious about yeah. Christmas in Australia, yeah. because... Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we do this? In, in the best interest of time, Mike, can you ask only yes or no questions? Oh. <laughs> hey. He's taking this um, seriously. Ask a question, Mike. All right, because it's summer when you have Christmas, is snow still a theme, like the Christmas theme like it is here, or yes. is it more of a summer? Yes, it is. It is ridiculous. You go, you go to the shop, right? And you buy your packet of cheap Christmas cards because you have to give like 50 to every kid in the class. And they are full of snowmen and carriages in the snow and <laughs> just ridiculously stupid pictures. And you go and you do your Christmas shopping and they're like Christmas and they're talking about chestnuts roasting by an open fire. An open fire, like, that's a bushfire hazard, you know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole thing is just crazy. There are other themes, but because it was settled by the British and they didn't seem to understand that the seasons had changed, they failed to comprehend that for so many years. So many of the traditions that have come through are Northern Hemisphere traditions. So it's starting to turn now. You can get a lot more Australian or summer-themed stuff. I was actually going to ask you, are there any like special, either like Australian Christmas movies or Christmas traditions that you think are yeah. unique to Australia that you want to share? Well, there's this movie. It's called A Bush Christmas. It's set in the bush, and it's about Santa coming to the, the people in the bush and stuff. I've only seen it once. But oh, I thought most... you meant George Bush. I was very confused. <laughs> I'm like, a bush? No, no, the bush, the, the, like the outback. You've got the cities, and then you've got the bush, and then you've got the outback. It's sort of like the bush is the halfway between the cities and the outback because there's bushes there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's not, see, the outback is where there's like no rain and deserty stuff and the bush is a lot friendlier. But yeah. So then there's heaps of songs, which, one of which I sing. G'day, Puffa. This is Keza here. Just wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know, where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. Something's wrong. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Dashing through the bush in a rusty holden ute, kicking up the dust, whisky in the boot, Kelpie by my side, singing Christmas songs. It's summertime and I am in my singlet shorts and thongs. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Christmas in Australia on a scorching summer's day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Christmas time is butte. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty holden ute. Engine's getting hot. Dodge the kangaroos. Swaggy climbs aboard. Here's welcome to all the families there, sitting by the pool. Christmas day, the Aussie way by the barbecue. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Christmas in Australia on a scorching summer's day. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Christmas time is butte. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty holden ute. Come the afternoon, Grandpa has a doze. The kids and Uncle Bruce are swimming in their clothes. The time comes round to go. We take a family snap, then pack the car and all shoot through before the washing up. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Christmas in Australia on a scorching summer's day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Christmas time is butte. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty Holden Ute. And some of them are sort of like Australian words written to traditional stuff, and some of them there's a really pretty one that is written about. I think it's the one of the lines is the north wind is tossing the leaves, the grass in the paddock being brown, and the red dust. And that's a, that's an original tune and everything. So there are a few, but mostly we sit around and sing White Christmas. <laughs> I just have to point out that it was over my friend's house. We- get together every couple months. She lives in a different state. She lives down in Rhode Island. So I went down there and her uh, friend was visiting, so we all hung out together. Um, this girl, her name is Laura, is obsessed with Australia. She, to the year abroad in Australia, and she, she just, Australia is her, I have no idea why this girl's living in Ohio. She's, she's like Australian through and through. <laughs> and Keza had recently just posted on her Facebook page uh, videos of her children's Christmas pageant. And, and Laura is, you know, sitting next to me on the couch and she's like, oh, Australia this and Australia that and the Aussies this and the Aussies. And her voice is going Australian because she just wants to be one. And I looked at her and I said, have you ever heard of a Keza? She gave me the thumbs up and I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, this is wonderful. I haven't understood a word since the thing began. No earthly idea what these kids are talking about. Oh, that was the Bushman's Bushman's 12 Days of Christmas on the first day of Christmas, something, something. (laughs) But the the middle was the emu saying, Good on your cob, have a ripper Aussie Christmas, mate. (laughs) 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 
And she's listening. She's like, I think that one's a car. And we're trying to decode the damn thing. Well, Stan is on a fire truck because it's like stuff that is really iconic to Christmas. And the CFS or the CFA is the Country Fire Association. And what happens is when you have your big party with the whole little town and Santa comes, he comes on the CFA fire truck because the sleigh is useless. So he hops off his sleigh, the CFA go and pick him up, and they bring him to give the lollies to the kids. So Santa's on a fire truck. It makes no sense unless you understand the context of why Santa's on a fire truck. Is that like Dominic the donkey? Who's Dominic the donkey? Who's that? You don't know that Dominic the the donkey is Santa uses in Italy because the reindeer can't take the hills. Wow. Oh. But there's this song that they play at Christmas, and it's the most annoying thing. And it's literally a song about Dominic the donkey with the appropriate sound effects and all. Santa's got a little friend. His name is Dominic. The cutest little donkey. You never see him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be. Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. Hey, jingity-jing, it's Dominic the donkey. <laughs> well, there's a song here that Rolf Harris sang, Santa Sleigh is pulled by six white boomers, which, incidentally, Rosella has sung for your listening pleasure for this very episode. G'day, this is Rosella. Merry Christmas. Here's a Christmas story just for you at Puffwa. Early on one Christmas day, a joey kangaroo was far from home and lost in a great big zoo. Mummy, where's my mummy? They've taken her away. We'll help you find your mummy's son. Hop up on the sleigh. Up beside the bag of toys, little joey hopped. But they hadn't gone far when Santa stopped and harnessed all the reindeer and Joey wondered why. Then he heard a far-off booming in the sky. Six white boomers, snow-white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow-white boomers, on his Australian run. Pretty soon old Santa began to feel the heat Took his fur-lined boots off to cool his feet Into one pop Joey, feeling quite okay While those old man kangaroos kept pulling on the sleigh Six white boomers, snow-white boomers Racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun Six white boomers, snow-white boomers On his Australian run Joey said to Santa, Santa, what about the toys? Aren't you giving some to these girls and boys? They've got all their presents, son. We were here last night. This trip is an extra trip. Joey's special flight. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Soon the sleigh was flashing past right over Marble Bar. Slow down there, cried Santa. It can't be far. Come up on my lap, son, and have a look around. There she is. That's Mummy, bounding up and down. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Well, that's the bestest Christmas treat that Joey ever had. 
Curled up in mother's pouch all snug and glad Last they saw was Santa headed northward from the sun The only year the boomers worked a double run Six white boomers, snow white boomers Racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun Six white boomers, snow white boomers On his Australian run <laughs> As we come back from that song, we have to actually say goodbye to Tina. Tina was not supposed to be here tonight and in her murderous rampage against her family at this time of, you know, spiritual giving for, you know, all of humanity. She decided she needed to podcast to save lives. So she actually has to bug out right now. So Tina, Merry Christmas. And to you, and I'm glad that I was able to, you know, lift everyone's spirits here with my tale of Yuletide Woe. Enjoy the tree. Uh, Yeah, the tree is staying where it is. I don't care. I I think so, too. And um, if you need to order some coal for the kids, I have a guy. Awesome. (laughs) Hook me up. All right. right. Merry Christmas, Tina. (laughs) Okay, Merry Christmas, everyone. Maybe all this. Bye. I actually like the theme for this podcast. You know, usually we do the, oh, this is wonderful. I love you. This year we're like, life sucks. Welcome to Poof. I had a perfectly (laughs) nice day, I have to say. So did I. I I went Christmas shopping and I bought myself a present. Now, I just want to point out something, too. Every year for Christmas, I say every year, you know, each of the last two years, Mike decides to buy a Christmas gift. Even though he does not celebrate Christmas, he buys a Christmas gift for everyone he has ever met in his life. And we we say, Mike, you know, this is too much money and you, you know, your grandma on a fixed income, you can't be doing this. No, 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 I insist. So this year he calls me on the phone. And I think it's she, because the number was, there was a similar number involved somewhere. So I answer the phone and thinking it's she, I'm like, what? What could you possibly want now? And it's Mike saying, I am so sorry, I will never call you again. I'm like, Mike, Mike, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, what can I do for you? And he's like, now, is, is now a bad time to talk? And I'm like, literally like swerving between lanes. You know, Danielle is like not even blinking anymore, because I do it so often. I'm like, uh, yeah, why, what's up? I'd like to discuss a series of gifts I'm considering for Danielle's Christmas present. I'm like, no, you're not buying us Christmas gifts. Stop it. Stop it. So I finally tell him to stop it, stop it, stop it. And then he's like, well, I can deliver it, you know, when I see you next week. I'm like, see you next week? You live in New York. I live in Massachusetts. He's like, I'm flying up. I'm like, stop (laughs) the madness. Flying up. up. He's flying down. Is he up or down from here? He is flying down. He's flying <laughs> east. Let it go. So, flying. long story short, Mike wasn't able to, to to come over here. But I received in the mail yesterday a package from Mike. I knew it was from Mike because I couldn't understand the handwriting on the outside of my package. So I knew it was from Mike. So I'm like, all right, what's this? So I, so I open it, and there's a gift wrapped in a bag, which... Did anyone ever see the Night Court episode where Bull wrapped a Christmas gift for Christine's baby? And it was like a tricycle wrapped completely tightly with, with wrapping paper, so you could so obviously tell it was a bicycle, but he's like, it's a surprise! He's, he sends a paperback book in wrapping paper, because it's bending and everything. And he sends me um, a second gift, which isn't wrapped. And I'm looking at it. And I'm, I'm standing in my kitchen, and Danielle is on one side of the island, and I'm on the other side. And it's, it's a piece of plastic with a note on it. So I hold it up to my face, and I'm reading the note. And I'm like, oh, Mike, you shouldn't have. You sent me a piece of plastic with a note on it. And Danielle's like, 
I'm like, I know, strangest gift ever. He doesn't have down the Christmas gift thing. It's like the the Dursleys. He buys me wood. Like I don't get it. And I'm reading the note. And he's like, and and she's like, <gasps> and now I'm thinking, oh god, not only did Mike send me the crappiest Christmas gift ever, Danielle is about to die. So I'm like, what? And she's like pointing. <gasps> and I'm like, what is it? Well, apparently I was holding it back. Because what he did was, he sent me an autographed photo of Avery Brooks, who plays Captain Sisko on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And it's, it's sixth season Captain Sisko, autographed photo. Danielle, Danielle is so attracted to Captain Sisko. Like, it wouldn't even be a question if she would leave me. The question is, how would she want to transport her stuff? That's the only issue. So she's, so of course I'm reading the certificate of authenticity. Like, what the hell is this? And then I'm like, well, Danielle, you might as well open yours because we both know it's a book. She's like, I know. So she opens it and she's like, but not really in the way that says I want to do Captain Cisco. Just, you know, it was, it was the level of excitement one could, you know, it was the maximum excitement one could gather from a And Mike, (laughs) what was it, Mike? It was a book on the history of, you know, Danielle's a pastry shop. The history of bread. And it's the historical, philosophical, and culinary uses of of bread. And Danielle's like, I love history on the philosophy double jerk. How did he know? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is the best (laughs) Christmas gift ever. And and the only one who seems to do Christmas right so far is is our other resident Jew. So it's very amusing for me. Oh, no, that's not bad. He's not the only one. He's done Christmas right. I have a box full of Pop Tarts. <laughs> well, we're going to get to you in a second with your box of Pop Tarts. But the <laughs> so the so um I come to the forum and I'm like Mike, thank you so much. This is you know Danielle is licking it. I'm sorry about that, but thank God it's impossible. <laughs> but you know, this is just a wonderful Christmas gift. Thank you so much. And his response to me was, "Don't thank me. Thank PSPS helped." I'm like Mike. I'm thinking to myself, you got me my favorite Star Trek character, and you know wonderful gift. He's like, I'm glad you like it. I was hoping I could find the right Star Wars dude. It's like in third grade... Yeah, it's like in third grade where your mom buys your friends gifts and you don't know what you gave them at the party. It's like, thank you, Mike. Well, because yeah, I asked PS because I knew I, I knew I wanted to get you an autograph of a Star Trek, excuse me, person, but I have no idea, you know, who's who on that show besides Professor Xavier. So I asked PS, what? who? What? Professor Who's Xavier. That? I know he's the cap. Professor Xavier. Xavier. No, 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 Xavier? no. He plays Captain Picard. He's Xavier in in X Men. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, for the love of God. I'm like a golem. What the hell is this? Carry on. What happened? Anyway, besides from him, I don't know any Star Wars. Tra- I was Star Wars again. Star Trek people, and I knew P.S. was a big Star Trek person too. So I just I asked P.S. It was either that or it was going to. It was either a Star Trek person or it was going to be, I think, a Babylon Five person. And I was like, P.S. Which you know, tell me a person you think he likes a lot. And she recommended that captain, and so I found that captain and I got that captain. Well, and I'm glad you. Yes. But P.S. does deserve credit because I would have been. I don't know. I would have been guessing otherwise without P.S. Well, it's a good thing P.S. likes me, or I, or I would have gotten Wesley Crusher. Like season one, you remember when his pants didn't zip all the way up in the back? I love when when Next Generation first came out. I was like fourteen, twelve, fourteen. I don't know something like that, and I thought he was the best thing ever. I had such a big crush on him. (laughs) Even Will Whedon said I was such a geek. Like as it was being recorded. 
up. But it was, it was so great. So Danielle and I are like walking around. She knows everything about bread now. And like I caught her in the bedroom finding a good place for the picture. It's like on her nightstand. Where she can, it's, like, oh, it's ridiculous. But I'm glad it arrived this time. This year. <laughs> Mike, unfortunately, last year, like, put 83 hours worth of effort into someone's Christmas gift, and the post office promptly ate it. Now I feel so, bad because I haven't checked, because I couldn't check. That's why I keep like, asking P.S., because I'm so paranoid, because everyone else's yeah. has arrived. Because I, like, I, like, came home, like, tonight, I came home, like, late. I was like, the podcast is going to start in 15 minutes, and my arms are full of Christmas presents, and I can't check the mail. And Mike was like, no! I just get paranoid because everyone else has arrived except P.S. Well, it probably has arrived, but I can't... I, when See, I, got, yeah. I got home at, like, 8 o'clock, and I couldn't get it because if it has arrived, there's a slip in my box, but the people in the office wouldn't be there to give it to me. Well, then, no rush. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's probably there. I'll get it tomorrow morning. Everyone else who lived in Massachusetts I'm sure got it, it. I'm sure... Did you send it FedEx? I sent it... How did I, I sent the same way I sent Ryan's. So how did I send yours, Ryan? Uh, FedEx. Okay, and I noticed it's it's here because there was a Federal Express truck outside this morning, and I've never seen it before. (laughs) You've never seen FedEx before? I've never seen a Federal Express truck come here before, so I figure it was for me. Wow. Or it could have been for somebody else. Do you live in an apartment? Do you live in a building, or do you live in, yes. like, a house? Oh, you live in a building? I didn't think you lived in a building. Why didn't I think you lived in a You thought I live? Where, if I don't live in a building, where do I live, like, on the street? No, I didn't I think you lived in a building either. Yeah. I thought you lived in a house that you, like, rented an apartment from. I didn't think you lived in a building. Oh, no. With an no. Same here. Do you have a pool? Yes, there's a pool. Oh, my God. You have your own pool, P.S.? Wait a minute. You live one it's, town over from me. You have a pool, and you've never invited me over? It's... Uh, you don't want to get in this pool. <laughs> Run over by a reindeer Coming home to Papua Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But all us Hufflepuffs, well, we believe He was listening to the podcast Which can be a risky thing Well, he laughed so hard the car swerved and I guess he found St. Nick was oncoming When they found him the next morning In a snowdrift on the way He was wrapped in Christmas paper And kept babbling on about a giant sleigh Ryan got run over by a reindeer Coming home to Papua Christmas Eve you can say there's no such thing as Santa But all us Hufflepuffs, well, we believe So it's hospital for Ryan Broken arm, a lump or two But they can't say that concussion Made the Bruce pattern like sleigh runners straight through We're all sending thoughts and wishes And he's got advice from Jen If he makes it on the podcast This time he might be the one on Vicodin Ryan got run over by a reindeer Coming home to Puffwa Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But all us Hufflepuffs, well, we believe Well, I have to say it's strange now Though he's been away before 
he left, she is the headmistress. And she censors things that no one ever swore. Yes, we're all so lost without him. Like we're walking in a fog. Why, without Ryan there to do it, someone else will have to learn to monologue. Ryan got run over by a reindeer. Coming home to Papua Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. But all us Hufflepuffs, well, we believe. Ryan got run over by a reindeer. Coming home to Papua Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. But all us Hufflepuffs, well, we believe. was the night before Christmas when all through the tower not a Ravenclaw was stirring not even Bob the Squirrel King the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there the young'uns were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of electronics danced in their heads and Keza in her kerchief and Jen too in her cap had just settled in for a long winter's nap when out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, Jen too sprang from her bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window she flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to her wondering eyes did she see but Headmaster Huggles and eight mischievous Hufflepuffs dancing in glee. With a jolly little podcaster so lively and happy, she knew in a moment he must be quite sappy. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Tina, now Layleth, now Wayne and Scott, on Jules, on Melinda, on Anki and Suet Ducksfoot, to the top of the tower, to the top of the castle, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the spire the coursers they flew. With the sleigh full of toys and the headmaster too. And then in a twinkling she heard on the ceiling the prancing and pounding of each hoofwa being. As she drew in her head and was turning around, down the chimney Huggles came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back and he'd look like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, 
and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and Jen too laughed when she saw him in spite of herself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave her to know she had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to Pufwa, a good night. Keza, is there anything you would like to say about the Christmas holiday so far? Yes, I have had a wonderful Christmas so far. It started when we went in the rain to watch the Christmas pageant, which is actually more like a parade with floats and stuff, and Santa comes at the end of it. And then there was much coldness, which was unseasonal and strange. Then there was one day of being hot and now it's raining again. See, this is very disconcerting for me. It's supposed to be very hot. In the middle of all that, I got a box and it was a very, very exciting box. And this will be my little shout out, I think, because I already thanked everybody with a poem that I specially crafted for this very occasion. But I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who put stuff in the box because it was a fabulous box and I am hoarding all the Pop-Tarts for myself and I haven't shared any of them. We should explain the project. Gen 2, who could not be here this evening, decided that it is time for us to do another shipment to Keza. Like last time she sent Keza a map of the United States full of pins punched in where all the Wayne's live. I still don't understand how the pins stayed in during shipping, but whatever. That's because so, they weren't pins, no, they were stickies. Oh, they weren't in? They're stickers. Oh, they're stickers. Well, I should really pay a attention. Pins, you wouldn't be able to send pins in the mail because they're Ooh, like a weapon. That, that, yeah, because Puffo would get busted on terrorism charges. That's all. So <laughs> uh, she decided it was time to send a gift to Keza. So she asked me, I need your permission to create an area on the forum that only Keza will not be able to see. So I had to, like, find this one. So I made, like, a list of all of the Ravenclaws besides Keza which was awkward because she's the department head, and I sucked <laughs> everyone else in it. And we, and we made this whole area of the forum that only Keza couldn't see. Great. So we're planning it, and we're sending Gen 2 money for shipping. And we made plans, and we had discussions, roundtables over the perfect things to put in the package to mail to Australia. And we're like, this is great. This, this plan can't fail. 
And then we're like, isn't Kez's sister in Hufflepuff? So we all, like, attacked Rosella. We're like, you cannot tell her about the parcel. And then she's like, well, it's a little <laughs> parcel for me. So then we had to give her, like, what we give her? Butterfingers or something in the parcel? Yeah. <laughs> so we had to, no, we had to, br- you had to buy her silence with a butterfinger. <laughs> yes, we had to buy her silence. Well, this is her five-year-old sister. For those of you who didn't hear this in editing, um, <laughs> apparently Mike thought that Keza had a five-year-old sister. I have a five-year-old child. No, my sister is older than I am, but we never reveal a lady's age, so I won't tell you how old she is. Unless Mike <laughs> asks. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Keza, I'm only 34! <laughs> I'm nearly 35. It's my birthday soon. It's my birthday soon, too. Happy birthday. Yes. My birthday My birthday is the day after Kansas. That's right. So, yes, am I going to so find you I drunk been... in the streets in a couple of weeks? No, because I, I can't drink. I can't think you don't drink. <laughs> I, I don't drink because I can't drink. Why can't you drink? Incident? Hold on. Are you one of those people that has apple juice and gets drunk? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this would be a really cool drunk, I think. I thought you were going to say cheap date. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not nice. I didn't say cheap date. I, said, I, said, I love it. I say it and he gets yelled at. <laughs> no, it's still not nice to make fun of people that can't control what they're saying because other people have insisted that they do things they shouldn't do. I have no idea like, what the hell you're talking like, about. Like, you my family <laughs> insists that you drink some wine on Thanksgiving and then mock you. Was there a Thanksgiving? Well, it's probably because you're short. I, uh, that came out bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? Is this like... Is this like... <laughs> Yeah, I have to tell you this. Mike, as I said earlier, was supposed to fly in to Boston this week, and he was going to hang out with myself and uh, P.S. and Amelie. And Amelie, I didn't know what to make of Amelie in the beginning, because she seemed like a very serious person. And I've come to the realization that she's mocking me with everything she says, but (laughs) but I thank her, because I'm not sure what to do. So we're joking, and she asks Mike. Now, if you've never seen a picture of Mike... they're, they're up on the forum. Go look around. Mike, like, like, okay, there's, there's, there, there, there's regular sized people and then there's Mike. Mike is just, he's a very tall, big guy. Mike's a very big guy. Then there's me, who's like, you know, a little shrimp next to him. So, Amelie asked Mike, Mike, is it true, this is all in a Skype chat that I'm a part of, Mike, is it true that the diameter of your cranium is 29 centimeters long? And Mike, pauses, he's like, I don't know. She's like, because I heard your your your, your cranium is like 29 centimeters long. And his exact response was, well, I don't know. My head's bigger than Ryan's, and he has a really, really big head. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there, I'm like, what the hell? I have a... So I literally walked around the next day, standing next to Danielle, and she's looking at me with a sad look on her face, and I'm trying on hats. And they're not fitting, and I'm pulling them off. I can I make like a clarification. I'm aware that I'm really short. Oh, no, just because, you know, um, I mean, it's not exact, but it tends to be how well you hold your alcohol has to do with size to a large extent. You know, bigger people can hold more alcohol. Because, I mean, you just think about it logically, too. You know, it means less comparatively. Okay. So shorter, I mean, not short, you know, smaller people have uh, tend to, you know, get drunk quicker. You On average, there's always, you know, 
exceptions and other factors like you know how much you how often you drink and that sort of stuff but uh generally speaking and by the way ryan you told me i remember it was it was some podcast somewhere where you were going on about how big your head was and you have the biggest head of anyone you ever met and no hat ever fits you and that's why i said uh, i got that from you well, he does have a really big head but you've never met me and i haven't met mike at the time i said that i didn't see ryan you have a really big head Keza must leave us because her children are starving in the streets and she must go find them Keza. and feed them on this Christmas day. We'll miss you, Keza. Because it's the last day of school as we are recording this and they're off for about seven weeks for the summer holidays and we're going to spend a lot of time during our Christmas holidays going to the beach and the swimming pool and stuff like that. Nice. <laughs> That's what we do at Christmas, just... You know, just throw that in there. <laughs> well, Merry it's Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy 35th birthday. Thank you. And um, Merry Happy New Christmas, Year. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy birthday, Kesa. Thanks, Mike. Have a good night, Kesa. Bye. Today is Boxing Day. For those that do not know, Boxing Day is a day when most good, well-mannered people visit their close friends and relatives that they did not see at Christmas. But I am not out celebrating frivolously today. Why, you might well ask, would a beautiful and talented person such as myself not seek out my friends on Boxing Day? I am here to warn you. You see, I didn't understand. I couldn't. I was far too busy and far too stressed. I had papers to grade and kids to raise. How could I understand? Ah, but I am getting ahead of myself. You see, it all started on a particularly hectic Christmas morning. What is it now? Can't you see I'm busy? The tower is still a mess. I've lost all my Jane Austen novels. There are papers that need grading everywhere. I have not started Christmas dinner and I can't find Gen 2. The tree isn't up and the house point totals haven't yet been double-checked. But, Kaza, it's Christmas Eve and there's no tree. The stockings aren't hung by the chimney with care. Sugar plums? I need sugar plums. Can't you people tell I need sugar plums? And it's the fourth day of Hanukkah, but we haven't been able to light the menorah for the past two days. The menorah? The menorah for the Festival of Lights. I'm supposed to light a candle every day. Honestly. Shoshana, if you want to light some candles, be my guest. It might brighten the place up a bit. I don't think Lego installed the track lighting correctly. That's the problem. Look, whatever. I haven't got time for this. I've got a million things to do and a million places to be. And if you're worried about the tree, find Lego and Wolfie. They're the ones I put in charge of the tree. Gecko, if you want the stockings hung up, then hang them up, dear. And Ali, if you want sugar plums, I'm afraid you're just going to have to make them yourself. But that wasn't the end of it. No, not by a long shot. The day only seemed to get worse. I mean... The kids talk about nothing but High School Musical for two years, and so you buy them High School Musical, the board game, and the complete High School Musical collection on DVD, and what do they do? They shrug and go outside to play. What's with that? I've spent good money on that horrid game in that show. So, after spending part of my day celebrating the birth of our Lord's son by doing research for summer homework, I ventured back into the Ravenclaw common room. Okay, which one of you got Yuletide in my eggnog? 
Eggnog is disgusting. It is not. Eggnog is delicious. Fruitcake is disgusting. Fruitcake is wonderful. Marzipan is disgusting. Marzipan is delicious. Kugel is disgusting. What's Kugel? Noodle pudding. Ugh. People eat that? At least it's not as bad as gefilte fish. Are you really arguing over which holiday food is the worst? I'm not. I'm trying to organize the Ravenclaw Christmas feast. But the house funds were apparently depleted buying lemur toys and our charge card got rejected when I tried to buy the turkey. Lemur toys? Well, I'm assuming. Someone spent 1,500 galleons at Pets Anonymous. They don't ask questions about what you're buying your pet. Ew! Wait, wait. How did they buy the tree if the house fund is empty? That's what we were trying to tell you earlier. There is no tree. No stockings. No sugar plums. That's enough. I will get to the bottom of this. Come in. Dave, where are Lego and Wolfie? I don't know. I've been here counting house points all day. Well, where could they be? I'm not sure. Uh, have you checked the Who's Online list? The what's it? The Who's Online list. Dave, what have we told you about speaking that gibberish in the common room? Do you know where they are or not? No, I told you I've been counting house points all day. Don't get snippy with me. Are you at least almost done? No, I'm only a quarter of the way through the house point totals. Hufflepuff is still in the lead, but I don't think I'll get done with this audit before the end of the year. Nonsense. It's still a week away. Well, with time off for Christmas, there isn't enough time to do a complete recount. Well, then there won't be time off for Christmas. Ravenclaw is behind, and we need you to make sure all of our house points have been counted. <sighs> Will I at least be able to get my Christmas bonus? Bonus? <laughs> Ravenclaw still trails, David. You'll be lucky if I let you keep your job. But my fan club needs that bonus. We're saving up to get their lips surgically removed from my bum. Oh, Meanwhile, elsewhere in Ravenclaw Tower. Lego, Wolfie. Tessa has been storming all over the tower looking for you two. Us? Why would you want us? You were supposed to set up the Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, we bought a tree. Yeah, it's decorated too. Well, where is it? <laughs> well? Don't look at us. Ask Bob. The Squirrel King? No, the other Bob. Keza is going to kill you. I'm not afraid of Keza. Yeah, uh, me either. Suit yourselves. Keza, Lego and Wolfie are hiding in your office. Whoa, that's totally uncool. Quick, you go that way, I'll go this way, and one of us is bound to make it out of here. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, with faithful leaves unchanged. Where are they? They ran for it. Didn't you see Lego? He was running right towards you. No! Why didn't you tackle them? Honestly, I commentate about people tackling each other. I don't tackle people. Ever since you got engaged, you've gone soft, like tapioca. Hey, I can't help it if my priorities have changed. I've got a family to look out for. Well, did you at least find out what they did with the tree? They said to ask Bob. But Bob went home for the holidays. Hey, don't look at me. That's just what they said. Damn, I have to go. I have a turkey in the oven. But I didn't go soon enough. Instead... I had to listen to Mr. Keza caterwaul about overcooked turkey and runny mashed potatoes. 
I was understandably edgy when I headed back to Ravenclaw Tower late that day. My family had sucked what little Christmas cheer I had left directly from my bones. Keza, there's trouble in the kitchens. <sighs> what now, Kismet? It's, it's Allie. She was trying to make sugar plums and, well, the kitchens exploded. Tina is demanding reparations. Oh, sweet Merlin, what is wrong with this day? I'm not sure. June took Scarlet to the hospital wing after she singed her eyebrows trying to hang the stockings by the fire. Do you have any uh, good news? Well, we found the tree. Oh, that's great, Gecko. Where is it? It's on the roof. Well, why didn't you bring it down? Well, Bad won't let anyone near it. Why? Well, it's decorated with hundreds of pairs of little lemur-sized knickers, and he's being quite territorial about it. Knickers? Yep. Racy ones, too. Sweet Merlin, what next? Oh, do me a favor. Go get Dan and round everyone up. I have had enough of this. Slightly later. Lego. Yes, Keza? Wolfie. Yes, Keza. Did I, or did I not, put the two of you in charge of procuring a Christmas tree for the house? Mm, you did. Then why is there no Christmas tree in here? It's on the roof. I know it's on the roof. Why is it covered in knickers? Uh, well, sometimes people like to decorate the outside of their homes. It's on the backside of the castle. Nobody can see it! Did you want us to display our knicker-covered tree more prominently? No! Okay, well, I mean, make up your mind. You want a tree, you don't want a tree. You knew what I wanted. Oh, come on. It was funny. No, I've had it. Did you know who hung the stockings by the fire? I did. I've been cleaning up messes all day. Cooking, cleaning, chasing lemur-obsessed imbeciles all over this castle. And does anybody care? No. It's, where's the sugar plums, Keza? Where's the tree, Keza? Why are the mashed potatoes running, Keza? That's it! I've had enough. Christmas is over. But Keza, Christmas hasn't even started yet. It's still three hours. Nope. It's over. The next person who so much as says the word Christmas is getting thrown in the pit of despair. Keza, you can't do this. Watch me. But Keza, you said you wouldn't throw anyone else in the pit of despair. You know, after what happened with Mac, nobody's seen him since. There are rumors. Never mind about Mac. I am taking down the rest of these decorations, and I don't want to hear one more word about Christmas. You'll go to your dormitories, and tomorrow will be just another Friday. But... Tomorrow's Thursday. Thursday, Friday, whatever. The point is, there is no more Christmas. Now go to bed. And they did go to bed. Oh, they weren't happy. Mutinous seemed a more apt description of the Ravenclaws, but with stony faces and angry eyes, they went to bed. I myself took a few minutes to rip down the decorations that had made it onto the walls. I set the catches back to their normal colours of navy and bronze, and then I got rid of the mistletoe that had been hung strategically above the girls' staircase. With a wave of my wand, I zapped it out of existence, eliciting a small cry of pain and rage from the nargles that had taken up residency therein. My work done for the day, I trudged my tired bones to my bed. It had been far too long a day. 
I'd put on my nightdress and lay in my bed watching a beam of moonlight travelling across the floor until I fell asleep. Kaza! Kaza! Kaza Bear! What's that? What? It's me, Lady Chi, the old head of Ravenclaw House. Uh, why are you waking me up in the middle of the night? I came to warn you. You will be visited by three spirits. Oh, crikey. Is Peeves on the loose again? No, it's... Is Gecko stuck in the dome again? No, it's... Is Helena harassing the bloody Baron again? Would you just let me finish already? Well, you don't have to scathe at me. <laughs> you, Kezabear, will be visited by three spirits to help you realize the purpose of Christmas and to help you see the error of your wicked ways. Now I'm leaving. Bah humbug. You try and give somebody a warning and what thanks to you get nothing. Well... As you can imagine, sleep did not come easily after that, as I tried to determine the source of Lady Chi's scathery. Three-spirit. They'd better not interrupt my summer slumber, I thought. Haunting you for 15 minutes. Get up already. Gen 2, why are you waking me up? I am not Gen 2. I am the ghost of Christmas past, and I've come to remind you of the meaning of Christmas. Ah, oh, come on, Gen 2, it's late, and I had a really long day. Just go back to bed. I am not Gen 2. I am the ghost of Chrissy's. I'm telling you, I'm not her. Look, she's over there asleep in her bed. What? But how? That that doesn't make sense. You look just like Gen 2. Do you think we had a nip to cast every character for this ridiculous thing? Now just put on a robe or something. I've got to give you a series of flashbacks and we haven't got all night. Do I get a say in this? No. Oh, that's just great. An even longer day. Let's get this over with. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. Where are we? Dave's house, 1995. Whoa, what's with all the flannel? It was grunge generation. Is that little Dave? Yep, and he just got his very first calculator. Someone can be that happy about getting a calculator for Christmas? Just Dave, but what matters is the joy that it brought him. What? What's that he just opened? Uh, it's, uh... A little black book, it looks like. That's an odd gift for a four-year-old. Don't ask me. New Yorkers are just weird. Now where are we? Scarlet's house, Las Vegas, 2003. Mom! 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 It's snowing! Don't you want to open your presents? Oh, yes, I do, but it's snow. Can't I just go out in the snow for a little while? Oh, come on, honey. It'll be at 104 in an hour. Let her go play in the snow. Oh, all right. But bundle up. I don't want you to freeze. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's snow.
the toys under her tree, but what she really wanted was just a little snow. Hey, I want a little snow. Don't be ridiculous. You live in South Australia. I take it you recognize where we are. Home. I really wanted a new doll, but things are tight, and my sisters just gave me dolls that they made. I was so disappointed they weren't new. But it was the thought that counted. I didn't know that then. I was only five. But your sisters gave you what you wanted, even if they couldn't buy it. I liked them. I really did. I just, I hadn't played with them yet. I really wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid. But you still had fun. Yeah, later that day, when I sussed out they were just as fun, and how hard my sisters had worked, it made me really happy. That's the magic of Christmas. Christmas is a special time that fills people with childlike joy. Have you seen the errors of your way now? I know people love Christmas, but it's a whole month of work. Buying presents, setting up the tree, cleaning, cooking, organising activities. It's just too much. I think we're better off without it. Very well. Be forewarned, Keza. The spirits of Christmas will not be denied. And then... In a flash, she was gone, and I glanced across the room where Gen 2 was still sleeping. She had a suspicious murk upon her face. I started wondering if perhaps I'd acted too hastily. It was Gen 2's favourite holiday. Maybe I'd gone too far. No, that couldn't be right. It was Wolfie and Lego's fault. If they'd just not messed up the tree, then maybe I wouldn't have been overacting. But dozens of lemur-sized knickers? That was going too far. Finally content that I had made the right decision, I slipped back to sleep, hoping my night of visitors was at an end. But not really counting on it. Not now, Mr. Kezum. Sleepy. <coughs> oh, no, not again. We have a tight schedule. Yes. Don't tap your clipboard at me. I'm tired. I just want to sleep. I am not P.S. Great. Who are you supposed to be, the ghost of Christmas present? No, don't be ridiculous. I'm the ghost of Christmas P.S. Are you wearing green and red plaid? Of course. It's Christmas. Now, we really must be going. There's much to do, and we haven't got all night. You and that clipboard. I hate that clipboard. Now, really, Keza, don't blame the clipboard. Off we go. We're still in the tower, just a different room. You see, the Christmas spirit can't be ripped from people's hearts. Here in secret, your charges are exchanging Christmas gifts, and it still fills them with joy, even if they can't do it in the common room. Here, Allie, I made this for you. 
I wish it was better, but I suck at knitting. Jessie, I made you one too, but I'm not sure when you'll use it. You made me a scarf? That's so sweet. I made you guys something too. Let's sneak over to Brianna, Gecko, and Jessie's room and give them their gifts. We'll have to be quiet. We don't want Keza to find out. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. Why I saw is Kismet still up? She's up late doing more Day knitting to give to her friends. She has a few more to go before morning, but she doesn't mind. She's been sitting in here knitting and singing since you sent everyone to bed hours ago. ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. I took these decorations down. Yeah, but Lego and Wolfie have been putting them back up all night. They even brought the tree back down from the roof. Look! That's odd. I mean, it's pretty the way the lights reflect in the shiny knickers. Sorry, Bad. You've had your fun. Osseo knickers. You think this will be enough regular ornaments? Well, we could put a few of these red and green knickers back. You see, they do have the spirit of the holidays. They just went a little overboard with the lemur shenanigans. And here is Dave, spreading his holiday cheer to his fan club. What do you mean, spreading holiday cheer? He's supposed to be auditing house points. Nope, he's writing personal Christmas cards to each member of his fan club. Let me see that. You're my very favorite fan club member. Thanks for all your love and support this year. I don't know what I'd do without you, love, Dave. But he's written that on all of them. Well, you can't really expect him to pick a favorite, can you? (sighs) What is it with men and commitment anyway? Now, that's not really the point. Where on earth are we now? We are in Kansas, Toto. Really? Kansas? I always wanted to come to the States. You're supposed to be watching Lady Chi and her family returning from singing and playing music at their church. It's past midnight. Here it just became Christmas. The Christmas spirit is very strong here. You can't end it with a mere edict at one point. Christmas, then what's the point of all this? The point is, you need to look inside yourself and find the Christmas spirit in you. But how am I supposed to do that? But the ghost of Christmas Piescent was already gone. I thought briefly about getting up and hexing Wolfine Lego for disobeying a direct order, but I couldn't bring myself to get up again. I was tired, and if everyone was telling the truth, there was still one more visit to expect that night. I laid my head on the pillow and thought about what P.S. had said, that the spirit of Christmas came from inside me. Come with me. Uh, I don't know. Um, What's all this, then? I was just down here a minute ago. It was all decorated. I miss Christmas. Me too. The singing, the eggnog, the lights. People being happy. Yeah, I miss that too. Why does Allie look so sad? Allie, 
Do you want some sugar plum ice cream? No. She's just never been right since Keza canceled Christmas. I know, she took it the hardest. This is the future? This is because I canceled Christmas? It certainly is quieter. Oi, stop that. When are we supposed to be now? Ravenclaw Tower is a burning pile of rubble again. Don't tell me this is because I cancelled Christmas. Crikey, Lego causes this kind of destruction at least every six months. What are you doing? What are you pointing at? Ravenclaw disbanded 2017. Hey, you can't pit that on me. That can't be my fault. Stop. What are you doing? What's that knocking sound? What's going on? I woke up suddenly, short of breath. There was a pounding on my front door. My laptop was sitting on my lap, shut down from lack of power. The pounding persisted, and after a moment, I disentangled myself from the lounge and answered the front door. Sorry to come so late, and on Christmas. The post has been a bit behind, but I knew you wouldn't want to wait. Happy Christmas. The slightly odd postal worker, with a long white beard, handed me a box. On the outside of the box was written, With love from Puffler. My hands shook slightly as I held it and sat it down on the coffee table. I slit the tape with a knife we'd been using earlier to open presents and opened it slowly, my heart beating. And there, on the top, was the cutest stuffed little lemur. I set Bad to the side and tore open the box. There was Pop-Tarts and Butterfingers and books, and I laughed and I found a set of Hello Kitty Band-Aids. There was a card underneath the piles of goodies. Have a very Merry Christmas, it said, with love, Gen 2 and your friends at Puffa. Well, I scrambled for my laptop, but the battery was dead. I had to get online. I dove across the room to my rucksack and tore it open to find my power cable. It wasn't there. I left it upstairs. I dashed into the bedroom and ripped the power cable from the wall. What's wrong? I've ruined everything. I can't talk now. I dashed back down the stairs and plugged in my laptop and fidgeted anxiously as my laptop booted much more slowly than seemed appropriate given my agitated state. And finally, finally I reached Puffra and ran into the common room. Christmas isn't cancelled! I yelled at the top of my lungs. I turned around, and the stockings were filled, and the tree was decorated with fairy lights. And there on the table were sweetbreads and fruit, and everything was decorated so happy and brilliant. The inhabitants of Ravenclaw Tower came down the stairs and gathered around, and I exclaimed, Good news, everyone! Christmas isn't cancelled this year! <laughs> and the youngins cheered, and the old geezers laughed, and Jen too smirked as she hugged me. I knew you'd come around. Then, from nowhere, Lego hauled off and kissed me. I wasn't sure whether to hug him or slap him, until he pointed straight up and said, Sorry. Strategically placed mistletoe. We grinned, and we ate, and we laughed, and we shared, and everyone in Ravenclaw was as happy as they did. The Christmas was merry, and the holidays were bright. Just goes to show that Christmas is inside you. Even if you think you lost it, you just need to know where to look. Happy Christmas, Puffwa. Hey Poofa, this is Lego Bean, wishing all of you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and a really great New Year. Jessica's away from her head right now, but she'd like to wish you all a happy holiday. Happy holidays, Poofa, and have a happy New Year. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Kismet. I wanted to wish everyone a very happy holiday. Whether you celebrate Christmas, Kwanzaa, Yule, or Hanukkah. 
I hope you have a wonderful new year. Merry Christmas, Puffwa! Hey everybody, this is P.S. and I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Happy Holidays, Puffwa! Season's greetings, Puffwa, from everybody in Ravenclaw. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas. We wish you a reggae Christmas and a reggae New Year. Hello, my fellow Poofwanians. This is Miss Poofin. This is my son. Auric. What are we going to sing, Auric? Uh, Jingle Bells, Red Nose Reindeer. There's no such thing. <laughs> what are we going to sing? Jingle Bells, Never Mind. Okay. Bashing through the snow, in the one there's open sleigh. All the reindeer go, laughing go away. Ha, ha, ha. Bells up, bell to ring. Making spirits bright, all of fine is the ride and sing a slang song to life. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle always. All of fun is to ride and watch ourselves in life. Hello, it's me, Scarlett, here to sing, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Oh, come, all ye faithful, hearken to the podcast. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Poohwah. We come for the tales of Jen and she and Rena. Oh, come, let us download it. Oh, come, let us download it. Oh, come, let us download it. Oh, Hold it, hurry up. It takes forever. The file three hours. I can't believe they told it is much. Oh, I don't think that nothing takes that much time. Oh, come, let us download it. Oh, come, let us download it. Oh, come, let us download it. The download has finished. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, no, my computer is stalling. I need this podcast. It's become my life, so come let us download it. Oh, come let us download it. Oh, come let us download it. It's Poopwah. Thank you, Ryan, she, Jen, everybody on the podcast, behind the scenes, and everybody on the forum. This past year and everything's been amazing. Big shout-outs to all of the youngins, because, come on, we're just cool like that. <laughs> and to Ravenclaw, and to everybody, really. Thank you for such a great year, and let's keep it going in 2009. Happy holidays. We're going to prank call everyone on my Skype list and wish them a happy holiday. Let's start with Julia. Julia? 
Hi, I'm here. Hold on. You have really good timing. Julia, okay. you're live on Polarific Weekly. I have okay, hi guys. You guys have really good timing because we actually, <laughs> we act, Dan and Cody and I just finished with the Phonecast edition for the Puffle Christmas. Aaron, Aaron, welcome. You're 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 live on Polarific Weekly. We're Christmas calling everyone on my Skype list to wish them a happy awesome. holiday season. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I have not put up the Christmas lights yet, which uh, is not good because I should have done that last weekend. Kronk has really good book taste. So you've been reading my book then, Mike? Have you? I just picked it up and started the first few pages, and I think I like it. Yeah, it's pretty much amazing. Um, yeah, it's be quickly become one of my favorite sci-fi series. Interesting. You finished the book I gave you yet? Uh, actually, I can't about? find that right now. Oh, you lost it? Yeah, Game of Thrones, I got him to start. Yeah, I I really liked it. I just uh, Mike gave me a book a year ago. I told him I and you haven't touched it yet. On the list, it's on the list. It's on the list. Everything's on the list. I know. P. I, 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 I should I be the... good because I just came off the list. So I, I know. Up. I read the first chapter of P.S.'s Fic. I'm like, oh look, it's Horace. <laughs> it's I don't sad think I, I realized Horace was gay when I started reading. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> I did it. Oh. I forgot it was Slash, which there's nothing wrong with that. I just Merry <laughs> Christmas to you too, Ryan. <laughs> oh God! Wow. <laughs> Do you have a message for the Puffball community? Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Kanaka to the the few and proud Jews out there. Thank you. We got one right over there in the corner. So awesome. I'm a, I'm a havesy on that one. So uh, Merry Christmas. Have Merry Christmas, Merry actually. Christmas, Merry. <laughs> Bye, guys. I think he's my third favorite Hufflepuff. What is this? You have like a ranking system? Yes, it doesn't everyone. No. Well, fine. It was in Hufflepuff Commons before Christmas night. In the tiniest house elves were out like a light. All their hand-knitted elf caps were hung up with care, in hopes that the headmaster soon would be there. The Hufflepuffs burrowed quite snug in their beds, while stories and sound effects danced through their heads. The cat by the fire and goats in their pen. It was, all in all, a most comfortable den. When out on the pitch there arose such a clatter, they all sprang awake to see what was the matter. Downstairs to the common room Hufflepuffs dashed. The goats too awoke and were bleating for mash. The puffs brought out candles, and by their warm lights they saw through each window the strangest of sights. For there on the lawn, full of good puff or cheer, was a sleigh-riding Huggles, quite failing to steer. He was waving an iPod and laughing with glee. They all wondered if he was listening to Chi. Around or through obstacles closer he came, and he laughed as he shouted out every host's name. Stay on topic, Keza, Mike, Rinna, Chi. We'll do it. P.S. Jen, Jen, too, you'll see. Oh, who am I kidding? We're having a ball. It's Puffo at Christmas. Have fun with it all. Then flicking the reins from the ground his sleigh rose, and Huggles grinned, missing a tree by a nose. As up to the turrets his cursors they flew, with a sleigh full of goodies, and Danielle there too. And then through the chimney his voice they could hear, he shouted out, Hey, Tina! I brought the beer! So quickly the Hufflepuffs all turned around. And Huggles appeared, flowing in with a bound. He was dressed as a pilgrim from hat down to buckles, though Danielle had told him, admits tardy chuckles. That outfit's all wrong for the season, you know. It really won't work very well in the snow. Indeed, he now brushed a small drift off his hat, but he didn't seem very put out about that. Instead, he just grinned and said with a wink. It makes people laugh, so it's worth it, I think. Huggles filled house elf caps from his overfull pack, while the elder elves laid out a small Christmas snack that the Hufflepuffs all were appreciative of. Bernard even knocked someone over in love. While Danielle and Huggles laid gifts all around, couches, the floor, 
any place that they found. The others ate some of the food that was there, and then brought them plates, so that they too could share. Soon the good couple was through with their work, and though not a puff, Danielle wasn't let lurk, but joined in the party. It ran for a while, till finally Huggles turned round with a smile, and shot to Danielle a significant glance. They tripped to the flue with a bit of a dance, and his voice could be heard as they faded from sight. Happy Christmas to all. Have a great puff one night. Very good, girls. No, that's enough. We really don't want to overdo this. We have a very long episode. Now, wait a minute, girl. Karen, cut that out. Danielle, get down. Danielle, get down. Hogwarts students, you ready to sing? Yeah, let's sing it now. Ready, Hermione? Ready. Ready, Jenny? My name is Karen. Christmas, Christmas time is near. Time for toys and time for cheer. We've been good, but we can't last. Hurry, Christmas, hurry fast. Want a plane that loops the loop? Me That was very good, Danielle. Naturally. That was very good, Karen. Uh, um, Ryan, you were a little flat. Watch it. Ryan. Ryan. Oh, okay, okay, here we go. Want a plane that loops the loop? I still want a hula hoop. We can hardly stand the wait. Please, Christmas, don't be late. We can hardly stand the wait. Please, Christmas, June writes, Dear Ravenclaw House, Happy Holidays. Thank you so much for making PFW so much fun and for existing in general. All of you make my day happier and keep me from forgetting myself in this busy and problem-filled thing called life. You remind me that there's always a reason to laugh with the lolcats, and it's impossible to keep feeling blue with all of you around. Thank you, all of you. Tug, tackle, huggles, pounces. Love, June. Oh, and I from- love June. <laughs> Hey, Poofa, this is Lady Chi. I sound like I got punched in the throat again, so Sue's been kind enough to record my holiday message for me. I wanted to send you all my warmest wishes for your holiday seasons. I hope your Hanukkah is happy and your Christmas is merry. PFW has come to mean so much to me, it's difficult to express in mere words. When I started doing this podcast two years ago, I never imagined that two years in the future, I would consider Pufuanians my family. But that's what you've become. Over the years, you've supported and prayed for me, and you've allowed me to do the same for you. May the blessings of Christ be with you this holiday season. I love you all. Happy holidays. From Dave, we have to all members of the forum, to Ryan, Jen, Lady G, and Rena, and to the rest of the podcast hosts, this is for you. I hate to say this, but I really don't know how to start this letter. I guess I have to start somewhere. Potterfic Weekly can be defined in many ways. It can be defined as a forum where you can discuss Harry Potter fanfiction. It can be defined as a place where you can geek out with fans of other phenomena. How you interact with the forum clues you into how you personally define the forum. Among the many definitions to pick from, I have picked one. Potterfic Weekly is my second home. 
As I was listening to last year's Christmas episode, I couldn't help thinking about the future 2008 episode. Some hosts have left, some have come in to fill their spots. I really didn't know whether it would have the same feel as the last one, so I didn't know what to expect. Two things that I could guarantee were, one, that it would be funny, and two, it would be put on by my friends. In the Wizard Rock song, Last Call, by Oliver Boyd and the Rememberalls, there is a line of lyrics that I think quantifies PFW's significance in everyday life. No one knows what tomorrow will bring, but we can hope it brings us all a little closer. A year has elapsed since I registered on the forum. Not only do I feel the sense that this community is one that thrives on love and respect for each other, I know it for a fact. We are a family, and I'm proud to be a part of it. The forum shows that people from many different backgrounds can come together and become friends. It is amazing how it all started with a popular book series. I love the forum with the bottom of my heart and would never want it to change. So, my fellow Pufuanians, I wish you a very merry holiday season, and I wish you all good luck in 2009. Love, Dave. Oh, Very nice. We, we love Dave, too. Dave is the only one who has the patience to handle our house cup system. As the assistant deputy headmistress, it is my job to keep things running smoothly, and without Dave, I think... Various, either various things would explode, or I would have murdered Ryan. <laughs> so, Dave, from the bottom of my you. heart, thanks, dude. Hey, Puffwitz, Dave. In this holiday episode voicemail, I'd like to thank many people. And by many, I mean the whole forum. I'll try to fit everyone in. If I miss you, you can annoy me later to no end. So these shout-outs are for people that make PFW great. You enlighten the place, and you're also generous. That it, it rocks my world. So, before I waste more time, I'd like to start. Shoutouts to Cody, Richard, and Julia. Shoutouts to Dan, Mac, AC, Lego Bean, Wolfie, and Alexia. Shoutout to all of Ravenclaw House. You're amazing, and I would always want to be your friends. I will always love you, and you guys are great. Shoutout to Autumn. You're my favorite person ever. Seriously. Shoutouts to Sue, Bob the Squirrel King, Scarlet. Rosie, my newest friend on the forum. Shoutouts to June, Ali, Jesse, and Audrey. Shoutouts to the Ravenclaw moms, Keza, Kismat, Lady Chi, and Gen 2. Shoutouts to Melinda Tiner and the rest of the awesome Hufflepuffs. And finally, I would like to give a shoutout to, I think, the best Hufflepuff ever, Ryan, for creating this place and giving us all a home where, where we can joke around and have fun and be around amazing people that if if this forum wasn't here, we wouldn't have met. So thanks, Ryan. To everyone on the forum, to everyone who's listening to this, I would like to wish a very merry holiday season and the best of luck in 2009. Thanks. See you guys later. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to take a few minutes and wish you a happy holiday. A year ago, I didn't know Pufo existed, and now I can't imagine being without it. I was going to shout out to everyone who makes Pufo such a special place for me, but as I made the list and saw how long that it was, I thought it might be easier just to wish everyone a happy holiday, a happy Christmas, a happy Hanukkah. You have all made my Pufo experience special. I do want to thank Ryan, though, because without him and his vision, Pufo wouldn't exist and I wouldn't have a wonderful place full of friends to spend my time. Merry Christmas, Pufwa. Happy Holidays. Hufflepuff Hugs from Sue. All right, Karen, now you've known me for a long time. Almost eight years. Yeah, it's a better part of a decade. Now, do, do, do you remember the first... Old people say that, better part. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any better parts left. Karen just got her first mortgage, everybody, so she's a little excited. Yeah, and I'm unemployed. <laughs> it's great.
Living off the government, kids? Oh, it's a way to go. All right, now, I just want to ask you a question. Now, you're not really what one would call a Harry Potter fan. That would be correct, yes, sir. Now, let me ask you this. I do this little podcast thing at Perfect Weekly. You're not really in on it. No, no, not so much. I just have one question for you as we celebrate this joyous season of, of giving. What do you think it is I do here? I think you're like Bob Barker on The Price is Right. You're like the little host man or whatever. Uh-huh. And, you know, you're like, oh, let's play Harry Potter Plinko or something. Have you ever listened to an episode? Probably listened to the equivalent of, like, 16 because you played them nonstop in the car to Connecticut <laughs> on the way to Danielle in New York City. I believe what Karen is referring to is the season finale clip show. Yeah, the clip show was great. Karen, what would you like for Christmas this year? A Happy Meal, a Chicken McNugget one, and a good, solid, non-crazy man. <laughs> we are going to my friend Karen in the middle of a dinner party who doesn't know anything about Harry Potter at all. We are going to shout Merry Christmas to Karen, and then we're going to hang up on her because she has to go, but it's important for us to be inclusive. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. She's like Lucy from Peanuts. She's like, all right, call me, then she doesn't answer the phone. <laughs> I don't remember Lucy doing that. Not that in particular, but... Thank you, Mike. See, Mike is like my, 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 my guy here. I'll admit I don't know anything about Peanuts. All right, screw it. Now you get coal in your stocking, my friend. Lauren, greetings from Potherfic Weekly. Hey. We are prank calling people for our Christmas episode, so how is your holiday going? Oh, it's all right. We're having one of those holidays where things are blowing up, like, in front of us. It's like Clark Griswold with a squirrel in the tree. <laughs> Anything in particular happen to you? Not really. Not yet, actually. But there's still time, right? Oh, yes. There's still time. Would you like to give a shout-out to anyone in the forum? I love all the Hufflepuffs. We're cool like that. It's like group therapy yeah. in there. You walk in, and 14 people come up and hug you and tell you it's going to be okay. And you're, You thought you were fine when you walked in, and then you leave, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely good. All right, well, what is the line? Tackle hugs, pounces? I think I so. Tackle hugs, pounces. Talk to you soon. All right, let's try Kismat, matron of Ravenclaw. Matron Kismet, of Ravenclaw. how are you yeah, doing? I'm fine. Scream to us, Kelly. It's Christmas. Come on, let it all out. No, I never put together that Kelly was Kismat. Like, no, I, like, I, I would have conversations people. with Kelly, and I never put together that that was Kismat. There are people that I know for a fact haven't put together that O's Raven is Mike. Really? Um, yeah. Who's that? I'm curious now. I don't know. I mean, just people. It's not O's Raven, by the way, but okay. People, like, people will be like, I can, like, tell from their voice, like, on the, in their forum post that they think you're, like, some random stranger and they don't realize you're Mike from the podcast. I got that vibe from She once, because she's, like, responding to my, uh, post, like, well, Osravan. I, I noticed, I noticed that too, and I just talked <laughs> oh to just... She being She. Merry Christmas! How is your Christmas going? Other than the fact that you're trapped in a well? Merry Christmas, Poofa. It's Jed 2. I just wanted to apologize in advance for what you're going to have to go through. Just listen. Ain't this a glorious way to sing a soundless cliche? I'm sure that it's all. Listen to my trail by your own free will To my little song (laughs) Oh, it's a jolly holiday at 
Huggles makes your heart so light. If your day is gray and ordinary, the forum makes your sun shine bright. The Gryffindors are toying with the Slytherins. The Ravenclaws are hugging on the puffs. When Gen 1 holds your hand, you feel so grand. Chi's new novel is in high demand. Oh, it's a jolly holiday at Poufwa. No wonder that it's Poufwa that we love. Jolly holiday on Poufwa. Ren has the perfect bite. Mike is always good for entertainment. Keza steals the show outright. The episode is late and Ryan's dressing. P.S. is writing Slughorn slash affairs. Melinda reads your fic. You're in the click. No other podcast really quite compares. Now it's jolly holiday poofa. No wonder that is poofa that we love. It's a jolly holiday on Poufwa. Communities like we are few. Though we're like a diamond in a wank fest. Underneath our strength is true. We never think of missing any snark fest. Laughter is the hallmark of our creed. iTunes needn't fear when we are near. Our complete fidelity is crystal clear. Oh, it's a jolly holiday on Poofwa. A jolly, jolly holiday with you. A very jolly holiday with you. Now, at this point... Excuse me, Poofoidians. You know, I really do have pneumonia, and I can't believe I just sang that song for you. It's only because I worked really, really hard on it, and I couldn't help not having a Christmas shout-out that I even did the any, the anything at all. But there's this whole section of this song where I'm supposed to, I don't know, say things really fast. There's no way on God's earth I'm saying anything really fast. Anyhow. But I can't not mention the people that I wrote into the song. So I'm just going to have to do it with the background behind me. And I'm just going to have to read you the words as well as I can. Excuse me. <coughs> it's true 
that Lego and Wolfie have ways that are winning, and Tina and Sue at Duck's Foot set your heart spinning. Cody's delightful, Dave is disarming, Richard, Nathaniel, Julia are charming, Rafesiv is dashing, Obli is sweet, Tylet is smashing, Rosie a treat, Danielle, Kismat, Scarlet, and Dan, convivial company time and again, Scott and Wayne and Brian are swords, I'll agree are three jolly good sports, but cream of the crop, tip of the top, it's Brian, Huggles, and there, I freaking stop! <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Cheery Kwanzaa, Happy Snow, Happy Poofwa, Merry Christmas to everyone. This is my favorite place to be. I love you all, and I hope that you're enjoying a very happy holiday with your families. God bless. Bye-bye. Oh, Jed 2. Bye. Why don't you call on a cell phone for, uh, for like, Jen and for uh, Jacqueline Kennedy? You want me to call did Jacqueline you say, Kennedy? Did you, That's did you just say you wanted him to call Jack Kennedy? Jacqueline. Jacqueline, who's also <laughs> dead. Both? This, is, this <laughs> entire thing is in very poor taste. Danielle did something last night that was in... This is Okay, this is just the off-color Puffwatt episode. Isn't that what you call her, though? I thought it was your friend's Isn't nickname. You call Danielle Jacqueline Kennedy? Rose Danielle. Kennedy. Rose Kennedy. <laughs> you <laughs> called her Jacqueline Kennedy. My friend Karen um, took, she took all of these, uh, they're, they're on my Facebook page, if any of you know. She took all of these photos with us when uh, Mike met us in New York last year, and she's like 25. She had an old lady coat on, an old lady hat, like long gloves, dark sunglasses, and she, she held herself like an old woman. She smiled in all these photos, but her face never moved, so we were calling her Rose Kennedy all day, which seemed vaguely appropriate. Karen! You know what I want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas, Danielle? I want Brian to stop making us record public service announcements for Puffwa. I think for what? <laughs> for Potterfic Weekly. Oh, that's what it's called. I, I don't know. I don't really get this stuff. I, I know. Like, you're not really into Harry Potter. And therefore, you're really not into fan fiction because one sort of follows the other. So yeah. I don't know why he keeps having you do this. Yeah, I don't really get it either. He just kind of, like, tricks me and has me come over because he says, Oh, guess what? Guess what? Danielle's making macaroni and cheese tonight. So, yeah, it'll be great. Come on over. And then he, like, locks me up in a room and makes me sing songs in a chipmunky voice about Christmas and stuff. So, yeah, I almost cursed. <laughs> See, he's re- he really is like Henry VIII, and we're yeah, like, you know, we're, we're all his little minions. Yeah, minions. minions. That's what we are. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, was, that word up. reminds me of onions. Sato. <laughs> me too. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I could go, go for some sautéed onions. Sautéed onions with mac and cheese. Yes. And maybe to top it all off, yeah. like... A Yule log? Because it, it is Christmas time. I don't all. really know what a Yule log oh, is. Oh, it's chocolate cake. Oh, it is? Yeah. Does it have anything in it? It has, like, chocolate frosting rolled up in the middle. Oh, that sounds like Jesus in my mouth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Love, Karen. Y'all, you silly Harry Potter fans. <laughs> <laughs> The running thing that happened last night was, this is the type of Christmas I'm having. Uh, when Danielle's grandmother passed away five years ago, she noticed that her grandmother's favorite um, insect, the ladybug, there was a ladybug 
at the at the funeral. It was directly in front of her in the pew. So she always would think grandma came back as a ladybug. And every time she'd see a ladybug, she'd think of her grandmother. Well, after my father passed away, I noticed a lot of ladybugs hanging around the house. So I'm like, well, my father has come back as a ladybug. So there's this ladybug that lives in my house. It lives in my kitchen. And we always see it on you know, the dish strainer or it's on the, on the island or it's on one of the cabinets. So we always say, hey, dad, how you doing? And you know, that's my father back. So Danielle was trying to explain last night the urban legend about Paul McCartney and how, you know, apparently if you play a Beatles song backwards, it implies, you know, Paul McCartney's dead or I don't know what the thing is. So as I'm talking to the ladybug, Danielle is explaining the story to my friend Karen, who's washing the dishes. And all of a sudden, Danielle yells out, Paul's dead! Which would be fine if Paul were not my late father's name as I'm talking to the ladybug. So I'm looking at the ladybug, and Karen turns off the water and just stares blankly. And Danielle's like, what? Why do you get so quiet in here all of a sudden? And I'm like, I finally just got over it. Because I knew what she was saying. It it turned into this very awkward moment for my whole family. So I'm like, oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. What it is... it is an urban legend that you get Paul is dead by playing it backwards. There's supposedly clues throughout. I forget what album it is. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I didn't even know it was a Beatle. Like, I don't, this, I don't know, know anything about the, the Beatle. Yeah, even I knew that, right? Yeah, even Mike knew that. Okay, don't throw Mike in my face now. Like, you're <laughs> the one making fun of him. I don't even listen to music. Like, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas, Ryan. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Yeah, we had that problem with Jen once before, too, uh, during the shoebox readings. Um, Jen left me, she was reading shoebox and she left me a frantic voicemail, like sobbing, you know, uncontrollably in tears that James's parents had died and she was very upset. I remember that. But, she, but well, what, I remember what that. struck me at the time was that James was her, for those of you who don't know, James is her, is her husband. <laughs> So I thought her in-laws had been tragically killed in the free... And I'm like, well, Jen, how did it, how did it happen? They were murderers! I'm like, oh my god, you're going to get some therapy for this. I'm like, are you going to be okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. You know what, I, I feel stupid for even being upset. You know, it doesn't, it's nothing. I'm the, I'm the, what time's the podcast? I'm like, you bitch. Hello. I'd like to apologize to Ray for that awkward bit of editing. Hey Ray, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So how is your Christmas going, Ray? Um, uneventful. I don't have a tree, but I have a poinsettia. You're home alone with your Christmas poinsettia. Yep. <laughs> and where is Mr. Ray? He is working, doing the night so shift right now. So you're just hanging out with your poinsettia. Yep. And I know I've a already asked glass of some Kool-Aid. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Don't offer the Kool-Aid to P.S. We had a problem earlier. Because <laughs> apparently P.S. is short and unable to control P.S.'s. Kool-Aid. Mark are the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Ding. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer Ding. to young and old, meek and the bold. Ding, dong dong that is their song, with joyful ring, all caroling. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they pound, raising the sound, or here and there, telling your tale. Gaily they ring, while 
people singing songs of good cheer. Christmas is here. Dairy, very, very, very Christmas. Dairy, very, very, very Christmas. Come on, they send dawn without end. Dairy, joyful tone, jingle every home. Dark further bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer to young and old, meek and the bold. Ding, dong, ding, dong, that is their song. With joyful ring, all caroling. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they pound, raising their sound, or here and there, telling their tale. Gaily they ring, while people sing songs of good cheer. Christmas is here, day, very, very, very Christmas. Come on, they send on without end. Their joyful tone to every home. Come on, they send on without end. Their joyful tone to every home. On the first day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Huggles on his Star Trek monologue On the second day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Two off-topic rants And Huggles on his Star Trek monologue On the third day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on his Star Trek monologue on the fourth day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Four near-death disasters Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on a Star Trek monologue On the fifth day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Four near-death disasters Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on a Star Trek monologue on the sixth day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Six Katamari Marvels on payments Four near-death disasters Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on a Star Trek monologue On the seventh day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Seven states exploded Six Katamari Marvels on payments Four near-death disasters Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on a Star Trek monologue On the eighth day of Christmas Poofwa gave to me Eight cups of Kool-Aid Seven states exploded Six cups of Four near-death disasters Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on a Star Trek monologue on the ninth day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Nine droppers dropping Eight cups of Kool-Aid Seven states exploded Six Katamari Four near-death disasters Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on a Star Trek monologue On the tenth day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me Ten doulers dueling Travelers traveling, eight cups of Kool-Aid, seven states exploded, six Katamari, four near-death disasters, three exploding toilets, two off-topic rants, and Huggles on a Star Trek monologue. On the eleventh day of Christmas, Poofwa gave to me eleven games for playing, ten duelers dueling, nine travelers traveling, eight cups of Kool-Aid, seven states exploded, six Katamari, Four near-death disasters Three exploding toilets Two off-topic rants And Huggles on a Star Trek monologue On the twelfth day of Christmas Poofwa gave to me 
wealth of rainy and singing. Eleven games for playing. Ten duelers dueling. Nine droppers dropping. Eight cups of Kool-Aid. Seven states exploding. Six cups of mowing. Four near-death disasters. Three exploding toilets. Two off-topic rant. Oh god, the drunk Lithuanians will carry the night. I'm not drunk. I didn't have a headset. I'm like, what the yeah, heck? Brian's calling was, me. That's what I was telling him. Well, was prank calling people for Christmas. So, you know, <laughs> prank call someone you don't give well, them yeah, 30 we should all notice. We should all know that you're being prank called. Everybody should have like a, a I did the coolest thing. prank call not too long ago. I had... You called Sarah Palin and pretended to be French? No, I... <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you imitate anybody else's voice? Because I just want to see if you can do a voice not your own. Why well, I can't do like an accent, but I can be like I can be like a persona. What? I can be like PS's father, who's like really angry at Ryan for having an affair with his daughter. I, can... I demonstrate. <laughs> oh, for the, the love fair? of God! <laughs> <laughs> well, it works better if it's now Ryan knows. Like, I, if I call him out of the blue, I can trick him. All right, Mike, pretend I don't know. So you're going to accuse me of having an illicit affair with P.S. <laughs> you really want me to? Well, if I'm going to have an illicit affair with P.S., someone should really call me out for it. So please, yes, go ahead. Uh, phone's ringing. Ring. Phone's ringing. <laughs> Pick it up, Ryan. I'm picking up the phone, Mike. You say hello? Who is this? Yeah, usually hello. you say hello and you pick up the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought this was all, like, in narration. I didn't realize this was Cold in real blank. time. All right, hold on. Grabbing the phone. Hello? Hello, is this Huggles? He's speaking. Are you the young man who on the 5th saw her for dinner? You sound like people you. People talk like this. Yeah, anymore. you're not angry well, enough. Well, the, the thing are, is, like, are you the person who saw up. her for dinner? I'm like, What? Like, well, hold on. So you're accusing me of seeing your daughter for dinner? Well, then I build up from there. And you go, wow. Were you accusing her of being naked at the time? Like, what is the problem? <laughs> you, you broke the role play there, Ryan, so now you'll never find out. I know, but you sounded like you. Your entire system is incumbent upon people not knowing what you sound like. I want to try a Keza accent. I, I, I screwed that No, up. no, no, no. Let me. I can sound My like... My father does not have a Keza accent. Oi! But, but, but Kismet has been drinking. Kismet. Has been I have not been drinking. <laughs> yet. I just got home from work. You think you sound like Kizza? That's pretty good. That I think you good. sound like you came from Texas. Well, no, no it happened. Not. She followed. She followed Mike trying to uh, to a Chappelle's voice. Oi! Bugger that! What? What? <laughs> No, you're embarrassing yourself. Stop it. You know what I think? I think a dingo ate your baby. Oh my god. You're just saying dingo with a Baltimore accent. That is not I can't not do it. It just happens. I can't imitate the accents of other cultures. But Australia is the greatest place in the world. We oh haven't my god, you people are embarrassing people right now. We're making it so you don't have to apologize to Australians. Yeah, because I'm Australian myself. Oh my god. I feel like I'm in a seventh grade like talent contest. No offense intended, but you know, whatever. And I'm watching the audience.
Could there be peace on earth And let it begin with me Let there be peace on earth The peace that was meant to be Hollow, a chill wind 
blows And as when a green light grows Sleep well, Harry Potter Sleep without bad dreams Silent night Foretold night At Hogwarts there's a desperate fight The end of an era was no pose to Harry we raise this toast live well Harry Potter live well in peace Merry Christmas Plefornians and Happy Holidays this is Last Heaven saying good night and sweet dreams. Here's the, here's the gag. We're going to call up on you, but we're not going to let you go anymore. We're just going to get everyone on the line and see what happens. Uh, let's speak in different accents. Sue? It's Sue. Hello. Sue. Did you not hear me say, hello, Sue? I, hello. I really didn't. There's too many people on. Sue, Welcome to the Outback, I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're having one of those Christmases where it's like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. D- did you steal that? I hate you. Go to hell. Ah! So we're having like one of those cranky <laughs> Christmases. So we're just inviting everyone together to just see how everyone else is doing, hoping their Christmas is just as crazy as ours. How's your my, holiday? My holiday's been very nice so far. Um, and we're not doing much this year. So it's been very unusual for me because at this time of the year, I have all my presents bought and usually most of them wrapped and my Christmas cards out and everything. And this year, I haven't done anything. So it's not really Christmas yet for me. But hopefully this weekend, we're going to be getting things put up and decorated and the Christmas spirit will come. You know, has anything strange happened to you since, you know, the Christmas season's begun? Have you noticed, for example, any missing roosters? Has there been, like, you know, any type of bizarre outbreak? No. Do you think parks or anything? The coyotes are coming by nightly, trying to get into the chickens. But so far, maybe we've supported them. Maybe it's the air of Slytherin. Yeah, that could be. Maybe there's a basilisk hiding underneath your chicken house. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. I know there are bunnies under the chicken house. Basilisk bunnies, same difference. I have a woodchuck <laughs> under my shed. Oh, those are trouble. If a woodchuck, yeah. how much, how much, what's the thing? How much oh, go wood even, don't even go there, P.S. I can save you. How much, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Well, I'm going to tell you, I have a woodchuck living under my shed, and my mother decided to declare war against the woodchuck. She and I sat down, we had a family meeting about what to do about the woodchuck under the shed. And I laid out my game plan, I wrote it down, and I put it in a white envelope and pushed it aside the table to her. And she wrote out her plan for dealing with the woodchuck, and she, you know, sealed it inside a white envelope, and she pushed it over to me. So I opened her white envelope, and it said, go to Home Depot, buy a cage. Trick woodchuck into entering cage. Shut cage door. Put cage in trunk of car. Drive car into woods. Release Woodchuck in woods, drive home, hope Woodchuck does not come back. This is my mother's game plan. Where, as you know, my mother is my mother is the mother of Pufwa. She is the queen mum of Pufwa. Without my mother, there would be no Pufwa. And she will have her eyes scratched out by the Woodchuck. You know. you know what she'll do? She'll drive to Home Depot and get into a fender bender. That is what my mother will do. And the whole plan will die. 
So she opens my envelope, saying, I, I suppose you have a better idea, and it's just one line. Sign non-aggression pact with Woodchuck. There you go. I'm like, can't we? I'm like, Tina, I'm like, can't we all just get along? And that was my thought process in the Woodchuck book. Is he bothering anything? No. Oh, leave him there. That's what I said. That's how well, we the got funny, the bunny and the peacock. Well, the funny thing was my, um, my aunt who passed away a couple of years ago, she used to live with us. She was older and she had bad eyesight. She had like a million things wrong with her. And she would always claim to see a large animal in the backyard. And we would always pat her on the head and say, that's nice. Why don't you go play over here? And she's like, no, really. I saw it. And we're like, sure you did. Well, after she died, we discovered there actually was a woodchuck living directly next to her. That's like, our, we had this neighbor who said, who claimed there was hyena that lived, like, in our neighborhood. And we were always like, oh, well, she's crazy. Like, I, I can remember, like, my five-year-old self was like, but hyenas live in Africa. There aren't any hyenas in Maryland. Aww. And it turns out that it was a very mangy fox that looked like a hyena. <laughs> <laughs> The story of the Santa goats. It was the night before Christmas, and in our duplex, the children were plugged into special effects. While pizza with sausage and peppers they downed, with soda plus popcorn and chips by the pound. Then while all the children the TV were viewing, the sound from the kitchen was purposeful chewing, as Elwood with clam cakes and I with chopped eel had just settled down to our microwave meal, when all of a sudden not the sound of reindeers, but the buying of Santa goats came to our ears. So we ran to the windows and opened the shutters. We threw up the blinds to a sky full of udders. As lovely as angels, the family agreed, and Elwood so helpful named each by its breed. Look, kitties, an alpine, a borer, a pygmy, and here comes a fainting, a short hair, and a guernsey. And so they did circle our satellite dish to fulfill for dear Elwood an old Christmas wish, that the goats would return as they had in his youth and share with his family their goodness and truth. Then over our inner chrome we heard on the roofs the tap-dancing clatter of the Santa goat's hoofs. It's unreal, we exclaimed. It's so strange, it's so weird. Down the chimney the Santa goats promptly appeared. Now light as a feather they floated around over TV and pizza with nary a sound. Then after a while they had floated enough and touched down as gently as the dandelion fluff. Their eyes like Liz Taylor's were dewy and clear, their lips like Liz Taylor's so rosy and dear. And they smiled at us from their warm inner glow, and each of their tails was tied up with a bow. They were good, they were warm, they were wise, and amen. Just as Elwood had wished, they had found him again. And they sang us some carols, all limpid and light, like we wish you a Merry Christmas and O Holy Night. Then the Beezer presented a beautiful tree, while spellbound we sat on Aunt Maxine's settee. As we gazed at the ornaments, dazzling and rare, a spirit of peace and goodwill filled the air. There were bundles of something thrown over their backs, and we all tried to guess what might be in those sacks. Maybe red hots or gumballs or licorice whips, maybe squirt guns or skateboards or alien ships. Then each of the goats put a sack down before us, 
and our oohs and our ahs then rang out in a chorus. As we opened the sacks, it was not as we thought. It was baseballs and bats, gloves and caps they had brought. Then we traced a great diamond outside in the snow and began with the goats to hit, run, catch, and throw. So we placed through the night, through each bright moonlit inning, till the sun showed its face. Christmas Day was beginning. Angels greet with anthem 
sweet, while shepherds watch a keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him love, the babe, the son of Mary. He lies in such a lonely place, where rocks and ass are feeding. Come have no fear, God's Son is here, His love all loves exceeding. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. The babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings, salvation brings. Let loving hearts. As we close out tonight's podcast, was there anyone else that we had promised that we would call? Scott's <laughs> waiting. Call. All right, everyone move over. Okay. Move. Is there <laughs> anyone else? Did we promise anyone else that we would call? Mike is standing on my foot. Okay, Mike, did you promise anyone else that I would call them? Dan. All right, we're going to get everyone hey, in. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Every, Scott, move over. <laughs> yeah, get out of the way. <laughs> hey, Dan. Huh? I didn't even think you could fit this many people in here. How many people are we have? I think like, 14 people in a conference. Dan's probably well, looking for we... his headphones, too. Hey, guys. Hey, there he is. You can always, you can never mistake Dan's voice in the crowd. He's like trying to always sell you something. All right. Now we have all of our Pufuanians in here. I don't think there's anyone left outside. Dan, congratulations on your recent engagement. Woo! Yay! Huzzah! Thank you. Did someone just see like Keza? It was Huzzah. Huzzah. Oh, thank God. I thought Keza was back. I, didn't know how I thought that, that too. I'm like, Keza? We're all looking around for the Aussie. All right. Congratulations, Dan. I knew about that in advance and I was giving Dan advice. He's like, Ryan, I'm, I'm so nervous. I'm about to propose. What do I do? And I'm like, damn, whatever you plan, it's going to work out differently anyway. Don't put too much faith into the plan. 
Actually, it works somewhat according to plan. How does it do it? I mean, and can we ask, or is it private? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, you can ask. Uh, anybody on the forum knows I did it on Thanksgiving. Uh, so her family and I and my family were together for evening, and um, I was setting the table, got everybody to the table early, and uh, I dropped my napkin right as I came to her. Well, I dropped her napkin as soon as I came to her. So I reached down to get it, uh, bent down on one knee, and grabbed the ring out of my pocket instead of picking up the uh, napkin. Pretty soon, pretty soon we had two crying mothers and <laughs> and the uh, already knew well in advance. Yeah, the, well, they they already started planning the wedding before <laughs> I even asked the question. Oh, like, I didn't do the down on one knee thing, so I'm very impressed that you did that. I actually forgot to do that. I'm a traditionalist. So. <laughs> I forgot. You're Dan. Did anyone else show a hand? Who here's got had someone get down on one knee? Okay, we got um, we got three married people on the call of twenty seven people. All right, um, I forgot to do it. Married people, I'm the only married person. <laughs> you really are. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot to get down on one knee, so I had to reenact the entire damn thing. <laughs> you made you do that, huh? Well, I had to do it for her mother, so I reenacted the entire. Damn okay. Thing. She wasn't reading the book standing up, though, right? No, um, I proposed on a bench overlooking Manhattan. And I actually reenacted the entire thing in front of Cher's house from the movie Moonstruck, which was two blocks over. I have video. I'll throw it up on the <laughs> It was cute. It was cute. <laughs> I believe it. Scott, how are you doing? Oh, pretty well. I always love Scott. He always sounds so British. <laughs> that wasn't even trying. Oh, so, Scott, how is Christmas going for you so far? Well, uh, it's white. We got the snow. You got the snow. You got the snow we in lost Texas. Lost our snow. Yes. We had snow and it went away. I feel really chipped. Yeah, well, we, we had snow early this year, so I, I can't complain. And it didn't stick, so we, so I didn't have to shovel. I love shoveling. It's so much fun. Yes, and I are in flood <laughs> conditions right now. Get it up. It's, yeah, we had that. Yeah, I love us now. pouring over. Yeah, I, I, I have a leak. Have a leak. <laughs> leak. Leak. Okay, we got 23 people in the room. Well, I just found out you live in a building. Can't you call the super or whatever? If it's in a building, there is no super. She doesn't live in an apartment building. She lives in a house. So there is no super. Hold on. We, didn't we just what? establish the fact that she lived in a building? Yes, I lived in a building. I, I thought you established she lived in a house and not a building. No, we, we established that I do not live in a house. Oh, I thought we established the... Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to get off this track before we do who's on first. All right, I thought as we close out tonight's podcast, this wonderful Christmas podcast, we could all sing together and just see what happens. Oh, no. <laughs> what song? That's fun. What, do we have a song, song and do we, we have spirits? <laughs> what song shall we sing? All right. Um, Rudolph. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Silent Rudolph. Night. <laughs> what the heck? Let's just do it. <laughs> we want to bring uh, the people we had earlier back in. Yeah, Julia. And, uh, That's right. And Kronk, maybe. All right, let's let's gather the family together. Everyone, move over. Hey, Dan, Kronk. Kronk, we're all gonna Dan. sing Christmas. Oh, we lost Dan. Why is the uh, group call here? See if we can get Dan back. Let's see who we hang up on. Maybe we can't have like Dan and Kronk at the same time. Maybe they're the same person. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those crazy conspiracy theories. Well, they do sound an awful lot alike. Wait for the proof. Wait for the proof. <laughs> Dan's not answering. That proves it. Dan and Kronk are the same person. So, Kronk, why is the sky blue, Kronk? Oh, why is the sky blue? I like to ask Kronk random questions. The sky is blue because of the particles hitting the atmosphere that make it appear blue. Hi, guys. Hey, Julia. Hi, Hi, Julia. Oh, my God. There's a lot of people here. Prepare (laughs) my fellow Puffwanians to sing. (laughs) 
Oh, oh. God, Skype delay is going to kill uh, us. Uh-huh. That's, That's just... the point. Okay, Dan <laughs> is like Joanne. He thinks he's been dropped from the call. Oh, no, no, I'm here. Oh, my gosh, they're both here. I, 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 re- right, Your theory is head. null and void now. I do. I hang my head. Hey, Keza's yeah, well, back. Well, well, Hello? Keza? Keza! 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 Minding my own business when all of a sudden there's a phone call. Yeah, Hi, Keza! Two of us are getting a lot of that tonight. We've Me gathered together all of the Pufuanians, Keza. We're going to sing a number. Just lost. Oh, okay. Does everyone have a song in front of them? <laughs> yes. Yes. This is gonna going be. To sing, guys. We are going to sing I don't Jingle know Bells. This the... song. Hold on. Do I need to be drunk for this? It certainly would not hurt. I don't know, but he thinks I am, so. Okay. Should I, should I be drunk? I've got a bottle of vodka right here. Like, should I be taking shots? Take a swig. Is it a drinking song? I don't drink. I think it's about to become one. Is I'm about to That's just. Well, it's not a drinking song. <laughs> it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's not, but it's got snow in it. I don't have any snow. Snow is. I don't have any snow either. Right now, it's raining cats and dogs. It's raining here too. That's like a snap. Oh my god. <laughs> Keza, we're weather twins. Uh, that's right. Yay. Weather twins. Wow. Okay, hold on a second, guys. I have to take a shot at this vodka before we do this. This is the best podcast ever. <laughs> I'm just going to have some apple and mango juice. This is like the Puffwa Christmas party. <laughs> it is the Puffwa Christmas yes, party. I have tangerine soda. Oh, yummy. Yeah, I have water. Congratulations. <laughs> I had water. Mm, oh, I have vodka, which is Russian for water. I have much water because it's raining and falling from the sky. Now, oh, this hey, may hey. not sound new, but it's December and it's supposed to be very dry and hot and dusty, and instead I have mud. Yeah. Um, I'm supposed to have snow, and instead, I, instead I'm getting about four inches of rain. Yeah, me too. I Does do. anyone else find it really disconcerting that Jules in, like, Texas has more snow. That would be like me having snow. Okay, guys, my grandma grew up in Warsaw, Poland, all right? My grandmother is from Poland. Then after Poland, she, well, she was in Germany for a little while because she was in a displaced persons camp because she was in Auschwitz. But after Auschwitz, she was in Germany. And after Germany, she moved to Boston. So after Boston, my grandmother had moved to Florida. The Century Village Boca Raton. Yes, I am the resident Jew, please and thank you. So my Jewish grandmother now lives in Boca and she comes up here to visit me in Connecticut and seventy degrees is too cold for her. And every time she's up here I'm like, Grandma, you lived in Warsaw. You lived in Boston. How is seventy degrees cold for you? Like why are you putting on a sweater? She goes, I'm from Florida now. This is cold. My mother cold. who grew up in southern England, mm. also complains of the cold. It's like it's all what you get used ridiculous, to. ridiculous. Like, yeah, so. it happens to all of us every year. Starting to come back to spring, the same temperature is really warm. Yeah, so yeah, and you're we just piling up. Hundred Puffwanians in a room together, and we're all bitching about the weather. I just love <laughs> <laughs> the universal topic. <laughs> Sleep, my son.
this manger for your path. You have a long road before you rest your little head. Can you feel the weight of your glory? Do you understand the price? Or does the Father God your heart for now so you can sleep tonight? Go to sleep, my son. Go and chase your dreams. This world can wait for one more moment. Go and sleep in peace. I believe the glory of heaven is lying in my arms tonight. Lord, I ask that He, for just this moment, simply be my child. sleep, my son. Baby, close your eyes. Soon enough you'll save the day, but for now, dear child of mine. Oh, my Jesus, Sleep tight. Said the night wind to the little lamb. Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. With a tail as big as a kite. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy, Do you hear what I hear? A 
And we would just like to offer a gift to to the listeners of Perfect Weekly. So, Keza. Good night. <laughs> Julia. Anipo Hanukkah Sameach. Kronk. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Someone with an actual Christmas greeting. Sue. Merry Christmas, everyone. Kelly or Kismat, as we like to call her. Happy holidays, everybody. Ray. Merry Christmas! Ray's a little drunk right now. P.S.? Happy Christmas! Mike? Have a good season, everyone. <laughs> Mike's like the other side of the card. Mike's like, have a wonderful new year. We're going to sing to you this evening and see what happens. All right. Whatever you right. do, don't stop. It'll be like the Hogwarts song. Hey. Hey. Dashing through the snow. Through the snow. I want to go this way. Or the field goes. We go. Nothing all the way. Ha, ha, ha. It's not about to It's right. It's I thought I'd take a ride as soon as Miss Fitty Wright was seated by my side. The horse was leaning and legs. Didn't seem to be He got into a the story I must tell. I wiped out all the snow. I didn't Oh, jingle, oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, bells, jingle, bells, jingle, bells, jingle, bells, jingle all the way. Oh, 
this year. I know. I Missing to it. Are these extra words? First of all, yeah, I never heard these. Four, I never heard these four verses. There were words in here that definitely weren't English. <laughs> and I remember strapping it. anyone to an open sleigh before. That yes. was new. And it, it, what, what is a bobtail? I think a bobtail bay is a horse. Like oh, really? the bay horse. Like a, there's a bay is a type of horse. So what's a bobtail? They tie the yeah. tail off. So it oh. puts a bobtail on the back of the horse. If I'm in a weird mood, I take Christmas songs the wrong way. I was listening with Danielle the other day to the um, Baby It's Cold Outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the name of the song? And I'm list- Have you ever listened to the lyrics of that song? <laughs> I wrote a fix based on that song. There was a there was a challenge. And I... On, yes, on SIYA, yeah. Yeah. Great one. It's a really good fix. We should read it. Look at that. I brought fix into it. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to the lyrics, and it's like, don't go home to your parents. Stay here and sleep with me song. I know. Also, Let It Snow. It's like a date rape song, too. It's like... <laughs> It felt like that. I'm like, this is awful. This is teaching a terrible message. To and she's like, it's the baby. It's cold outside. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, oh, the man. neighbors might think, baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? She's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get her wasted. It, like, but Ray is right now. Right. Thank God she's alone. <laughs> you should read my book. And nothing hey, at all I'm- to do with drugs. <laughs> And I'll be, like, drunk and just making trouble, because, you know, that's what I do. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't actually need to be drunk for that. I can just make trouble totally sober. Well, it sounds like you just invited yourself onto Spellcast, then. Uh... I don't want to be anywhere near Spellcast. Uh, Robert, I love you, but I think, like, it would just be an unmitigated disaster if I showed up. Wait, Kronk is Robert? No. No. no, no. I, I, I'm assuming that Robert is listening. Actually, I don't think he's on it. Robert's not <laughs> home for, like, another half hour. He's at work. You live with Robert? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, in Fresno. I live in Florida. Florida. He's in Fresno somewhere. That's a lot relationship if I ever saw one. I ship Robert Aaron. Well, yesterday, Danielle and I were so impressed with Mike's wonderful Christmas gift to both of us that we I posted this in my Skype message. Ryan and Danielle shipped Mike. And everyone asked where we were shipping him. Conversation with Dave, and all of a sudden, Brianna and Gecko were shipping Dave and Keza. I'm like, what the? <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> How does this happen? Oh, you talk to one guy one time. <laughs> Tell me about it, Keza. <laughs> Mike, I believe it was you who thought that, that Dan and I were dating? For a time. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I could see that, but it would be like Romeo and Juliet. You'd both be dead by the end of the week. People think Mike <laughs> And also, Mike, hold on. I'm not done with you yet. Am I correct in believing that you thought 
that Richard and I were dating, too, for a little while? You know, it was implied in what people say. (laughs) If Brock is saying, like, well, you want to be on Spellcast? Robert's coming home in 30 minutes. Are you just crying right now with an oven, like, with, like, an apron (laughs) on, pulling the turkey out of the oven? Hey, Aaron, are you going to give him a significant glance when he comes home? (laughs) (laughs) I'm picturing uh, Robert coming out of the driveway with his briefcase and Aaron <laughs> bouncing around the house with music in the back. I think you just picture everybody as Gene Cleaver at this point. This, <laughs> this is the stupidest podcast we've done in a very long time. Uh, this is my favorite episode. So every single episode we do, P.S. P.S. Oh, so don't. thrilled to be here. Originally she thought we did all this live and she was waiting for the theme music to come up. <laughs> I love Thanks that song. It's the only song I ever had downloaded. I really miss that song. The Chocolate Frog Ron song. Hey, Ron. Jealous of me, because I'm so famous. And something about Really drank yourself to death. That's the one. Excuse me. Can we like let the the wizard rock person here sing the song? Hey, Ron. Do the neck just wait? How does it go? Damn it! Hey, Cause I'm so famous and awesome at Quidditch. Just remember that time when I took you to Slughorn's office and you nearly drank yourself to death, but I saved your neck Heck. with the bees <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. This is Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the end of the song. Just like the last two words of the national anthem are play ball. Yes, yes, thank you. The last two words of the national anthem are in fact play ball. Nobody believes me when I tell them this, but thank you for being correct. When I sang the national anthem for Keza, I didn't put play ball on the end, so Keza, it wasn't the whole thing. Sorry. Oh, man, you're going to have to uh, fix that. I sang, I sang the Star Spangled Banner, and I never sang play ball. Uh, <laughs> you sang it wrong. California, New York, Rocky Mountain song, Keza. What? This land oh, I know is that your land. That one, yeah. This land is my land. Redwood, la, 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 la. This land, this land was made, made for you and me. <laughs> As I no, but I do know. Well, sing Matilda. Well, sing Matilda. You'll come. Well, sing Matilda with me. And he sang <laughs> as he watched and waited till his Billy Bob come. Well, sing Matilda. Peter set on the railway track. And he came rolling down the Alright, with that, we're going to close out this episode because we have about three hours worth of special features to cram into this thing. So with that, Merry Christmas to all and to all and to all a good night. And we apologize very, very deeply from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, or in fact. Half of you are Jewish. Can someone yell Happy Hang Hanukkah? <laughs> My kids want to say something. Merry Christmas, Papa. That was awesome. Merry sure. 
I don't think they know what Puffwa is, other than it's the thing that takes mommy away from us every Friday. <laughs> the angel Gabriel from heaven came. His wings drifted snow, his eyes as flame. All hail, said he, the lowly maiden Mary. Most highly favored maid, Gloria. For known a blessed mother thou shalt be, all generations laud and honor thee. Son shall be Emmanuel, by seers foretold, most highly favored maid. Gloria. Then gently Mary meekly bowed her head To me be as it pleaseth God, she said My soul shall laud and magnify His holy name Most highly favored maid, Emmanuel the Christ was born In Bethlehem all on a Christmas morn And lowly men throughout the world forever saved Most highly favored maid, Gloria Hush, little Buffwanians, don't carry on. I'm gonna sing you a Christmas song. And if that Christmas song goes flat, Lady G's gonna give you... Too late. And if that... Too late. ...should bite, Ryan's gonna release a podcast tonight. And if that podcast should not play... Jen's got a story she wants to say. Gave your father a heart attack and burned down five square miles? His first heart attack was because of that. And if that story includes a moat, Melinda's got one about a boat. I want to know what Mike's definition of a boat boat is. Yeah, what's a boat boat? And if that boat just will not sail, listen to the podcast about a whale. I don't know if it ever made a circle or if it just kills all the fish. I was imagining whales in half. And if that whale gets stuck in a dome, Kaz is going to give us a roo from home. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty holder newt. And if that roo just will not bounce, Meg is going to give us all a mouse. You can't kill it now. It has a will to live. And if that mouse should start to roam, Mike's got a cockroach in his home. Dude, get a roach bomb. And if that roach should end up dead, Rin has got a lawn mowing goat instead. And if that goat should happen to fall, Dan's gonna bring us all a Christmas ball. Welcome to the Pooncast of Rock. And if that ball just isn't any fun, All hands, stop station! Gun batteries, stand by for target bearing! We'll still have the forums for everyone. <laughs>
And with this Christmas wishes missed, the point I could convey. If only I could find the words to say to let you know how much you've touched my life. Because here is where you're finding me in the exact same place as New Year's Eve. And from a lack of my persistency, we're less than half as close as I want to be. And the first time that you opened your eyes, did you realize that you would be my savior? And the first breath that left your lips, did you know that it would change the world forever? And the first time that you opened your eyes, did you my Savior and the first breath that left your lips, did you know that it would change this world forever? So this Christmas I'll compare the things I felt in prior years to what this midnight made so clear. That you have come to meet me here To look back and think that This baby would one day save me In the hope that what you did That you were born so I might really live That you opened your eyes, did you realize that you would be my savior in the first breath that left your lips? Did you know that it would change the world forever? And the first time that you opened your eyes, did you realize that you would be my savior in the first breath that left your lips? Did you know that it would change this world forever? I, I celebrate the day that you were born to die so I could one day pray for you to save my life pray for you to save my life pray for you to save my life. It was December 24th, and neither a dark nor a stormy night. Well, it was sort of dark, being night and all, but there weren't any clouds, so the moon and the stars were out. Large portions of Hogwarts were quite dark, however, including the Hufflepuff common room, until several shadowy figures entered, bearing candles. Darkness would be useful to them, anyway. Have we got everything? I think so. What do we need? Let's see. Ravenclaw gift? Check. Gryffindor gift? Check. Slytherin gift? Check. Hufflepuff gift? Wait, why do we need one? If we get hit too, the other houses won't know it was us for sure. Yeah, if we do it right, we might even be able to look like someone else specifically did it. Ooh, that'd be fun. Who? The Gryffindors! They always prank people. Look at the Weasleys. And we're using a Weasley product on the Slytherins. 
Yeah, who else would get those right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back on topic. We should have one, too. The rest of the Hufflepuffs deserve a present anyway. I think they might enjoy it. Oh, okay. But I don't think we have one. Leave it to me. I have a cunning plan. Oh, dear. Right. Transportation? I can get some of the elves to pop you in. You'll need to do the actual setup yourselves, though. They're supposed to be mostly neutral in things like this. Besides, sneaking around it is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is what the ninja suits are best for, after all. As long as you don't trip, huh? Uh, right. With that, the little group began to separate. Sue and Dan left first with Popsy, as she had to make a small stop at the menagerie to prepare her special surprise. Patsy took Lauren and Scott up to Gryffindor, and Trisha grinned wickedly, clutching a luridly coloured package as Weldy whisked her and Kayla off to Slytherin. Don't overdo one here. We still have to live here, after all. Ryan nodded soberly, and then, as soon as she left, went back to whirling his wand through the air, seemingly at random, chuckling gleefully. Melinda watched him with a certain fondness, shaking her head in exasperation, then ducked a particularly wild swing and came over to lean against a wall with Tina, also watching warily. Don't worry about him, um, too much. He's, uh, not wearing his headmaster hat just now. On a Star Trek hmm, I'll say. Sue, Dan, and Popsy, the conveniently mute house elf, appear in the magical menagerie. Dan, if you get the box ready, I'll go get the lemur. Don't take too long. Sue goes to the back of the shop while Dan sets the gift box on the counter and takes the lid off. Come here, girl. I found a home for you. Sue reappears with the pretty little lemur cradled in her arms. The lemur begins to struggle when Sue tries to shove her into the box. It's all right, girl. It'll just be for a little while. It's a lemur. Dan points his wand at the lemur. At this point, the lemur considers contacting the local office of PETA. Hufflepuff House is required by the Potterfic Weekly Legal Department to remind you at this time that no lemurs were harmed in the creation of this skit. They were, however, shoved into boxes by the incoming head of Hufflepuff House herself. This won't hurt a bit, and when you wake up, you'll have a brand new home. And with Ravenclaw's will have a big surprise. <laughs> Dan casts a charm on the lemur that will cause her to sleep until the box is opened. Then he casts a second charm. Pay attention, that one is part of the Ravenclaw surprise. Popsy, please take us to the tower now. The conveniently mute plot device, holding Sue and Dan's hands, apparates them into the common room. They take a minute to gaze around the newly rebuilt tower. While Lego and the Claws did a beautiful job rebuilding this. If we ever give up hugging, and become militant, and drive by nude, we should have a contractor. Yeah, nice tree. I like how it's all done in silver and blue. I don't know what's up with those knickers, though. Hmm. I want to hug it. There's no time for that. Let's leave the gift there, though, shall we? The two ninja puffs, part of the elite paramilitary arm of Hufflepuff House, carry the gift-wrapped lemur and place her gently down under the tree. Think about that. I bet you've never heard that line before in your life. I think that's it. Let's go before someone catches us here. The two head back towards the mute house elf and part-time plot device, who is waiting patiently by the entrance of the common room. Because really, why else is she there? Before they have gone very far... Wait! I forgot the gift tag. What gift tag? This gift tag. With a flick of his wand, a gift tag appeared on the box. It's very exciting. Oh, that tag. 
What does it say? Dear Ravenclaws, please accept Ginger, Octavia, Olivia, Douglas, or good for short, love, Santa. <laughs> That's perfect. We'd better go. Sue and Dan join Popsy. Just before they apparate... Enjoy your new home, good. The Ravenclaws will sure be surprised when they get up in the morning. <laughs> Little did Sue and Dan know that the Ravenclaws' day would be dawning much sooner than morning. I hope you like dawning right there. It's British. We thought we'd throw The popping sound of them leaving wakes Lego, who rushes downstairs with an upside-down golf club in one hand and an overstuffed pillow in the other to investigate the noise of Bad perched on his shoulder. Meanwhile, Trisha, Kayla, and Weldy crack into the Slytherin common room. Trisha and Kayla begin looking around with wonderment in their eyes. I've always wondered what it looked like down here. I think I like the Puff common room better. Ours is much cozier, and we've got Helga and the goats. Though the view to the lake would be pretty cool when it's warmer out. Thanks for the ride, Weldy. The elf bobs a small curtsy, and Trisha turns to Kayla. Where do you think we should put the, um, gift? They look around for a likely spot. Weldy then consulted, only shrugs. I think we should leave it in front of the fireplace. Or it could be more traditional and leave it under the tree. Do we want to be more conspicuous so they run into it? Or with the rest so they won't get suspicious? We don't want the other gifts to be ruined either. I can take care of that. Our intrepid puffs go off to the tree to place a gift underneath it, sneaking carefully past a sleeping penguin of all things. <coughs> Suddenly, hearing a thump and a muffled squeaking noise, they turn in alarm to see Weldy with a small, bright green snake wrapped around both ankles, nibbling on her toes. Stop that snake! Terrificus totalis! Trisha and Kayla extract Weldy out of the snake's coils and help her up only to have her dive to the floor again, clutching Trisha's knees and protesting eternal gratitude. Oh, that's all I need. Kayla just grins at her, though she helps free her from Weldy's clutches after a few moments. They both turn to look at the still-frozen snake. Look at the mess you made. Now we're going to have to straighten this place up. You should know better to try to eat a hell stuff. Bad snake. Really bad snake. If you're hungry, I'll summon a mouse for you or something. Taking Trisha literally, Weldy vanishes and reappears, handing her an immobilized mouse. Thank you, Weldy. <laughs> the meat and Kate Hatem. Kayla Clee unfreezes the snake, and Trisha gives the mouse to it in turn. Here you go. You are a little snake, but no more elves. Two Hufflepuffs take charge of half the room. There isn't actually that much disarranged, so soon enough the common room is cleaned up. Exchanging small smirks, the two prepare to mess it up again. Kayla casts several subtle repelling charms around the Christmas tree and a few other strategic places, while Trisha, grinning wickedly again, casts a triggering spell connecting the orange and green package to the room's internal entrance. The two glance at each other again and nod. Taking Weldy's hand, they disappear to meet the others. In yet another part of the castle, Scott and Lauren arrive in Gryffindor Tower. Thanks, Patsy. They look around the room curiously. It seems just about as cosy as their own common room, really, but definitely different. After a moment, Scott takes an odd-shaped package out of a pocket, revealing several bundles of no-heat fireworks and other odd green pouches, which shouldn't all have been able to fit. Okay, so we start with the spells to... Uh, Lauren? Lauren! Scott looks around to find that his partner has wandered off. She's moved around the walls of the room, poking at the various decorations. Scott goes over to her as she reaches the window, gazing out into the moonlit grounds. Nice, huh? What? 
Oh, yeah, it is nice. I've always liked the stars and the moon. But, uh, anyway, I guess we should probably set up the spells now. <laughs> right. They proceed to modify the fireworks fairly extensively, casting complementary spells in tandem. Once they're finished, the fireworks have taken on a silvery sheen. Lauren shears off to examine the other side of the room, while Scott carries the completed fireworks to a fairly central table, wondering how they ought to be wrapped. Ah! We're supposed to be stealthy here, remember? Shoot for two if a monkey landed in her head. What? Lauren turns, drawing her wand, and sure enough, there is a monkey wrapped around Scott's shoulders and the back of his head. As he picks himself up from the floor, a spider monkey, to be exact, which makes him either Gred or Forge, she isn't sure which. The second monkey doesn't seem to be... Ah! The second monkey lands on Lauren's shoulders, causing her to also lose her balance. Unlike Scott, she manages to catch herself with her outflung wand arm, which sets the garland she was looking at on fire. Lauren quickly isolates the fire, and she and Patsy manage to put it out without all that much damage, though the ends of Lauren's hair are now oddly singed. Meanwhile, Scott has succeeded in calming his monkey, which it turns out just wanted to play. The monkey now sitting on one shoulder, he straightens his robes and casts the final triggering spell. There. As soon as one of them touches it, they'll... Watch out! The second monkey, fleeing Lauren's unexpected fire, streaks over to join his friend. Unfortunately, the most direct path involves bounding over the table in front of Scott, and the newly primed fireworks activate early. Oh, go! Yeah, we better go. What? Go! Please! Run! Vamoose! Skedaddle! Never mind, I think we should just go. The monkeys, having been scared off by the first blast, are now having great fun leaping among the fireworks, shooting up and raining down on them all. Lauren and Scott regroup with Patsy, who's prudently hiding behind a chair. Gripping each other's hands, they vanish before anyone emerges to see them. The sound lost within the general noise. The three daring duos find themselves at the mouth of Hogwarts' lower corridors, nearing the kitchens. Apparently there was something going on with the Christmas feast, and all elves were needed, so theirs had dropped them off here rather than in the common room itself. Oh well, it's still better than trying to sneak down seven flights of stairs and hope no one notices. Ninja suits or not. Yeah, I don't think that worked especially well right now. What the heck happened to you two? What do you mean? Well, uh, you're a bit... He gestured, and the two of them looked at each other as the rest all gazed at them. The singed ends of Lauren's hair were sticking out of her hood, still smoking faintly, and both their ninja suits now featured splotches of deep green and shimmering silver atop the original shadowy colour. Um, let's just say our timing was monkeyed with a little. They definitely work, though. Sparks shoot up lovely bright marks and flares, bounce around the ceiling for a bit, then turn into snowflakes, which fall gently down. And dye everything they touch silver or green. That was your touch, I presume? <laughs> right. The Hufflepuffs blinked, chuckled, shook their heads, or otherwise expressed incredulity, <laughs> and started down the corridors toward their common room. Ours actually went pretty well, I'd say. I had a bit of trouble getting good to stay in her box, but Dan helped out there, and we got her placed and tagged so they know her name. Yes, well, you know how to handle animals, so yours involved less direct mayhem at first. Though I wouldn't want to be there when she wakes up or gets discovered by bad. Two lemurs making friends could well turn that common room upside down. Hmm. <laughs> what? The good, the bad, and the upside down. <laughs> how about Slytherin? Was it okay? 
Yep, in and out. It was simple. Except for the part where you got your own personal house elf life debt. Yeah, yeah. Stupid snake. But anyways, the package is there, and I triggered it twice. So as soon as anyone comes in from the dormitories or touches the box, they will have their very own Weasley Portable Swamp. Kayla put a channeling spell, so there will be islands through. Well, there had to be a few dry spots. We couldn't just bury the whole common room in two feet of water. Why not? Because it's not nice. They'll have enough trouble as it is without having weeds and stuff all over their presents. Oh, they'll have fun with it. They can make little boats or rafts or something and put all over the room. Trisha's defense was interrupted as the group rounded a corner and met Tina coming the other way, looking harried. Oh, good, you're back. The elves went to the kitchens? Yes, they said there was some sort of problem. I know, that's where I'm going myself. Sue, maybe you can do better than Melinda and I. We tried, but... Why? What's wrong? It's... Well, it's hard to explain. Ryan had this idea for our present, but he got a bit... Well, maybe you'd better see for yourselves. I have to go. Tina rushed off, and the small group of Hufflepuffs were left to approach the common room warily. The short entry passageway seemed to be fine. But Kayla pushed the final door open with a trepidation, unsure what they might see. Does sometimes get lively around here. We play games a lot, and of course the pets sometimes make a ruckus. But they aren't really that scary, are they? Here, pet Helga, she's lovely. I promise you, it isn't actually like this all the time. Ryan's a very nice guy, really. He's just excited and enthusiastic right now. Oh, hi guys. The Huff stopped in the doorway gazing at their vastly changed common room. Snow was everywhere, literally. Animated snowmen battled with each other with swords, axes and halberds made of icicles under the tables. On a lot of chairs and halfway down the boys' staircase as Ryan made conducting motions with his wand. Melinda was sitting on a couch with a white-faced chair who appeared to have been pinned to the wall on entry. A flying icicle showed pieces of her robes. The six of them groaned. Ryan! Ryan. What? First up, I would like to give a shout-out and a Merry Christmas to our very own Suze Duckfoot from Hufflepuff. She's our incoming head of house, and she has been such a champion for the Puffs. She's always got a friendly word, a smile, a hug, and she's getting us all going telling us to earn the points, getting us involved in all the Christmas episodes, and she's just been a real, real joy to have around. So Merry Christmas, Sue. My second call-out would be to Ryan. Merry Christmas, Ryan. Thanks so much for uh, being our headmaster and putting all of PFW together. It's a great group, and I've had a lot of fun with it. Merry Christmas to the Puffs. Happy New Year to all of PFW. It's a fun place to be. I have one more that I'd like to do, and this one is actually to the Gryffindors. Merry Christmas, Gryffindors. I'm hoping for 2009. Julia, Sionwich, Richard, and Nate are the only Gryffindors I see posting all around the forums. And I think you guys are doing a spectacular job keeping up Gryffindors' pride and holding it all together. So for 2009, I wish you an influx of new Gryffindors to come and join your dormitories. Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy New Year, too. Hi, all. This is my Christmas time shout-out. First of all, to Sue, who forced me to do this by... Purely hugging tactics. Also to Becky, who knows who she is and why. And David, who might not even be listening to this, but is the reason I'm here in the first place. And finally, to Why Do You Need to Know, for writing the first fanfic I ever read, and still my favourite fanfic, 
All I have to say is, so long, and thanks for all the fic. Hello, this is Rain, your frequent podcast editor and your reading group moderator. I'm wishing all Poofanians everywhere a happy holiday season. Thank you. Hello, Poofa. This is Cody. Um, I really can't believe it's been a year since I did this last year, um, recording my shoutouts for the holiday episode. Uh, last year, I was just getting started in the community. I'd been here about three or four months at that point, and even then, I already felt like I was a part of the community, which is a really amazing thing to feel like you're a part of something in that short a period of time. But now, the difference is amazing. I mean, literally, like three out of four of my best friends I know through Potterfic Weekly, and they make my world go round, and I have no idea what I would do without them. Um... It has given me a home. It has given me a place that I can go to and talk about anything. And I feel that someone will be listening and they won't be laughing at me. So you probably have heard enough of my sentimental ranting. So I'm going to give a shout out to a couple people, well, more than a couple people, quite honestly, who have made what I just described possible over the last year. I would just like to start with um, Dan and Julia from Pwncast because I think that they have the biggest role to play in the transformation of my relationship with this forum, with the transformation of me. Um, transformation? Well, didn't know that other word. Um, and just with a lot of things that have changed about how I feel about myself and how I feel about pretty much my role in everything. Uh, a year ago, I had just met Dan and Julia for, like, face-to-face met them at a Wizard Rock show after meeting them on Potterfic Weekly, and we were just about to start on the crazy year that the last year has been of recording a podcast, um, of starting a radio station, uh, thank you, Dan, you have more technical know-how than I will ever, ever have, and basically just doing something that it was kind of crazy and a little scary, but it was definitely worth it. And not just because we produced a podcast, but because you two are now two of my closest friends, and I would not trade that for the world. Um, Dan, you are a great person, and even though we disagree on political issues, as you said yourself, if a bleeding heart liberal and a conservative were able to make it through an election season and still be friends, I think we can pretty much survive anything with that. Um, and Julia, you are hilarious and wonderful and an amazing friend. And even though you're a Gryffindor through and through, I love that about you. And I am glad to always know that I have you in my corner, whatever I need, whether it's talking to you at 2 a.m. about color spreads or squeeing about the latest Roxy D with you. Okay, um, next I am going to talk about Dave, who I'm not even sure if I knew him a year ago. I really don't remember what it was like a year ago. It seems like forever ago to me. But Dave is now one of the people I talk to the most. Every time I sign onto Skype, I get the Cody exclamation point that is very characteristic to him, if you know Dave at all. And I just wanted to say that, Dave, you're an amazing friend and an amazing person. And even though you may doubt yourself sometimes, you are a genius. And I have hold no claim to your any degree of you, of the math skills you possess. And I know things can be stressful for you. And I know that it sometimes may seem like you're not doing things right, but you're, as I said, a great person. And I love talking to you about writing. And I 
love um, being able to help in any way I can, even though you probably could do very well without my help. And just talking about whatever random thing we decide to talk about when it, we're on Skype calls at 2 a.m. And I'm completely loopy because that's how I get after midnight. Um, I'd also like to say a big group hug to the youngins, as we have come to call ourselves. We are have had a pretty good political year. Yeah, I know. I get a look at this from a political angle, but hey, that's just me. We got our own section of the forum. We um, got together. We tried to get a podcast together. That didn't work out too well, but hey, we tried. And I really got to know you a lot better, uh, especially Scarlett, my lovely twin. Uh, and if you aren't familiar, we share the same birthday, date, and year, month, date, year. And knowing her has been amazing because we've gotten to be close friends. And even though I don't talk to her as much as I'd like, um, her love of theater has pervaded my already theater-corrupted life. And I listen to far more Broadway tunes than is healthy, along with my pretty much 99% dose of Withered Rock. So thanks to her, I have one of the most dysfunctional music collections in the world, and I love it. All right, let's see what's next on my long list of thank yous here. <laughs> um, thank you to Chi for always being willing to talk to me, even though I may have different views than her. She's always very nice about it and always very rational when I try to talk to her. Because I think having someone rational to bounce political views off makes you more rational in your views because you realize that it's not an extreme that you're fighting, you know, that you're arguing against. And in that vein, I would like to give a special shout out to anyone who has ever posted in the religion and politics thread. Because, oh my lord, in the past, what is it, six months of the election, <laughs> that thread was a blast. I mean, it may have gotten a little crazy at times, a little crazy really, but the play-by-play debate coverage by Ryan and Chi was superb, and having a political science major, I think you're a major in that, Ryan, on hand to ask our questions of was always very beneficial. And just being able to talk about issues in a forum where I felt like I wasn't going to be called an idiot, I wasn't going to be called, you know, a liberal socialist, whatever, and being able to actually exchange views with people around the world even, I gather, was just a great ability, just a great forum for me to expand my horizons. And even some of the more controversial posters definitely made things interesting and kept debate going. So thank you to all of you. And I also want to say thank you to Sue and the rest of the new Peon cast, because we are starting out on a big journey. We have no idea where it's going to go. And I hope we have a ton of fun along the way. And I know this is going really, really long. And Ryan, if you want to edit me to say, make me sound ridiculous, then feel free to do so. Now, normally I can't sing, and normally I don't sing. Um, but I do love music, as many of you probably know. And Scott has done the amazing job of parodying the song of Oliver Boyd and the Remember Alls called End of an Era. And he wrote a parody called The Story about Potterfic Weekly. And I'm going to try to sing part of this because it's the only thing I can really do to submit. And the words really mean a lot to me. So all the credit goes to Scott for the words. But this is a little verse from End of an e- from the story song to End of an Era. We hold on to the wonder of that world through many pens. 
and we'll never let go of all the ones that we've called friends. And they say it's only a podcast, but we know it's much more than that. It's a community all on its own, where we even have our own sorting hat. Where the hosts are all our friends, and all the stories told by Jen, we'll always laugh before the end. Horrific Weekly, where the story never ends. I love all of you, and long live Puffwad. Hello. A bunch of house elves came by and wanted to record a holiday greeting. Okay, guys. Take it away. Hello. This is Patsy. Hello. This is Weldy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to introduce the conveniently mute house elf, Popsy. Okay. Go ahead, guys, again. Well, it's for the Slytherins. They need to control the snake. A snake is a very, 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 very bad snake. It does not need to eat house elves. <laughs> Wildy, that's not what we wanted to hear. We wanted to say Merry Christmas to Tina, Bill, and Wiki. <laughs> calm down, calm down. You wanted to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that jazz to Tinkerbell and Winky, right? Right. Yes. Okay, you just did. And for the rest of you all, have a blessed holiday and be safe. Okay, guys. Now start cleaning my apartment. I did my part of the bargain. Now it's your turn. Oops. I hope I didn't record that. So, this is the after party. Julia brought vodka. And I brought fun dip. And Mike brought singing. Isa, Julia, <laughs> Kismet, Ray, and P.S. sing the Hogwarts Hoggy Warty song thing. <laughs> Okay. Hog- <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know what the words are. Hogwarts. 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 Our brains all right. Okay, Joy, sing really well. <laughs> Thank you. You're the second person to tell me that. Just do your best, we'll do the rest. Oh, that's it. Just do your best, we'll do the rest, and learn till our brains all right. Who can oh, sing the Sorty Hat song? Which one, P.S.? The first one. I can't sing it, but I know it. Recite it. And coming up tonight on Potterfic Weekly, it's the Poetry Corner. Oh, you may not think I'm pretty, but don't judge on what you see. I'll eat myself if you can find a smarter hat than me. You can keep your bowlers back, your top hats sleek and tall, for I'm the Hogwarts sorting hat and I can cap them all. There's nothing hidden in your head the sorting hat can't see, so try me on and I'll tell you where you ought to be. You might be long in Gryffindor where dwell the brave at heart, their daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. You might be long in Hufflepuff where they are just and loyal. 
Those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. Or yet in wise old Ravencloth, you've a ruddy mind, where those of wit and learning will always find their kind. Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll make your real friends, those cunning folks use any means to achieve their ends. So put me on, don't be afraid, and don't get in a flap. You're in safe hands, though I have none, for I'm a thinking cap. Wow. Very good. I got most of it. Uh, oh, do you guys, don't even go there. I can do the fifth one, and that thing's freaking epic. There weren't five, it's really the third. That's true. I can do the one from Order of the Phoenix. You just, I have to think of how it starts. In times of old when I was new. In times of old when I was new and Hogwarts barely started, the founders of our noble school thought never to be parted. United by a common goal, they had the self-same yearning to make the world's best magic school and pass along their learning. Together we will build and teach the four good friends decided, for never did they dream that they would someday be divided. For were there such friends anywhere as Slytherin and Gryffindor? Unless it was the second pair of Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. So how could it have gone so wrong? How could such friendships fail? Why, I was there so I can tell the whole said sorry tale. Said Slytherin will teach just those whose ancestry is purest. Said Ravenclaw will teach those whose intelligence is surest. Said Gryffindor will teach all those with brave deeds to their name. Said Hufflepuff will teach the lot and treat them all the same. These differences caused little strife when they first came to light, for each of the four founders had a house in which they might take only those they wanted. So for instance, Slytherin took only pure-blood wizards of great cunning just like him, and only those of sharpest mind were taught by Ravenclaw, while the bravest and the boldest went to daring Gryffindor. Good Hufflepuff, she took the rest and taught them all she knew, thus the houses and their founders retained friendships firm and true. And so Hogwarts worked in harmony for many happy years, but the discord crept among us, feeding on our faults and fears. The houses that, like pillars four, had once held up the school, now turned upon each other and divided, sought to rule. And for a while it seemed the school must meet an early end, what with dueling and with fighting and the clash of friend on friend. And at last there came a morning when old Slytherin departed, and though the fighting then died down, it left us quite downhearted. For never since the founders four were whittled down to three have the houses been united as they once were meant to be. And now the sorting hat is here, and you all know the score. I sort you into houses because that is what I'm for. But this year I'll go further, listen closely to my song. Though condemned I am to split you, still I worry that it's wrong. Though I must fulfill my duty and must quarter every year, still I wonder whether sorting may not bring the end I fear. Oh, know the perils, read the signs, the warnings history shows. For our Hogwarts is in danger from external deadly foes, and we must unite inside her or we'll crumble from within. I have told you, I have warned you. Let the sorting now begin. I'm impressed. That, I am extremely impressed. Julia. You could have been making Thanks. that up, and I wouldn't know because I don't even know it. That well, I barely remember my passwords, let alone the sorting. Password. <laughs> <laughs> wow, extremely impressive, Julia. Thank you. Yeah, um, when I was in camp one summer, I had nothing better to do than go around and like memorize things of Harry Potter. So that was one of the things I did. Hey, <laughs> memorize all be, the sorting hat songs. It could I be worse. <laughs> That's true. Just um, some poems. (laughs) I can do the tiger. Tiger, tiger, running right in the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand dare seize the fire? And what shoulder and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart? And when thy heart began to beat, what dread hand and what dread feet? What the hammer, what the chain, in what furnace was thy brain, what anvil, what dread grass, dare its deadly terrors clasp. When the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who make the lamb make, make thee? Tiger, tiger, bring bright in the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? Pretty impressive. Yay! Oh, that's one of my favorites. I still know that is my favorite. I love All the right. Sunbird Country. A land of sweeping plains, of ragged mountain ranges, of droughts and flooding rains. I love her far horizons, I love her jewel sea, her beauty and her terror, the wide brown land for me. I learned that in year five. Yay! It's got like 
more verses, but I only remember them. <laughs> Robert Frost, whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near, between the woods and frozen lake, the coldest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to see if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. I memorized that when I, I was 10 years old, so it's about 30 years ago. I still remember every line. Wow. You know, I really like that poem is one of the reasons that I just love living in New England. So I remember last year we had all gone to um, Shnar Salman's house for Shabbos and Shnar Salman lives in like the middle of nowhere. And so in the afternoon it was like February and it was snowing and we all like took a walk through the woods and it literally felt like I was walking through that poem. It was fantastic. <laughs> the only other things I think I remember off by heart are scriptures. <laughs> did you have a bat mitzvah, Julia? I assume I did. Do you, I, I still remember like ninety percent of that. They had me memorize. I, I didn't know what I was reading, but they had me like you know like read it in Hebrew. They did make me learn the Haftorah, and I do still know most of it. I'm not going to sing it now, though. But I do know most of it. <laughs> oh, I can also do a Shakespeare sonnet. I used to be able to do that monologue thing from um, Julius Caesar. The Friends Romans Country, my bar can't do it anymore. That's all I know. Friends Romans Countrymen, lend me your ears. That's it. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I, that like I memorized Hamlet. I was be like, wow. No, I didn't memorize Hamlet. I memorized Sonnet 29. I had to learn it. Oh, I it. did. I memorized some of Hamlet too, but I've forgotten that as well. Like, like oh, has <laughs> anyone here memorized the entire play of Hamlet? I'd give you like 200 points. <laughs> <laughs> that would be <laughs> worth, worth 2, than more than 200 points there. <laughs> Point per word. <laughs> to be or not. That is the question. Whether it is nobler to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles. And that's and by opposing end them. That's yes. it. <laughs> the thing, okay, the thing with that particular monologue, it is like impossible because there's, there's so many like verses that are similar to each other. I think like that one, like Shakespeare was like deliberately screwing with whoever played Hamlet for that one. He was just drunk. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's one I can do. Ready for this? When in disgrace with fortune and men's eyes, I all alone beweep my outcast state, in trouble deaf heaven with my bootless cries, and look upon myself and curse my fate, wishing me like to one more rich in hope, featured like him, like him with friends possessed, desiring this man's art and that man's scope, with what I most enjoy contented least. Yet in these thoughts myself almost despising, haply I think on thee and then my state, like to the lark at break of day arising, for sullen earth sings hymns at heaven's gate. For thy sweet love remembered such wealth brings, that then I scorn to change my state with kings. Sonnet 29. The only poem <laughs> ever had me memorized, I don't know why they had me, was Invictus. And that's not really a very Christmassy sort of poem. Well, I think we've moved away from Christmassy things. I used to know more lyrics of the um, Star-Spangled Banner, but I don't think I know it now. Yeah, I remember. I just remember, I remember the first and the last, but I won't remember. This song does not say the words play ball. It's like the last line is like, it's like, oh, thus, oh, thus be it air, where dreamed shall stand, between their loved homes and war's desolation, blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation, 
then conquer we must when our cause it is just, and this be our motto, in God, in God is our trust, and the star-spangled banner and triumph shall wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Play ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? ready, Scott, this one's for you. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriots love, in all thy sons command. With glowing hearts we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God, keep our land glorious and free. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Please do not play ask hockey. me why I know that. Yeah, play hockey. Can anybody ask me either? Can anybody sing the Australian national anthem? I don't Advanced know. Australia Fair. Advanced I know Australia. the title. I only know A four national a. anthems, and that's not one of them. You know four? Which four? Canada, America, England, and Israel. Can you do England and Israel for us? Sure. Well, okay. England is God England save is the Queen. Easy. Yeah, England is God save the Queen. That one's easy. We also so, notice God bless America. victorious, happy and glorious. I'm making up the words because I can't repeat the God save our noble Queen. This land is... Wait, no, no, no. What is it? My country. Oh, it's my country. My country is a peace, sweet land of liberty. Of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died. Land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. I think we had a discussion about that on the forum. Somebody was like, I don't know the words. But did anybody sing it? That's Australia. No, I, you do it. I used to. So I, I did three Olympics. <laughs> you do, you do it, Keza, and then I'll, I'll sing Hatikva for Mike. Australians, oh, let us rejoice, for we are young and free. We've gold and soil and wealth for toll. Our home is good by sea. Our land abounds in nature's gifts of beauty, rich and rare. In history's page, let every stage advance Australia fair. In joyful strains, then let us sing advance Australia fair. I won't torture you with the second verse because that would just be cruel. <laughs> I have to learn that now. Now I'm, I'm determined. I need to like expand my national anthems repertoire. Hands to make our commonwealth, vast renown of all the lands. For those who come across the sea, we balance pain to share. With courage, let us all combine to advance Australia fair. Blah. The fast, far version of it. <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> wow. All right, all right, we do Israel. I in Vatsion Sophia. O Tlo of Tatik Fatenu. 
That was gorgeous. Julie, you are a good singer. Thank you. Compared to me, like, butchering My Country Tis of Thee. I enjoyed your My Country Tis of Thee. I haven't heard that song since, like, fifth grade when I was forced to sing it in some act of patriotism. can't even think of any other songs. I have exhausted my song repertoire. Yeah. (laughs) Or so she thought. I've done all the national anthems. Um, I may have another song. I'm sure I know more songs than that. I could sing something. Are Um, we off of Christmas songs? I think we passed Christmas songs a long time ago, Tara. So now, is it the new year? (laughs) Good old acquaintance be forgotten and never brought to mind. Hey, if we're going for New Year, we have to sing a happy birthday to me and P.S. And Tom Riddle. Do not remind me I share a birthday. I think it would be like criminal to make me of all people sing alongside you. <laughs> I don't that, think we have to worry that. about it. Thank I used to you. love when I was a kid the Maccabee song. Oh, like, oh I like that song. For the Maccabee children. Oh, yes, I forget the rest of that song. Mike, you sing it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'll pass. You brought it up. Light one oh, candle for the Maccabee Mac children. children. Give thanks that their light didn't die. Didn't die. Light, one, light candle one candle for the pain they endured. When their right to exist was denied. Light one candle for the terrible terrible sacrifices, justice and freedom demand. And light one candle for the wisdom to know when the peacemaker's time is at hand. Don't let the light go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the light go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. Light one never candle for the strength that we need to never, never become our own foe. Light one candle for those who are suffering from pain we learned so long ago. Light one candle for all we believe in. Let it not tear us apart. And light one candle to bind us together with peace as a song in our hearts. Don't let the lights go out. It's lasted for so many years. Don't let the lights go out. Let it shine through our love and our tears. What is the memory that's valued so highly? We keep it alive in that flame. What's the commitment to those who have died? That we cry out that they've not died in vain. We have we come this have far, far, always believing that justice is something And this is the burden, and this is the promise, and this is why we will not fail. Don't let the lights go out, it's lasted for so many years. Don't, Don't let, let the lights go out. Let, let it shine through our love and our 
Cheers. Okay, just for the okay. record, guys, all of the Hanukkah songs are not that depressing. Like, a lot of them are happy. <laughs> I'm so I excited, guys. I believe I remembered all of that song. Yeah, I'm P.S., that was pretty impressive. Guys, yeah. We sang it in lower, we sang it in elementary school at the, like, Holocaust remembrance thing. Wow. We did, every year. We did one every year, and we sang that song. Nice. Guys, I'm so excited. The The Boston Yule Ball this year, the, it falls on the first night of Hanukkah, and they have this band called the Levies, or the Levies, I think it's the Levies, and they, like, sing Hanukkah songs, and I'm so excited to see them. That ought to be good. I am yeah, very excited. In New York City, they always have, like, in different spots around, like, different neighborhoods. You have, like, a giant menorah that's, like, 20 feet tall. Yeah, we've got one here. Yeah. Chabad puts it up on the green every year right next to the Christmas tree, and it pales in comparison. The Christmas tree is huge, and the menorah is, like, one-fourth its size. Every year, all we get is the complaints about, oh, you're doing a Christian nativity, and where... It's like, look, guys, don't make every city hall put out every single thing, and because you get one person that says, well, I don't want any of it there. Just Watching the, the O'Reilly Factor, which I don't know why I watch the show. I watch it and yell at it, but... He was going on and on. You're telling me to watch when I'm watching Jay Leno, and you're like, "Look at this woman." It pisses me off so much, but I can't stop. I can't stop looking at it. I like look at it and I yell at it as I watch it. Nice. No offense to anyone who likes Bill O'Reilly. I think we've lost everybody, but like nobody. I think nobody's listening to this anymore. I'm I'm here. here. I I meant the listeners. Nobody's listening to this anymore. Oh yeah, I think they they wonder what we were talking to him about before. Yeah, he's in chat. He's not in the call. Yeah, Yeah, he's gone. Sorry, guys, but this is Puffo. You should have really expected this when you signed up. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite Kanaka song? Julia. I really just like Maotsor. Singing every night's classic, traditional. I like it. You guys know it as Rock of Ages, but we sing it. Is this a real Hanukkah song? This is another one we all learned in elementary school. It's like, oh Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah, let's light the menorah, let's have a party, we'll all dance the horror. Yeah, that's a real one. Two nights ago, I was babysitting uh, for this Chabad family with seven kids, and three of the youngest girls, like, stood by the fireplace and sang that song, and it was very cute, because they didn't oh, know the so words. Cute. They didn't know the words to the, to the second part. So I had to I had to help him out. It was oh, adorable. I forget the words to the second part too. Hanukkah, Hanukkah, come light the menorah. Let's have a party. We'll all dance a horror. Gather around the table. We'll give you a treat. Dreidels you play with and latkes you eat. And while we are dancing, the candles are burning low. One for each night, they will shed their sweet light to remind us of days long ago. I think we only learned the first part because I really don't remember that. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Oh, my friend. Emma is in a band called Bella and the Strangers, and she was going to write a song that sort of went, Oh, Draco, 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 I am in love with you, but I could never marry you because you are not a Jew. (laughs) 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 She never finished the song. That was as far as it got. But This is reminding me of that Christmas song that Phoebe wrote on Friends. Where she was complaining that she couldn't get anything to rhyme. And I can't remember how it goes, but it was really funny. Went to the store, sat on Santa's lap, asked him to bring my friends all kinds of crap. (laughs) Said all you need is to write them a song. They haven't heard it yet, so don't try to sing along. So don't sing along. Monica, Monica. He said hello to Ross, and please tell Joey Christmas. 
I never saw that show. Let me do express my shock. <laughs> yeah, uh, I never saw it either. Phoebe is like grown up Luna, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> just. She's brilliant. I love her. Phoebe's awesome. I uh, just really like the whole show. And then it was time once again for Interrogate the Australian. In Australia, do you get mostly, is it like American shows you watch or they're like Australian? It's about 50-50. Sitcoms here are really rubbish in that there's only probably ever been one successful Australian sitcom that lasted longer than a season and it went for about eight years. It was called Hey Dad. But every other Australian sitcom fails by 13 You know they brought one here. They remade Kath yes. and Kim. Oh, Kath and, oh, Kath and Kim was probably that, yeah, that has, sorry, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, they've taken that one to America. I don't know. I don't think it will translate. Very contextual, <laughs> Kath. That's been pretty successful as well. But that's had very short seasons as well. That's only had about four seasons of 13 weeks each, which is quite short. Hey, Dad went for about eight years, and it was like 26 weeks of the year. So it was really funny. Speaking of Keza, everywhere I go, I see this movie called Australia, which I have no idea what Oh, that is such a good movie. Oh, I went to see it. It is brilliant. Keza, what's it about? Because I can't tell from the conversation. Well, it's about the the bombing. Darwin, isn't it? Not really. Nicole Kidman's character is a British person, and her husband has station in the outback. And it's just before the war. It starts in 1939. There's something going on with the station. It's not making money. She's convinced her husband's there to, you know, get out of their marriage or whatever. He's, you know, doing women all over the place. Um, so she goes over there because she's sick of being left in the dark and stuff. It's a cattle station, and there's another guy in the Northern Territory who is trying to monopolise the, the beef industry. And so it's a story of how she and the drover who is sent to pick her up by her husband, story of how they thwart the cattle king. The thing with it is that there's obviously there's like a villain, and the drover is considered an outcast in society because he's very sympathetic to the Aboriginal people. It then spans the years of the war, and it culminates in the bombing of Darwin because it tells the story of her how the drover and this girl fall in love and how they beat the cattle king and they adopt this little Aboriginal boy who whose parents get killed and stuff. And it's a real statement on the stolen generations as well. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. There was another I saw it a few it was actually pretty good. It was a movie based in Australia and I can't remember the name of it. I remember I, I even researched it a little because it was interesting. I guess this real uh, this Australian bandit or some sort or like like kind of yeah, like in the Yes, there we go. Yes, the, that movie. I haven't seen that one. Uh, Who was in it? Actually, was that Eric Banner? Let me intimate movie database it for us. I was Aren't they in Australia in the one where um with the priest? Which one is that? <laughs> you mean Thornbirds? Yeah. Yes. And that's like forever old. The Thornbirds? That's based so, on, I read that on a book. book. That's a TV miniseries, I think. Oh, yeah. Miniseries, yes. Uh, all right, because uh, it's Heath Ledger 
Orlando Bloom, Jeffrey Rush, Naomi Watts, and then... And Ned Kelly. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. You I, saw it? You, I remember I, I was looking up stuff about Ned Kelly and reading about him. It seemed like an interesting uh, guy. Ned Kelly? He's a but bush yeah, ranger. He's, he's, he's a like bad guy, dude. Stuff I was reading <laughs> said that he, he, even though he was like a bandit, that he's viewed sympathetically in Australia. You mean like Robin Hood? No. Or Jesse no. James? Yeah, they were no, saying that... He, it, um, okay, here's the story of Ned Kelly in a nutshell. He's a, here's a, a summary version. Poor family has kids, can't feed them, kids steal, cops try to arrest, kids run away, standoff, everybody dead. When That's did this pretty happen? Much it. 1880, I think, was when Glen Rowan happened. He was hung. Ned Kelly was hung in Melbourne jail. He wasn't a good guy. He was looked at more as some kind of hero because there's the class in Australia, the, the class at the time was the people who have everything, the landowners that could vote and have all the money and the power and then the people who are scrubbing for an existence. So he sort of became like a hero for the underclasses for defying authority because defying authority in Australia is a big thing. That's what you do to be cool. And it stems, I think, partly from that because the bush rangers were seen as bucking the system and getting out from under the rule of the privileged. Everything sort of gets blown out of proportion when we're talking the underdogs fighting back. And that's where Ned Kelly fits into the scheme of things. He's one of these underdogs who are fighting back. I mean, he was a pretty bad guy, but he's all been recognized as a hero because he took on the cops. In the movie, it said, too, that he he invented, like, some sort of body armor. Yeah, he did have body armor. (laughs) His portrait's in Outback Steakhouse. When Kessa comes to America, we have to go eat at an Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Would would that be after, after you meet her in New York? With me, like, jumping up and down Yeah, we're going to in New York, and we're going to find an Outback. There must be an Outback Steakhouse somewhere in New York, God knows. And we'll find it. We'll take kids into an Outback Steakhouse. So she can I laugh would, the entire time. I would go there. to that. I wouldn't eat, but I, I would totally go. I have heard rumors of the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see your reaction. You watch this show, this show, Rove. Now, Rove is the guy where I get my Who Would You Turn Gay for from. Yes. And he went to the States and he went to Outback Steakhouse and he brought to his show in, I think it was L.A., a bloomin' onion. And, of course, that is the funniest thing we have ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and he's offering it to all his guests that come on the show, like David Duchovny's on the show. And he, he says to him, have you ever eaten a bloomin' onion? And David Duchovny goes, no. And he says, stop the clock. And he pulls out this bloomin' onion and says it to David Duchovny. He goes, there you go. Eat it. <laughs> and David Duchovny's looking at it like, what is this thing? And he, like, has something. He's like, yeah. Yeah, that's an onion or <laughs> something like that. Well, yeah, they were they were <laughs> invented in Texas. Damn. They were invented in Texas. Blooming onion. Well, I know that. I know yeah. it's not real Australia, but it's no. Good. I know this. You know thing. what it is? It's just the names that they give it to because Bloomin' sure. is a, an invective here. It's oh, Bloomin' it. Well, you listen to the you know? the guy who does it talks in an Australian accent. Outback Steakhouse. In Australia, it's a day ahead. It's like they know more. That's why the food's so good. It's from the future. <laughs> I actually would really just want to like watch the staff's reaction to an honest-to-God Australian in the Outback Steakhouse. I think the Outback yeah. staff would like plot <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> Jen too sent me a video of her and Mr. Going eating at Outback Steakhouse once, and I crapped up the whole time. She's like getting the camera, and she's like, look, this is my Australian. This is how she said, Australian salad. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like... And it's like, 
will to let us know. I'm like, well, our salads look better than that. <laughs> Aussie fries. The Aussie fries. Aussie. Say it with me, Mike. Aussie. 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 I think the Aussie. cutest thing is on the kids' menu, they have something. They have, like, the grilled cheese a room. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, we have to go. Right, we have, have the shrimp on the Barbie, and it's like, oh, please. <laughs> we have American steakhouses. <laughs> really? Do they have cowboys and Indians? What are they called? <laughs> no, but if you go to the local Hogshead Cafe, you can Wait, look at the Hogshead Cafe. Really? Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Is April Fourth Dumbledore the bartender? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Hogshead. It's Hog's Breath. What am I saying? Oh. <laughs> I just realized it was like Hogs Breath. Hogs Breath Cafe. I'm an idiot. And they have pigs. And pigs have curly tails. All the fries at the Hogs Breath Cafe are curly fries. And you go in there and the decor is very rustic and it looks like you're in a tin shed. And you look around and there's all these number plates there. And they're from like California and Vermont. <laughs> I can Delaware and stuff like that. And there's like just this line of like old street signs that point to, you know, Route 66 or something, or like American stuff. Yay! I live very, very close to Route 66. I used to live a block away from old Route 66. There used to be a hamburger joint called Route 66 as well, but um, they closed down. Do you eat macaroon and cheese in Australia? <laughs> So we have mac and cheese like the rest of the world. How about, how about, how about boomerang cheeseburgers? <laughs> we have McDonald's like the rest of the world. The jokey sirloin. And spotted the dog. They clearly failed because junior ribs is not an Australian thing. They're all like everything else is like called something Australian and then it's junior ribs. Oh. You know that when we have hot dogs on the weekend and I get out my little bottle of American mustard and I cook my little buns and get my little hot dogs that have New York splashed all over them with a Statue of Liberty and an American flag are actually made in Castlemaine, Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) They're like New York-style hot dogs. What is it? When I went, I remember thinking when I went to the Outback that the, the bathrooms had funny, like fake Australian yeah, names. Yeah, they have like blokes and Sheila's. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's Sheila. accurate. That's actually very accurate. That's accurate, is it? Well, they don't have blokes and Sheila's on toilets. They usually have ladies and gents, but bloke and Sheila are very commonly used. And if you go to some places around here, they'll put bloke and Sheila on. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's pretty. That is not laugh worthy. That's very serious business. A moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. I'm so. I'm sorry. Can we talk about something? Sheila's a good looking dude. I'm so hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) So, from food of the world to languages of the world. (laughs) My rabbi's niece asked her mother once to make her oit meal. Oit meal? Oit meal. (laughs) (laughs) Where is she going to get the oits? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Jews have weird ways of pronouncing things, and there's one like, like in Chabad, a lot of times they say oh, like oi, so instead of Oatmeal, it's oatmeal. You, for example, like, Napoleon would invade Poland. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I was at a speech, and the guy said that Napoleon uh, had gone into Poland. And we were like, what? (laughs) My friend Zach was like, knock it over the whole rest of the day. He was like, he said Poland. No, no, seriously. He said Poland. It's like all I can talk about for the whole rest of the day. <laughs> Oi, my gosh. Oi, based here. Ah, two jokes for the win. Never not. So you guys like my official. We have, 
We rest- have officially devolved as an institution. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize we had ever evolved into one. <laughs> I guess, do you speak Yiddish at all? Very little. Not a lot. I was having an interesting conversation with someone who lives in Israel, and he was saying that the only place you hear Yiddish, you don't hear Yiddish in Israel, you only hear it in the Merit. Right. So. Well, yeah, isn't you- it the language that evolved there when to Jewish No, it's the Eastern European. Yeah, like Yiddish is basically oh. the Jewish version of German. They sound very, they're very, very similar. So you don't really hear it. Like the only people in Israel who speak Yiddish are like the Americans who are visiting and like maybe some Chabad who, who live there. But it's not. Oh, really. like we don't really have many Jews here. I know there's a seminary in, in Melbourne. My rabbi's wife's mom is from Melbourne. Yeah, I mean, there's some here, obviously, but it's not really a huge religion. Right, it's not a huge community. No, community, that's the word I'm looking for. The biggest community probably outside, well, it's very multicultural, but the Greek and Italian communities are quite large. They've been here for quite some time and very established, especially in Melbourne. There's a very large Greek community and Italian community in Melbourne. And I live smack bang in one of um, Adelaide's largest Italian communities. Oh, that, cool. Um, like Mike is Italian. And Jewish. Yeah. Mike well, speaks like And Polish. And no, all the, all the, all the Italians yes. around here are Catholic. Very, very Catholic. Hey, Mike, yeah, I'm part Polish too. Yeah, I'm like part everything in Eastern Europe. <laughs> it, it, it just keeps the body. Like I'm a quarter Polish. I'm like a six. 16th Russian, I'm like a... Oh my God. I just tell people my family is from the old country. Irish <laughs> and German and English and French. Ah, oh, you my sound like par- me. My parents Irish, have been in English, England German. since the adopt. The Aussie as um, I'm very Australian. G'day. Good day, mate. G'day. The, the poof G'day. intro G'day. when Ryan is going, the ah, the ah. And you're like, stop. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Before yes, we leave tonight, sense. we should, let's see, let's have Keza say who does the best Australian accent. Okay. Oh, I go? Good day. Julia, good show. One at a time. We have to go in order. We have to go in order. Okay, Julia. Um, this is an auspicious moment, and you're mocking my accent. <laughs> that was really bad. I can't do it. I don't think I've ever tried that to That reminds before. me of a Disney character. That reminds me of Jane um, on Tarzan, the <laughs> mini driver. Because <laughs> I hereby officially apologize for butchering the Australian accent. I've never done it before. I'm very sorry. Kiss. Oh, that's very good. Your turn. Kiss Matt. Kelly. Kiss Matt. Oh, me. Kiss. Oh, my. Let's see. Well... Um, I suppose I could sound like Keza just a little bit, but not much. <laughs> you that was way better than mine. <laughs> and I do knit jumpers. <laughs> okay, today, mate, and we all use the shower to wash ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. You just copy. You have to say something original. Oh, um, what should I say? Because I don't have anything to say, so I should say. <laughs> Tell us what the weather is. Oh, it's outside in the in the dark of Massachusetts. It's raining cats and dogs <laughs> over here. And <laughs> I should. Your eyes are very good. Next. Next. Mike. 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 Oi, what what? Welcome to Australia. Let's go. <laughs>
Sue, where are you? I'm hiding. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Sue. We all have to do it too. <laughs> I don't think I can. Uh oh, there goes Skype. Uh oh, what is it? Everybody's still here. Come on, Sue. Nice try. Let's go. Let's hear it. Okay, wait a minute. I can't type and talk at the same time. I have to finish this sentence. If people are all lucky, Scott is not here because he would win. Yeah, he would yeah, win. Scott, Scott would get it. He can't be worse I, than me. Come on. All I can or think should of I is today. Yes. I am Kessa. I am Kessa. I was I love it. Oh my god. The funniest thing. I am Spartacus. Just popped into my head. I am Keza. I ship Ali and Jimmy. Come on, Sue. You just cannot possibly be anywhere. I don't have it in me at all. Do it, 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 do it. I can't. Holly, good day. I can't. I don't, I don't have a clue. Sorry. Good day, mate. <laughs> Scott says... Who said that? Who said good day, mate? I did. Sure. I did. That would be me. I think Kelly's the winner. I think so. I agree. I thought a random Australian had dropped in on the conversation just then. I was like, who was that? <laughs> Although, you got to be careful because she started to sound a little bit New Zealand, but, you know. Oh, good. no. You know, I always worry about that when I'm, I'm impersonating Australian. Yes, telling me I have a mafia accent. Uh, just because we haven't laughed enough tonight, hey Mike, can you do your British accent? <laughs> that was embarrassing. Were you on were you on that podcast, Julia? Yes, I was. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Mine's not different from my Australian accent, I think. We're doing that. Uh, yes, that's not good. Doing I, I really don't uh, think I can differentiate between the two. You see, I can oh, differentiate between hard. the two. I, but think I can't we say it. Get, I think we should get Scott in here to try. I think that's a fantastic idea. Yes, idea. Oh, wait, guys, hang on. Mike is going to do his his um, British accent, and I'm we quite interested. Big theater for this, and uh, and Jen she starts off giving me the biggest part in the whole thing, and I'm trying to do this accent, and every time I get like five words into it, I'm like stop and told to repeat it, and Scott's on this, and he's like repeat after me, I'm like repeating the same word like twenty times for each one of these words. <laughs> And my part keeps getting smaller, like giving me small. I go from being James to being like serious to being like James's father, being James's father's best friend, or you know, like, like just small. <laughs> Mike, 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 repeat yeah. after me. The rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain. In Spain it falls mainly on the plain. <laughs> A rhine and spine. <laughs> the I'm trying to do the British accent. The rhine in Spain. I still want to know what this mafia accent the is. I the rhine. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, say that. I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Oh, I'll put some back into it, man. No, come on, like really yeah, do yeah, it. Like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Yes. That was good. Let me introduce you to my little friend. <laughs> that, that was really epic, guys. <laughs> what phrase should we get to? I'm Kessa, I'm Shukari, and Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I am Spartacus. Oi, I'm... Oi. Oi, mate. Jolly could show face. What? what? Oh, yeah, it should be, it's good, eh, mate? I am no, no, this, this is my British I now. I'm trying to Good day, mate. I am Keza. I ship Harry and Janae. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Cody really wants me to record an entire episode of Pwncast, like, in the old country accent? I don't think I can, because it's really hard to sustain for a long time. Uh, well, no, and, like, you're starting like this with very quick, it's uh, so hard, you can stay. It's such a pain. The talk is not... Hey, hey, I'm uh, Helopolis. I'm Keza. I ship uh, Harry, Ginny, uh, Spartacus. I don't uh, have us. I don't know. <laughs> Mary Ginny Spartacus, that's a new one. <laughs> I should wow. marry Ginny and Spartacus. <laughs> I gotta change my Skype status now. It seems no topic is safe this evening. Now it's children's television. Have any of you seen this kid's show, Lazy Town? Okay, so what it is is this sort of like there's these two people and a bunch of puppet people. And Lazy Town is where they all have to get off their fat behinds. The hero in Lazy Town who helps everyone get fit and healthy and strong is called Sporticus because he plays sport. <laughs> and he eats sports candy, which is fruit. And every time he's Sporticus, I think you say Sporticus. <laughs> and I'm thinking, go, go, go here in Lazy Town. <laughs> oh, you know what I really want? I want P.S. Julia, whoever. To sing for Keza, Captain Planet. He's a hero. Gotta take the shit down to zero. I love that show so much. Which was your favorite? Which was your fa- which planeteer did you always want to be? I always wanted to be Fire. I thought he was pretty cool. I always wanted to be Linka because I thought she was so cool. I-, I remember we all used to make fun of whoever would wind up being Heart. Like we'd all laugh at them. Oh yeah, he was so lame. Yeah, Heart was. He was really late. Well, Sue, I feel old, don't you? <laughs> Did anybody besides me just to watch Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Yes. yes. Oh my God. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Okay, so, one tag. If you want to feel old, ask Cody if she ever heard of Captain Planet. If she ever heard oh of God. She ever heard of Ghostbusters? She's like, no, I never heard of these people. Who are? What oh people? my oh God! About, see, when I was growing up, I had Tom and Jerry, and <laughs> I remember Tom and yeah. Jerry. I used to watch them. Yeah. They reran oh, for us. <laughs> yeah, reruns. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah. We weren't like waiting, like twiddling our thumbs for the new Tom and Jerry episode to come out. <laughs> right. I just remember one day I was um a couple of years ago I was in Hillel and. This was when I was a junior in college and I ran that kitchen. And like one day there were a bunch of rich people from West Hartford who were there and they wanted to like check out the place before they gave us a shit ton of money. And so like they came into the kitchen like right as the Carmen San Diego theme song was playing on our iPod. And so like there were a bunch of us in there and we like really like momish played it up. We were like singing and dancing around and like braiding dough. Like we looked like we'd come straight out of the Yaya sisterhood or something. It was ridiculous. But they came in and they like sang with us and then they gave us a ton of money. So it worked. But it was like, it was really fun because, you know, just sing and dance around to where in the world is Carmen San Diego, which is always sweet. I would, I would see the Carmen San Diego woman in like movies now and then. And I'd be, and like, it would be so out of character. So like, like she's in that movie with Morgan Freeman where he's a teacher and she's like the angry parent. I keep expecting to like launch to a conversation about Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Lynn Thigpen. You know her name. I'm impressed. Lynn Thigpen was kind of awesome. I really liked her. Good voice. Yeah. She had like a really, I wouldn't want to mess with her. And now join us for a momentous. Pouffoir occasion. Hey, I'm going to open my fun dip. Your fun dip? Mm-hmm. Yay! What's that? You never had What's fun dip? What's fun dip? Fun dip? Fun dip? We need to send some to PS now. 
thing. I'm not going in for the shipping on that one. <laughs> I, I ship PS and Fun Dip. <laughs> Mike, did you have to like go through like 15 levels of insinuation to get there, or did you just like? Did, was it just so obvious? Oh, it's just so obvious that they belong together. Okay. Your OTP. I want you there. It's very exciting. You know what? Apple. Keza seems like Razzle. a person who would like nerds a lot. <gasps> I love nerds! I miss nerds. Oh. Hey. They're not I, used not. I used to love oh. nerds, but they're not sure. Yeah. Uh, my my coworker loves nerds it. and finds them everywhere. Oh, my yeah. kid's just taken my funded book. Oh. They're going to play. You know what? I am not allowed to do the dot to dot. Hey, yeah. hey, um, you have to explain to me. I've decided I'm going to have cherry, but I do not understand how to eat it. Oh, uh-huh. you lick, you lick the little stick. Oh, do I have little... to take the stick out? Yeah, yeah stick stick out. Guys, this is a historic Puffuanian. <laughs> I wish I had a camera. Can you eat the little stick? Licker sticks. Yes, yes. licker sticks. So you lick the stick. You like suck on it or lick it. And then you stick then it you into the sugar. It. And then you lick oh. the sugar off of it. So I have to open the cherry yum diddly dip. Yeah. That's a really evil name for diddly dip. <laughs> 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 that stuff looks nasty. Right. Oh and you dip, it, you dip it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That should stick. sticks to it. Do you, know, you know how you're not supposed to double dip, dip, you know, food? This yeah. one, you double dip. <laughs> you can double dip. It's okay. Double dip. Oh, fuck. Uh, what happens to this? Watch me out of funding. Oh, yeah. What do you do with this? Oh, you just eat the stick. Yeah, the stick's edible. The stick better than the sugar. sugar. It appears that my excitement over pictures in my Harry Potter books sparked an interesting conversation. I put things in the box. Yeah. I know, I've got pictures in my Harry Potter books now. Yay! <laughs> so excited. Because of those pictures, I still picture Harry as the kid from the cover of Sorcerer's Stone. Like that dorky-looking kid. So I picture Harry. That's how I picture mm-hmm. Harry. He's like supposed to be so, a little dorky looking. It is so disconcerting because, like, I picture that is the picture in my head, even at the angle he's in on the cover, like in everything, like his face is at that angle. Oh dear! I think that was a really good picture of Harry, though the old Sorcerer's Stone picture. Like that's I'm how sure. Harry's supposed to look. I'm planning on driving up to Rapid City, or is it Cedar Rapids, where the exhibition is? Oh, cool. Yeah, I also, I picture Ron and Ginny as also as how they appear on the cover of the book. Which book? Chamber of Secrets. Ron ah. and Ginny on the cover. I saw the movie before I read the first book, so ah, I kind yeah. of, I, I unfortunately picture the character yeah. in the movie. And see, we didn't have any pictures. Well, we've got the one picture on the front of the book, but then I saw the first movie after I read the second book, so. Well, I, I actually think they what? cast the movie, I think they cast the first movie really well. I don't think. Most of the kids grew up continuing to look like they should, but I think in the first movie they actually mostly. Well, well that's nobody's fault. What do the Australian covers have on them? Like, what's the describe? The, like, what's the picture look like? Um, the front of you can see them online. The front of the first book is the Hogwarts Express with a little Harry in the corner. Chamber of Secrets is. I cannot remember, but it's blue. I think it's a flying car. Oh, wait. Are they the same as the British? Yes. I, yes. Okay. Like, you know what's funny looking? The Italian ones. <laughs> <laughs> I must confess to not having seen them. I think I've seen a link to one of those, and one of them was really scary looking. It was just ridiculous. Like, here Uh-oh. is the Italian Sorcerer's Stone. It's Harry dressed like a mouse. I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Uh, WTF, my... What the hell is that supposed to even be? 
Why is he wearing a mouse hat? I don't even know what that's supposed to be. What the hell was that? Your prisoner of Azkaban is not that bad. It's them on the hippogriff. Seriously, what the hell was that? Alright, and then let's see what else. They dressed up as mice. What the? Why? 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 Why would you do that? WTF, Mike? I literally don't understand. There are a rat on his head. Yeah, it's not a rat on his head. It's a that's a mouse behind him. My God! And then in Chamber Chamber of Secrets, he's flying on a book. Oh, good God! Why is there a mouse behind him then? It's coming to get him, Mike. Right after the cockroach does him in the mouth. Do you have like an alligator on his head this time? Kezo, well done. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) I think I just started cutting up my nose. (laughs) You're good. Um, These are the worst drawn pictures either. Look at Spanish Chamber of Secrets. Spanish Chamber of Secrets is just a bad drawing. Tiny what this makes sense to be. Like, why is he flying a book and why is there a mouse behind him? Like, where, where, forgetting a chapter from the book where there's. Oh my god! That Spanish one is horrific! That's kind of scary. (laughs) (laughs) What publisher allowed that to go on in public? (laughs) Harry, let me get you. Oh my god, I need to find There was my sword! I'm, I'm seriously expecting Harry to run up and go, which country it was, and I'm, I'm frantically looking for it, but there is one where it depicts the sorting so bad, but everybody is yellow like the Simpsons. Oh god. <laughs> kidding. Which one is that, Ray? It look, it's, uh, apparently, oh, it's Goblet Affair, of Ryan. And it looks like they're tie-dyeing his name. <laughs> <laughs> There's one that's Kaplan Prince, and it's like he's it looks like he's like drowning in a pensieve, like he's like calling for help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to see the uh, what is it the UK adult version that had Slytherin's locket on the front? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I found bad. I found. I'll the, say that. I found the really okay, the guys. This is the stupidest one, and it is the Czech version of Sorcerer's Stone. And unfortunately, after Sorcerer of Stone, they started using the American covers, but this is the worst one. Okay. It is, the, it is a Simpsons Harry Potter, Potter crossover. <laughs> oh my Somebody God. kissed the sorting hat. <laughs> and the, sor- the sorting hat is like Abe Lincoln's hat. <laughs> oh my God. JK ruling over. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> He's wearing okay. green. Oh, I got it, I got it. The one next to Dumbledore on the other side is supposed to be um, Sprout, and the blue one is Flitwick. See, they're wearing their house colors. Oh, I see. Oh that my god. I don't know which ghosts are. I'm still stuck on J.K. rolling over. I'm still stuck on like, the, sorting, the sorting hat being Abe Lincoln's hat with a big kiss on the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Why on earth are they not... Harry's like screaming. Yeah, and he's afraid it's gonna color. They're all yellow except for Sprout. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe she's a ghost. <laughs> she looks like a ghost. <laughs> oh my god. Unsee, and then unfortunately after that, they started using the American covers, so we don't <gasps> get any. Damn. Anymore. 
excellent depictions and stuff. You may have thought that the Australian accent contest was over. You would be wrong. I'm going to listen to Scott's, and I'm going to tell you whether or not it's better than Kismet's, all right? Oh, his is better than mine. Not better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can beat yours, Mike. <laughs> no difference between me and Keza. <laughs> Except for a little bit deeper. <laughs> oh, guys, that's it. I ship Mike Keza now. <laughs> I thought it was Mike Spartacus. Oh, wait a minute. That was Harry Ginny Spartacus. I will give house points to anyone who writes a Harry Ginny Spartacus fic. <laughs> Good day and welcome to Australia. Hello, I'm Kitta and I ship Harry and Ginny. Harry Ginny Spartacus, OT3. Nah, Kismet wins. Aww. Oh, yay. Yay, Kismet, you get a go. Get a crown. Say something a for crown. us, Kismet. Do you get a Solid. crown or do you get a sorting hat with a kiss? No, if you're going to get a hat, you get an Akubra. Have you seen a what Akubra is? Let me find it. Is that the kind that comes up on the side? Hang on a second. No, you okay. dip it, Mike. You dip it. Don't bite it. Dip it in the sugar. I'm giving my kids sugar. What the? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that hat. Like Crocodile Dundee. But P.S. will not be deterred from her dogged examination of Harry Potter book covers. Do you it think was, uh, it's because of the diary? Do you think he's flying on the diary to go see the past? Maybe. Oh. Why is he wearing a red cape? <laughs> because he's Superman. Because he's Superman. Gryffindor. Super Harry. Super Gryffindor. Man, Harry. And he's not Moses. Or he is Moses. <laughs> he is Moses. Ron is Aaron. <laughs> I'm sorry. That means I need to take another shot. But you went Superman. <laughs> Superman is also Jesus. Oh, no. True. Oh, bad. Oh, dear. Jesus is Harry. Ergo, but the president of property, Harry is Superman. He sent sent his only son to save the planet Earth. That sounds a lot like Superman. I mean, that sounds a lot like Jesus. (laughs) Jesus sent his only son to save the Earth? Oh, God. Jesus. Jesus is the son. I know. I'm just... That's not what you said. I was making you know, sure really, you're Jewish. Really awful. What's really awful is that Nicholas Cage has named his son Kal-El. That's awful. Kal-El? That's awful, too. Yeah. As in... No, Kal-El. As in, like Superman. Superman. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just going to drink this vodka now. Good idea. <laughs> well, I want to name all my children after Roman dictators, so I can't... Yeah, Mike is really weird. Like, ask Which Mike sense? if he wants to name his kids. Mike, what do you want to name your kids? Lucius Cornelius Sulla. <laughs> what? Roman dictators. I, I want to name. What are you going to do if you have a girl? Dictators. That's a good point. I'll name him after the dictator's mothers. Jesus Christ! No, I want to name, name my kids. One of them will be Cleopatra. <laughs> one of them will be. She wasn't. Yeah, it would be uh, Aurelia. Yeah. Aurelia. I actually really is a good name. I want to name my kids like Mayor Chaim Mendel. My name. My name is Mendel, Julia. Wait, your name is Mendel, really? Yeah, yeah. Is it Benachem Mendel or just Mendel? Just Mendel. Who are those Uh, people? That's pretty cool. On the front of it, it's like little. I think it's Dumbledore. But But Mike, I'm not naming my kid after you. Oh, that hurts. You know what? If you if you improve the British accent, maybe. But in the meantime, if I name my kid Benachem Mendel, it's going to be after the Revy, not you. And we're back to the book covers. Yeah, who are those people? My brother's I think it's Dumbledore pulling the name. That's uh, the ship from Durmstrang. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. that is a ship from Durmstrang. 
You know, I think it's not supposed to be one. I think it's like multiple scenes in one cover. I don't think yeah, it's the like. The dragons are there too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's like doing the it outside. Of, the rest of them are like that too, because like I'm looking on the others. Yeah, the these Japanese ones are weird. I was reading this fic where the bird, the phoenix, what's his name? Fox. 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 Yeah. The one who I just wrote nine pages on, yeah. What'd you write about him? <laughs> that he's God. a symbol of resurrection and faith within the Potterverse. Oh, interesting. In my oh, draft, right. I got a freaking C+. Plus. Now I have to go, Mike, what do you read, Mike? Oh, I, I was going to say that where he's, um, so I, I can't remember what it was. Someone sent me this fic, and it was like, he was Godric Gifrifendor, who was an Animagus, and he couldn't get out of the Animagus form, because if he did, he would be sold as a human, he would die. So he had to fly around... As, but he, but he, like he was like he was God of Gryffindor, and he had to like manipulate the Gryffindors to like do Gryffindorish things. But he couldn't reveal to them who he really was because then someone would try to take advantage of it and try to turn him back into a human. Were the people on the first volume of Half Blood Prince in Japanese? Because it's a scene that definitely was not in the book. Looks like somebody is about to get murdered while making a potion. It looks like the person. Like was in like, a no, no, no! It's it's Harry and Dumbledore looking over the pensive. No, they're oh. not. It looks like somebody is about to get murdered. I think it's just, person, yeah. it's just oh, potion class. They're making is- poly juice in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's Crookshanks. It's half one. Oh, hang on, what, what, what book is this you just showed me? Half yeah, what book is it, though? Half, half blood, blood prince. prince. I'm reading it right there. It says, I can't read that kanji, but it oh, says I see it now. I think it's just potions class. I didn't realize people got bludgeoned in potions class. <laughs> well, I didn't either, but apparently they do in Japan. <laughs> they do if you have Snape. Well, Snape wasn't the potions but teacher yeah, in Slughorn. No, he wasn't. Yeah. I really like that Slughorn essay. I always read it. I always think of P.S. every time I read it. Slughorn essay. I, I, I've showed you the, the big essay about Slughorn. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that one, too. Oh, this is reminding me. I really need to get my copy of Harry Potter Vahanasi Chatsi Hadam back from Itai. I should really get on that. <laughs> does anybody understand Chinese? Like, does anybody get, like... No. Much? Not so much. Really? Like, like how you... Right. I can sing if you're happy and you know it in Chinese. Do it. <laughs> and just like that, it's back to the singing. Oh, I've forgotten how it starts. My kids taught it to me. It the starts. last bit is Pipe Show. Something like that. Rugani Gashanisha Pipe Show. Rugani I don't know. Something like that. Wow. That's quite something. <laughs> I can sing Where, Oh, Where Are You Tonight in German. <laughs> I used to be able to sing Silent Night in lot. German. I can sing 99 Luftballons in German. Oh, yeah. Well, so oh, I, I have that. I can sing the Draco and the Malfoys version, 99 Death Eaters. The band called Draco and the Malfoys. Yeah, they are. I love Draco and the Malfoys. They're awesome. They're the best song. I Their found best ninety-nine a, a filk of ninety-nine loof balloons, and it's ninety-nine words for boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny! Oh, oh my god! By the way, Mike, I cannot answer your question. Draco and the Malfoys have so many, many awesome songs that I cannot answer. Can you sing one, one really good one that's Slytherinish for us. Okay. <laughs> You know the first time that you tried to kill Harry, my dad told me it was really scary. We did not know if you ever were going to come back to us. 
your people. Well, when the curse reversed, it hurt you real bad. Some jerks were happy. No, they were not sad. They said, hooray, there's no way. He's okay. Yeah, I think he has gone away. For away, there to stay. Oh, hooray. They didn't know that you are freaking awesome. Voldemort, I think that you are really freaking awesome. Cause you figured out what horcruxes are all about. Won't take that much longer. You're getting stronger every day. And now those jerks are worried that you're coming back. Yeah, they're afraid that you will attack. And I know you will totally unmercifully destroy all non-believers. Well, now it looks like you'll be back in your place. My dad was so glad he didn't punch me in the face. He said, hooray, he's okay. Oh, Voldea, I think he is back to stay. Praise the day, I am gay. Oh, hooray. Voldemort, I think that you are freaking awesome. Don't you know that I want to be freaking awesome too? Won't you do me a solid and share with me your knowledge? Won't take that much longer. I could get stronger every day. So much stronger. That's like basic. The basic gist of it. That cracks me up. That's I funny. Draco and the Malfoys are so awesome. And the hilarious thing about them is that Brian and Bradley are the, like the two nicest, sweetest guys you could ever hope to meet. They are amazing and wonderful and sweet, and I love them. And then as soon as they get on stage, they're like asshole Slytherins. It's fantastic. (laughs) At the Sidewalk show last week, Brian sang Music of the Night from Phantom of the Opera. It was like, I don't understand what just happened. Because he was on stage, but he was like, sweet, awesome Brian, and not like asshole Slytherin Brian. It was getting late, and I felt it important that I express my concern for their health. You people, it's Thursday night. Don't you all have to go to bed so you can, like, get up in the morning? 1 a.m. You know where your children are? <laughs> it's only 10 for me. I'm from the They're past. eating Fun Dip. They're eating Fun Dip in the living room. My child, my four-legged one, is sleeping here on the couch next to me now that I've cleared a spot. <laughs> hey, so I'm not going to sleep. I'm staying up all night. Except if are you watching for cockroaches? <laughs> that was so scary. My bed is still okay. in the middle of the room instead of against the wall. And every night before you I go to so bed. so much bigger than the bug is. Oh, my God. <laughs> to wake up with it, like, right by your mouth. Oh, that's so scary. You know, they have this stuff that's called bug spray. It really works. But it doesn't work until after you. Dude, get a roach bomb. <laughs> Seriously, the why? I, have to say I agree with Kessa. Yeah, it wasn't allowed. <laughs> In your apartment building, it wasn't allowed? I, I, I get a free apartment with my job, so it technically doesn't belong to me. I don't pay rent. So well, I, then ask the person who you're renting or not renting it from then to bug bomb it or something. They wouldn't. They said they would only put traps down. <laughs> Okay. I still have my bed in the middle of my living room, and every night before I go to bed, I make sure I look everywhere before I lay down. Wow. <laughs> Seriously, it scarred me for life. Wow. I enjoy <laughs> fun singing along. <laughs> That's what we should sing next. <laughs> Music of the night? Yeah. We totally should. We can all like, get into our all get into our Brian Malfoy moods. <laughs> Julia, you live in Massachusetts, don't you? No, I live in Connecticut. Connecticut but you're close to Massachusetts, right? Um, I'm yeah. A, yeah I'm if we did a Massachusetts to... gathering, would you want to take part in it? Yeah. So don't do it on a Saturday. If we don't do it on Saturday, I can't come. It's the only day of the entire week you have an hour of free time? I guess I could do Sunday. 
Yay, Sunday. <laughs> Some of us can't go to Massachusetts. How would you yeah. be traveling there? Um, It would depend. Where would you want to go? Probably Boston. You didn't tell me that Fun Dip gave kids blue tongues? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Kepa, Fun Dip gives kids blue tongues. Well, if the sugar is blue, yeah. Have to take you should probably be aware tongue. that there's blue tongues. I don't Ooh. have a red tongue. You probably do. Did you do. watch American Idol last season with the Davids? No. Oh. Because no. there's a great version of them. Are they a Harry Potter group too? No. <laughs> I think to the okay. Davids. Mike, here's the thing. If the name of the band doesn't sound like a Harry Potter thing, it's probably not a Harry Potter thing. Wasn't that how they go like some the Davids, the Malfoys? I don't know. Okay. Yes, yeah, the David. My who's David? Yeah. <laughs> I assume there was a singer. No! Why are we talking about American Idol? Because there was a link off Julia's page from Music of the Night for one of them singing the same song, which I heard him do on The Thing, and I'm all excited because it was a really good version. Yeah. Anyway, but nobody's watched it, so they're all lost. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I think my don't. favorite version is, is Brian. I have it on my iPod. Somebody sent me an MP an MP3 of it. So oh, Julia. Brian singing it? Cool. Julia is out of the game. Julia has lost Christmas. The only way I'm losing this is if my connection crashes. Otherwise, I'm not losing this game. Or if your oh. table falls over. It, it should be like, be. who has the stamina to last the longest? I'm, I'm a losing it. <laughs> Since she, it's still daytime by her. <laughs> I can keep going. Well, I have to be up in... Yeah. It's it's currently 4.30, and I have to be up at midnight because I'm recording something with Dan at midnight. So I will be awake for a while. Because <laughs> though she has responsibilities, she has a job. I have one hour commitment between now and Sunday. Oh, I don't no. have any commitment. <laughs> I, I have to go, though, because I don't know what my children are doing apart from getting blue tongues. They could have to my house. They've been home from school for a while, and I've been on the phone. So anyway, I'm going to say goodbye. Good day, mate. Bye, Keza. Bye, Keza. <laughs> goodbye and good night. Oh, it- <laughs> <laughs> a jolly good evening, Keza. No. <laughs> Catch you later, Keza. Good night, Keza. Catch you on the flip side, Keza. <laughs> See you, mate. Bye. <laughs> I'm going. Good night, P.S. Good night. <laughs> Welcome to this special Christmas episode of the Pooncast of Rock. Just remember, this is Christmas, and this should be released around Christmas. So, in the Christmas spirit, see how many times I can say Christmas, let me say this. Happy Hanukkah, Julia. Aw, thanks, Dan. (laughs) Happy Hanukkah to you, too. For Pooncast, I'm Dan. I'm Julia. And I'm Cody. And welcome to the place where music never Happy and again, happy Hanukkah to Julia, since we do have a uh, practitioner of Jews. Yep, that's me, the resident Jew. Yeah. Yep. Can I tell you guys like this cute story? So sure. My favorite holiday is actually Sukkot, which happens in the fall, and um, 
I was this year I was at Yukon uh, with some friends for the holiday and I walked into the sukkah which is like this little wooden hut thing and I walked in and Rabbi Hecht was standing there he goes everyone Merry Sukkis <laughs> and I'm like what <laughs> this is Merry Sukkis Merry Sukkis everyone <laughs> He didn't say ho ho ho, did he? He did not say ho okay, ho, that, but he did wish everyone a merry sukkus. <laughs> do a double take. I'm like, pardon? <laughs> well, it is funny that we only use the word merry for Christmas. Like, we don't say, like, Merry Easter or Merry Fourth of July. That's it's true. like just Merry Christmas. That's true. And apparently, you, you, you're only merry for one day out of the year. I don't know. Well, it's, it's yeah, a Christmas it's a little beer. Weird, but... It's only one. I guess. But that word has kind of been, like, copy-marked by the entire holiday. Yeah. Well, I think so. We don't even get me started about the commercialization. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, the store I work at, I work at Wegmans, I'm a cashier. We put out Christmas stuff shortly after Halloween. Yeah. And the best part is we actually had a sign saying, because some of our customers like to begin holiday shopping early, we have put out Christmas materials early. Like, they actually had a sign justifying their early presentation of Christmas material. <laughs> Wow. That was the best part, I believe. Okay, so, so uh, the holidays are one of those favorite times of the year for at least I know myself. Uh, do any of you guys have any specific memories that you hold dear or cherish or whatever? Um, I have a couple. I have two, basically. One was when I think I was six, and we got this rug for our house, and it was from Santa. And that was, like, the year I was starting to, you know, question that there was a big guy coming down our chimney. And then there was, like, a note signed, and actually, like, it was, like, signed from Santa. And I decided at, at six that this was physical proof, and then so I had, like, another year where I believed in Santa. You know, at seven, I kind of realized that my, that my parents had probably written the note. But at six, I was still heartily convinced that any physical evidence whatsoever was a good sign. Aw. Well, you, you started not believing that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I was a really weird kid. That's actually part of my next story. It's sort of a continuous story. And so I'm about eight years old, and I have cousins who are six, seven, and, like, 12. And they all, like, really believe in Santa. And at this point, I'm, you know, the little weird eight-year-old. And they, my seven-year-old cousin asked me if I believed in Santa, and I proceeded to tell her that... I believe that Santa was a manifestation of the Christmas spirit people feel around the holidays, even though I didn't think it was actually a physical person. And she just started staring at me. <laughs> Cody, you were insane. eight! Cody, please tell me that as an eight-year-old you didn't use those words. <laughs> if you knew the word manifestation at eight, if you if you used the word manifestation when you were eight years old, I am scared. Yeah, me too. My God. <laughs> I think I might have. Like, I'm not sure if I use that word, but I'm not really sure what other word I could have used. To it's a physical that. representation of the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Yeah. Even that is a little bit scary from an eight-year-old. Good lord. It's because I was being very philosophical as an eight-year-old because I didn't think he actually existed. But at the same time, I sort of didn't want to tell my seven-year-old cousin, no, I don't believe in Santa Claus. So I basically... And it's sort of mildly true. If, you know, I think that it's just sort of a giving spirit of Christmas. And she kind of just gave me the, oh, wow, you're crazy, like I didn't know look. But anyway, yeah, that's my holiday memory. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get over the manifestation of the holiday spirit coming from little eight-year-old Cody. I should, like, see you telling someone that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can see you pulling your glasses down. What do you see? The manifestation. <laughs> that was actually pretty close to what actually happened, I think. Oh, my God. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, and that, that just always kind of makes me laugh now because I have that same image, and I'm like, wow, I was a strange little kid. <laughs> Certainly you were, but you're all the but you're all the better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, and Dan, do you have any memories of you know funny Christmas memories? Oh uh, yeah, my I mean my favorite one uh, is came when I think when I was around ten years old. I was in the play The King and I uh, at Media Theater, and it, it ran throughout uh, from I think uh, November to January. And uh, so I, I had been in Milton, PA, which, if anybody knows where that is, that's uh, pretty much farm country. It's like a place nobody knows even exists in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but um, <laughs> almost a month, and I mean, I'm, I'm 10 years old, and I hadn't been with, with my parents or anybody. And so, I mean, I, I wasn't totally homesick. I've never been one of those people who was, but at the same time, I missed my parents. And so, so we came home, and I think it was the same week that we came home to start the run the show media. And the the entire cast of the show, we we just had this huge Christmas party after one of the shows, and all exchanged gifts. And I still have a lot of the a lot of the gifts that I got there, and it's one of the ways I remember a lot of the friends that I made there that I may never see again. And it was just a special Christmas because I hadn't been around the people that I loved for a while, and. No, I was. So. Aww. That's a cool <laughs> story, Dan. at the exact same time. I know. That's pretty sweet. Yay. <laughs> Do you have another one? Okay, this isn't a Christmas memory, but uh, this this Thanksgiving is Oh, yay! Oh, yes. Sorry, I know it's coming. I'm, I'm a little... Like... I think we both know what's coming. So my family, my girlfriend, family, this year we got together... And I was in charge of setting the table. So I called everybody to the table a little bit early. And I'm setting the napkins. And as I get to my girlfriend's spot at the table, I drop her napkin. And I go down, but I don't reach for the napkin. Instead, I reach in my pocket and bring out a ring. And needless to say right now, but I am very happy because that day, Thanksgiving, I got engaged. I am off the market. So, yes, that, that, is, that is probably now my favorite part. Yay! Okay, Cody, we have to do this together. Ready? One, two, three. I wish you peace and love and happiness in everything you do. I pray that everywhere you go, someone will be in love with you. And... Yeah. And I know that if you say the last part doesn't actually really loving apply, arms but... of your girl, <laughs> that every single one of these dreams would come true. That's actually a pretty... Thank you. If everybody's not on the PFW forum, they actually posted... They, they both actually posted that. This is the data well, that we, but we, we both tried, I think. I think I tried to post it in one thread and Julie had already gotten there or something. Yeah, so you like posted it in the other thread or whatever. Either yeah. way, the message got there. We are the very, very happy for you. We we obviously wish you and Linda a life of happiness and only good things.
So, uh, Cody and I have, have already gone through our Christmas and holiday memories. you have any more you want to share with us, Julia? Oh, you mean the, besides that awesome Mary Sookus one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Um, let me think. I do have a couple. First of all, this one's not like a, like a really heartwarming story or anything, but last year, the Boston Yule Ball fell on, I think, the sixth day of Hanukkah. And so I went up to Boston, and I took my little menorah, and I was uh, I was staying at Tonks' house, and Tonks's house, and after the ball, I got home and I lit my menorah, and I was all happy because I was like, you know, I was away from my family, which wasn't very fun, but I was with some of my best friends in the world, and none of whom were Jewish. So I'm sitting there lighting my menorah, and they're all going, "Oh, that's such a nice custom. That's very nice. Yay!" <laughs> and so that was that was kind of cool. Um, but I think my favorite my favorite like Hanukkah-ish memory. It's more a group of memories than one specific one. It was just that um, when I was younger, my grandmother, uh, my grandmother would have us all over for latkes on the Sunday of Hanukkah, because you know Hanukkah it's eight days long, so there's always at least one Sunday. Um, right. And so on that Sunday, we would um, everybody who lived locally, which at the time was a pretty significant number of my family. Um, we would all go over to my grandma's and she would make us latkes and the house would, you know, smell like, smell like onion and potato and oil. Or as my dad would say, the house would smell like Poland. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she, we would have the latkes and it was very nice and everybody was all together and we lit the menorah and all that good stuff. Um, so that was nice. Uh, on a not quite as nice note, last year my dad tried to make latkes but he doesn't really like for the house to smell like poland so he like got this hot plate and put it out on the back and tried to make them on that and it was such a disaster first of all he used the grater was way too fine it was more like you know like when for latkes the potatoes are supposed to be like in strips but it was more like mush in the the, like the hot plate the pan didn't get hot enough so the oil didn't get hot enough so they weren't crispy it was just like an unmitigated disaster (laughs) so i think it's about time to uh play a couple christmas songs we gotta keep this abbreviated the first song we've got for you is from remus lupins i solemnly swear that i am up to good cheer followed by the butterbeer experiences christmas beer It's Christmas Eve and snow is up to my knees Drawing phoenixes in the frost on the window pane The lights I conjured above Reflecting the love so pervasive in this room I'm staring at the moon and thinking of you And all that we could do Us is joking, making fun of little Peter. James and Lily are snogging away. They've been at it all day, standing beneath the mistletoe. It's December at Hogwarts. We're building pillow forts and messing with Slytherins. Lord, I'm so lucky, cause I got friends like these to spend the holidays. On friendship I'd sail across the sea Inseparable like the waves and beach Your gift is just your presence 
Wizards learn so many lessons And just to love and be loved in return Is the greatest one you'll ever love Tonight we're singing songs Thought I saw some Thestrals pulling Santa's sleigh But nothing can bring me down Tomorrow's Christmas Day
some songs you, you just listened to were part of the uh, Tingle Spells 2 compilation, which Goody can tell you a little bit more about. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this compilation is being sold by the Leaky Cauldron, and it's a bunch the of Leaky wizard rockers Cauldron. who donated the music to this album, and it is, yes, as of when we were recording this, it is on iTunes, and you can buy it off iTunes, or you can buy a physical version if they haven't sold out yet, which I don't think at this point they have, but... Um, but they're they're selling quickly. They're selling so very quickly. They sold about ten percent of them in the first like day. So everyone likes this. These songs are amazing, and it all goes to the Harry Potter lines in first book, which are two very great causes. So, and only do you get great music, you also help out great causes. So it's a win-win. And of course, if you look at yeah, the sure. bands that are actually on it, it's like an all-star cast of music rockers. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're, all, they're only going to be released on Jingle Spells. So if you want these songs, you have to get Jingle Spells, basically. And speaking of things selling out quickly, uh, Julian, Cody, why don't you tell people what you guys, especially, just done for the uh, HBS? Okay. <laughs> well, I will start. Cody, you can, like, jump in at okay. will. <clears throat> but basically what happened is that a couple of months ago, Not like February. I was... <laughs> yeah, by a couple of months ago, I mean, <laughs> the beginning like, in of this June. Year. I mean, like, in June... I was lamenting the fact that for the first time in a couple of years, my wall calendar is not a Harry Potter calendar, uh, just because the the calendar, the HP calendars this year pretty much sucked, and I was pretty sad about that. So I just got this idea. I was like, oh, my God, guys, we should make Wizard Rock wall calendars for next year. It's totally going to be awesome. We have to do it. Um, so I had this great idea, and then I was like, Oh crap! My I can't Photoshop my way out of a paper bag. So, uh, who do I know who is obsessed enough, has enough time, and is enough of a maniacal perfectionist to do this? Naturally, my mind went straight to Cody. So, good or not, I'm still trying to figure out if that was a good situation or not. I don't know, but either way, this Cody like took the ball and ran with it. She spent like. God only knows how much time yeah, working on this. She made like 28 pages of photoshopped awesomeness. All right, I don't know if you guys like understand how much time and effort it takes into <laughs> doing all of this, but suffice it to say that one night in about I don't even remember when 1 it was. One night I'm just yeah, we're really around 1 a.m. I'm sitting there and you know like I'm like chatting with with Cody on Skype and she's like. All of a sudden, she goes, ah, I found it! <laughs> and I'm like, found what? And she goes, the perfect shade of red for the Remus Lupins page! Okay, I'm going to jump in here, just so you don't... Well, you're probably going to say I'm crazy anyway, regardless of what I no, say. No, Cody, you were, you were an eight-year-old who said that Santa Claus is a manifestation <laughs> yeah, of the Christmas spirit. I think you are crazy. Spirit. In a good way. In a good way. Okay, we can leave the crazy point yeah. as is. But I just wanted to, like, go through how I went about this, basically. So Julia told me about this, and I'm something of a Photoshop-obsessed person. Like, if I start doing something, then I want it to be entirely perfect. So what I did is I went to different scrapbook sites, and I got this, like, massive amount of scrapbook sites, like, online scrapbook stuff, like pages and little baubles and such. I had about a 2-gigabyte folder of all this. And then I went through and put it together, and I had all these shades, but I didn't have the red I wanted for the Remus Lupin spread. So I went online and was literally, like, searching and searching for an hour, and I finally found a red that was, to me, the right red 
for the rainbow sloop and spread and like the right pattern and such. And and, and it, t- 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 what was the wrong? Red? I don't think I I couldn't. It doesn't find matter. The wrong it red. It wasn't. It was in fact the correct red. The Remus Lupin's page looks fantastic, as do all of them. So basically, I really I thought that if I'm going to do all of this, we might as well like make a project out of it. So we decided that we would go. We're going to sell the calendars and give whatever profits we could make off them to the Harry Potter Alliance. So after it was finally after a long time, like d- designed, which is probably around August, is when I totally finished. Um, we started talking to people about printing and talking to people about advertising. And uh, long story short, it is no- it is December. I just yesterday sent out about 85 calendars in envelopes. I have, by some strange coincidence, about 40 more sitting in my room. And we have made at least $500 and are probably going to make more Mm -hmm. for the Harry Potter Alliance. So it's really exciting. And the, the interesting part of this, and it's kind of this really weird coincidence is that at the time we ordered the calendars, well, no, sorry, at the time we got the calendars, we were thinking of doing a reorder, because we had sold 100, and those were pretty much sold out. So more people might want one. So we had had 28 people who wanted another calendar. And so I get the box of calendars, I start putting them in envelopes, and I start, like, putting names on them. And after I've spent five hours addressing envelopes, uh, yeah, Carpal Tunnel's not very fun, I looked around and I realized that we had about 28 extra calendars and I went through and I counted two times and we still had 28 extra calendars so it was this really weird coincidence that we only paid for 100 so now we have calendars that if we sell them we're going to make about 10-11 dollars per each one for the Harry Potter Alliance because we've already paid for the production costs so it's incredibly exciting and I mean, I'm still amazed that we made it this far, because I was thinking I that no one would buy them, and that it would just, like, flunk, and there were times that I just got so frustrated when things would happen, and it would just be like, the world was crashing down, and we would never be able to get it up, but I'm so, so glad that we were able to go through with it. Yeah, me too. I definitely remember a couple of nights where I was sitting there thinking, oh my god, we ordered 100 calendars, we're gonna have, like, 94 <laughs> left over. And, like, three <laughs> of us will be, like, us buying them. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like I'm so excited that that didn't happen, and also like I'm, I mean as awesome as this is, and as thrilled as I am to be able to have you know like the most awesome calendar ever in existence of the world, I think the thing that I'm really most excited about is the amount of money that we get to give to each people. You know, like it's a really, like, it's a really big deal to be able to give charity. It's actually, I know for a lot of religions, especially for mine, like it's actually a commandment that you give charity. And, um, it's, it's such a a huge thing is it's, 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 you know, it's really important, like where you give your money to, you Mm -hmm. know, which organizations you give your money to. And I could not be more pleased that our money is going to go to help do good things in the world in the name of Harry Potter fans. I mean, like this money, this money says, you know, to, people in need from Harry Potter. Yeah. And that that just, like, makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. I mean, just sort of, as just kind of segueing a little bit, that's one of the things I really love about the Harry Potter community is just the, how much power we have when we work together. And it's just beautiful and amazing. And, you know, if we, if we set our minds to something as this huge, passionate community, we, have the we can do anything. 
Yeah, it's just incredible what we can do. I mean, you know, even back like four or five years ago with the Get a Clue drive that kind of started the thing that has now become Jingle Spells. And just people, you know, knowing it's going to a good cause and giving up whatever they can spare, whatever they have money to spare for this and just the Harry Potter Alliance and how much of that is done with Starfur and media consolidation and just generally social justice causes. And it makes me so proud to be a Harry Potter fan. Like, specifically a Wizard Rock fan, but in general a Harry Potter fan. And uh, and we've, we've got some other exciting projects coming up for the uh, HBA, so we're, hopefully we'll be able to give a lot more money. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just for the record, like, you know, Wizard Rock fandom in general is very, very charitable. Like, yeah. we are definitely not the only ones who are trying to raise some money for charities. Uh-huh. There are a ton of other compilations that are that are in existence, and you should totally check them out. What's, what's Seriously Smiling, yes, it's I think, amazing. is the most recent one. It's so fantastic. I've already got my copy. I have it. it. And, Garden okay, Forge's the song, song, Brotherly Love... Brotherly Love. It's so funny. It is the funniest song. I was literally listening to it, and I'm not going to tell you what it's about, because you have to buy the album to hear that, but you'll know once you listen to it what I mean, but I was listening to it, and I was in the middle of my school library, (laughs) and I literally just, like, had to, like, stuff my fist into my mouth to stop myself from laughing out loud. with, With some excellent scenery imagery today. Nice. Yeah. It was like, nice. I ship weird ships, and that's even weird for me. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. But it, it's a good song. Seriously Smiling, the proceeds from that are going to which they are charity? Going to, I'm not sure exactly what charity, but it helps with people who have... Right, like kids who need reconstructive surgery, Yeah, right? that's what it is. Who need, like, yeah. reconstructive surgery to their face. So that's where the title yeah. comes from, Seriously Smiling. Right. And, and it's it, iTunes only. And it's so seriously, like, it, serious, seriously. Right. Like, how everyone in the family Like, serious seriously. Black. Yeah. And it's it's an iTunes only release, so if you guys want to buy it, do it. And you don't even have to wait to get your album. Exactly. Because you can just download because it. Because right we all there. know Wizard Rock albums, like, come so quickly in the mail, and we don't stock our mailmen for weeks so, on So, uh, there are a couple other good compilations. Uh, one that was released last year by Thompson New Orders was uh, Letters from Hogwarts. And uh, that was suggested by one Miss Cody. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and it d- doesn't actually make sense unless you read the inside um, of the album. And it's basically, you know, like Harry thought he was alone, and then he got a letter from Hogwarts telling him that, you know, he wasn't alone and that he wasn't a freak, he was special, and just the idea of having someone tell you that you're worth something. But. Oh, hang on. I have the album here. I can read the thing. Okay, so the inside says, For most of his life, Harry lived with the Dursleys, never thinking that there was anyone who loved or cared about him, until the day he received his letter from Hogwarts. This letter, the first Harry had ever received, started him on a journey where he discovered that love could be real for him. Working together, we can show the people of this world who live in loneliness that a world of love, acceptance, and happiness can be a reality for them. This album is about the hope and love that the wizarding world has to offer. Has to offer. This is our letter from Hogwarts, brought to you not by an owl, but by music. We are here to open our hearts and keep doing what is right, not what is right, not what is easy. Thank you for your support. That's what it says. Yeah. Um, and I think neither me nor Steph can spell loneliness, apparently. Because <laughs> it was released, like, with the wrong spelling, I believe. But it's nice. cool. I'm pretty sure everyone got the gist of it. All the proceeds go to a great charity, which is to write love on the, love on her arms. Um, so yeah, and can you think of any other ones? Obviously, Jingle Spells is the first. 
Jingles Falls, uh, Rock Against Bullying. Yes, um, Jen from the Vintage and Cabinet put together an album called um, Rock Out for Bullying, which is trying to raise money to donate to a charity that um, tries to eliminate bullying. So, yeah. And um, I know that Hawthorne and Holly uh, is working on uh, a 2458 compilation. (gasps) Um, So for those who were... Uh, in room yes. 258 at Terminus, you will know what that means. For those of you who are not, don't worry about it. You will in good time. Yes, and for those of you going to LeakyCon, we must mourn the fact they only have 12 floors. Proceed. Oh, that's I'm I'm so upset about that fact. I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah, it. Well, we we can figure something out. We'll have a new one. But um, and there's someone else that I'm not going to announce it. But I think there's going to be another compilation coming from a Wizard Rocker sometime in the near future. And I'm not yes, I saw I that on the MySpace. I am very excited. And this uh, Wizard Rocker was planning to give, uh, I believe, half of the uh, proceeds to the HPA. Yeah. Yeah. So when the, when the time comes for that, definitely throw all your weight behind it. Yeah. Can you guys think of anything else as far as... There, there are a lot. But, uh, uh, no, I think that's it. Oh, I thought of one. I thought of another one. Um, Abby of Rockstock awesomeness is working uh with a couple of wizard rock bands to make like a wizard film oh my god oh my god (laughs) i freaking know i like i was i'm so excited for this album i believe this one is going to um there's this girl that she's uh good friends with and she's got like some sort of something that's happening i don't know what's going on with her but for some reason it's like the it's going to try to bring this girl to rockstock and uh, I'm pretty sure she deserves to get to Rockstock. So when that comes out, first of all, buy it for that. Second of all, Beatles <laughs> Wizard Rock songs? Come on. Who in their right mind doesn't want that? So I am I am really looking forward to that one. I love the Beatles, and anything Beatles works great for me. So I am yeah, totally stoked. Good. So we promised to keep this short, but um, you guys know us. It's pretty impossible for us. We <laughs> plan to do most episodes under two hours, and most tend to be over two hours. So, uh, on that note, we're not going to yes. send you to uh, any of our special segments today, since this is a special episode. We're just going to let you enjoy one more rock so- Wizard Rock song, and we're going to send you on your way. Happy Christmas to you and your family. This here is a story that goes back for generations. My daddy told me when I was little, and, and his daddy told him when he was little, and and while great-granddad Malfoy told granddad Malfoy when he was little, and, and well, heck, this Christmas story goes back as far as there have been Death Eaters themselves. It's the story about the time that... Voldemort stayed up real late so he could visit with Santa Claus. He asked him for a puppy, cause Voldemort loves those little paws. You see, one Christmas Eve a long time ago, little orphan Voldemort was in his orphan hole down at the orphanage. You see, Voldemort was an orphan, a poor and lonely orphan. He didn't even have enough money to cobble two sticks together. And he was lonely. Boy, was he lonely. Nobody loved little old orphan Voldemort because no one loves an orphan. The thing he wanted more than anything else was just a friend. 
a friend that wouldn't mind being kicked and punched and spelled on. Because that's just the way that little orphan Voldemort played. He didn't know any better. And what better friend for little orphan Voldemort than a puppy? The problem was, there was only one way that little orphan Voldemort could get his puppy. And that was through Santa Claus. So this one particular Christmas Eve, Voldemort stayed up really, really late, way past his bedtime, so he could meet Santa Claus. He was passing the time by painting rainbows on the backs of ants and letting them loose in his ant farm. Voldemort had conditioned his ant farm to be violently intolerant towards gay ants. While he was watching the fun, there arose such a clatter, and then there appeared Santa Claus. Hey, it's a me, Santa Claus. What's the matter you being up so late, huh? Said Santa Claus. Hello there, Santa Claus. My name's Tom Whittle, but my friends call me Voldemort. I really want a puppy. Can I have a puppy for Christmas? Pretty please. Said Voldemort. Hey, what kind of a fool do you think I am, Edda? Who's a very, very bad boy. You know get a puppy, said Santa Claus. Oh, shucks, mister. But please, said Voldemort. No, said Santa Claus. But please, said Voldemort. No, said Santa Claus. But, but I want to tell you something, said Voldemort. What's the matter? Said Santa Claus. Imperio. Just then, little orphan Voldemort's eyes turned a deep scarlet red, and little Tom Riddle entered the mind of Santa Claus. This is your dark lord Voldemort. Put the puppy in the stocking if you wish not to be harmed. If you fail to put the puppy in the stocking, you will be harmed. If you put the puppy in the stocking, you will not be harmed. And with a glazed look in his eye, Santa Claus reached into his bag of puppies, grabbed one and put it in Voldemort's stocking. Thank you, it's so nice, said Santa Claus. Thanks, Mr. Santa Claus. Oh my goodness, my very own puppy. And then, with a poof, Santa Claus disappeared in a cloud of Christmas cheer. And little orphan Voldemort was left with his puppy, who he loved and tortured for the rest of his days. And that was the story of how... Voldemort stayed up real late so he could visit with Santa Claus. He asked him for a puppy, cause Voldy just loved those little claws. Long foretold For a 
So that was A Very Voldemort Christmas by the Drago and the Malfoys, followed by Came Upon a Midnight Clear by Oliver Boyd and the Remember Alls. From all of us at Pwncast, we would like to wish you and your family the merriest of Christmases. Happy Christmas, happy, Christmas. happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, whatever you guys celebrate, I hope you all have a wonderful holiday. Yes. Keep rocking and poning, guys. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Dear sir or madam, I am writing to you on behalf of the Ministry of Magic to wish you a most pleasant and orderly Christmas. We here at the Ministry want everyone to have an enjoyable time throughout this holiday season. And so, we have issued a list of guidelines to ensure a safe and worry-free Christmas is enjoyed by all. Ensure no Christmas decorations are placed within five feet of all exits, as this could create an obstruction in an emergency. Each lit candle must be accompanied by a 12-liter bucket of water. No Christmas carols are to be sung after 8 p.m. as to avoid excessive noise levels. And be sure not to exceed ministry-approved recommended allowance of servings of sprouts. Please familiarize yourself with not just these rules, but also with the additional guidelines laid out in the 17-page document enclosed with this letter. And then, well, have yourself a ministry-approved Christmas. Have yourself a little ministry-approved Christmas. It's the best there is, you know. Have yourself a ministry-approved Christmas. Everyone join in now. Have yourself a ministry-approved Christmas. A ministry approved Christmas. Let's have yourself a little ministry approved Christmas. Have yourself a ministry approved Christmas. Have yourself a ministry approved Christmas. Yours faithfully, Junior Assistant to the Minister of Magic, Percy Weasley. was once a time when blue tongues made me scream. When I was four, I was coming home from shopping with my mother and I was running um, ahead of her to get home before her and I was running around the gutter of this playground that was in front of our house. And I got to just opposite our house and my mother was on the other side of the playground and I'm standing in the gutter screaming my head off. So, of course, she races across, you know, all the shopping bags. And in front of me is this, well, if you ask me, it was absolutely massive blue tongue. But, I mean, it was smaller than the gutter, so it can't have been that huge. But I was only four. So I was screaming my head off and mum had to carry me inside because I was petrified, absolutely frozen. So there's this bit of a family legend about me and blue tongues because they terrify me more than spiders. And so when Sue told this little anecdote to Rosella about my kids' blue tongues, she found it very amusing. Hi everyone, it's-
it's Jen. I just wanted to wish everyone a happy Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah and um, a happy New Year, happy all around. Um, I hope everyone has a really good holiday and rests a lot because I know I am. And um, I hope to be on soon and I hope to talk to all of you. Bye. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.